Welcome back, everyone, to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 362. It is, Eric, 362 weeks gone down, right? What is it, like 361 in a row or something? Because we missed No, because that you kept putting in the other stuff in there. Well, like, you even talk about Batman Beyond cares, Mark, I'll tell you. Right? Well, then, I think you said it's probably like 330. In a row, I think it was something at one point it, it drove them nuts. Well, we'll just say 362 shows in a row. There you right? go, which makes no sense. Plus, we have over 500 shows, but there you are, Eric. There you are, and we're here to talk Convoluted. a bunch of books, maybe one of the longer of podcasts. It would seem we have a lot of books this week. As DC, no, we said last week, yeah, and it was one of the longer ones in a while, it was almost four hours. We haven't been mm-hmm. really topping the three hour mark. Uh, of the deal, uh, let oh, alone get near 12, right? So, well, we'll see. We'll see what people think are, are manageable. Jess said you were manageable, and I, I'm like, I guess You're she a has liar. tweezers. She's never said that before in her tweezers, life. Tweezers, Eric, I says. Uh, but, yeah, we have, what is it, seven books? Seven books we have yeah, seven books. on this show, plus Clay will be around with the digital first spotlight as well. So we have a lot to go, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Eric, I'm going to tell everybody that you can go over to Twitter, and follow us at Weird Science DC. We'll follow you if you follow us. That's how we do it down the road, Eric. And then they yell, catch up to Eric and step on him because he's a tomato. You also go over to our what? website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, <laughs> where you tongue. can see reviews of all of these things. You'll never forgive me. The parcel tongue, right? Most people are listening. <laughs> they, because, don't, they don't even know the you told joke. Me how great this joke oh, was. I was laughing all day, Eric. I just had the sex, second vaccination shot, so I was having problems. You can also don't go to our, our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a bunch of shows, a ton, a plethora. And one of the big things is the weekly spotlight, the weekly DC comic spotlight. This past week, it was Man Bat number five. And Crush and Lobo number one. I can't help but laugh at that man bet number five. If you go it over to the Patreon. It is a finale and a beginning. These are great oh, books to was. be on the Patreon spotlight. Isn't everybody's end is another's beginning? Isn't that what Semi-Sonic Maybe. taught you at one point? The, the idea never of it, me anything. if you go well, they told you it's time to go home. When you end up with the man bet, you can go I to no the home, Patreon right now and find out exactly what Eric thinks. Of a certain character in that It's just, it's a little hint, right? It's a little hint of what might be going on there Do you think that'll entice them in? I sure. don't, Eric, but it might But hey, with that, I said we're going to get right to this So, I'm going to go right now And we're going to do a little bit of a salute A roll call of the bad asses of the Get Fresh Group They were the ones who picked those books, Eric That's sure why are. we are here to applaud them And we're going to start off right now Josh Murray from Not A Robot Podcast Ted Probe I Love Punchline Which is a evil plan <laughs> To get me to get a sound bite there I'm shaking my fist right now Boris Pauly, Optimus Prime Cam, Joseph Wojcik Matt Razor, Dement 3000 All New Day, Lady Abby Red, Matches Cologne Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Barracasco, Stephen Baum, Tony Walton, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Come Boom Rocky, check out his YouTube channel, Seller Dweller, Mark Jager, Eric G, Aldrin Stosia, Nick Adams, Bill Beer from the Bat Pod Podcast, check that out, Ruben, Carlos, 
Lone Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood. He's drunk right now. I know it. Him and Brandon. Bunch of drunks. Simon, Luis, Manship. Haven't heard from Manship this week. I, he might have been taken over by a wildcat. Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Dalton Edom, my man, Pete from NYC. Sailor Moon Mark is probably still calculating how many episodes in a row in 10 weeks. Uh, our man, Rob Lewis. Randy Murray and Double A Run. There you go, Eric. Perfect. Perfect and ultimate badass. Reggie. Reggie? So, yeah, we'll, we'll find. Mark will definitely let me know, at least personally, but he'll probably put it in the show notes deal or, you know, reply on the early access where he'll tell me that I'm going to guess 336 weeks in a row is what I think. And, and every it's one of them. Uh, just a, a hardship <laughs> everyone just pure hell but hey and i don't right. mean for you i mean for the listener eric of okay course. that makes more sense i ended up going through some things to put up i i have a friday spotlight that i put up on the regular feed that has like an older patreon show usually our back issue steel and boy i was listening to us talk about the freedom fighters i'm like where are these two <laughs> lovable guys i mean where are these two wild and crazy guys but one of the things i was gonna put that was a fun the, first issue. I, yeah, I was. Oh, it, it, ridiculous. I forgot how ridiculous it was. <laughs> I, I went and I was going to put the point where we had talked about an action comics, and it was that one Should where have you saved had that for the Fourth of July and stuff. That's true. Uh, I went to do that, but boy, the sound quality sucked. <laughs> At least we we've, we've <laughs> added up to that. We have a little better sound quality. It was bad. It for was the Lexor stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. fun. We ended up at one point in that one. Laughing so hard that we couldn't talk for a bit because we, we were just laughing. But that that was the old Eric and Jim, right? The, the happy-go-lucky ones. That was a really important issue where Lex was forgot the power suit for the first it time. It was huge. That was a big Lexor part of that, too. He went to recharge his batteries. He had the power suit, all that stuff going on. But we're here to talk about some you know newer stuff, Eric. We're heading towards that future state. I mean, in a rocket ship we are. You can't go quick enough to get to that. We are not heading anywhere to future state. We are just chilling comfortably no in chilling. Infinite Frontier. Really? This Infinite Frontier is making a detour right back to future state. I got state. my feet up. I got a beer in my hand. I'm hanging back. And I'm, I'm hanging yeah, out in the present time. Beer, you're chilling. What are you, in Buffalo? We end up with all this, and I said to you beforehand, like, I, I hope that people don't think that when we say, oh, my God, we need to avert future state. It's not because we didn't like future state. We liked it for what it was. Yeah, I don't fine. want that dark future no, no, in the not. present now. We want that, better things for our yes, heroes. Yes, that was something that we, we already went through. We had a good old time, whatever. But I want something more optimistic, especially at it's a like point. It's like everybody hating on those future state flashbooks. Like, oh, my God, they made Wally West a murder again. I hate this. I'm like, no, no, this is a fun story. But seriously, when we go back in time, we better <laughs> we avert go, this shit because I yeah, don't want this to yeah, happen. Yeah, we don't want that. We, we <laughs> had the idea of... Okay, this will be averted eventually, so let's just, just have fun imagine, where like, we are. The future of the DC universe, no Green Lanterns, the Speed Force is fucked, and all of the Batman are hunted, like all of the Bat family are hunted and got them to the point where there's no real the vigilantes. Justice League has gotten so pissed Superman off at each other, gone. they end up just no dissolving. Justice League. They, yeah, I mean, this is crazy, and, and I the don't Teen want Titans that. kill themselves. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Boom. Yeah, and, and with that, the, the, the horsemen are there. The I future. mean, nothing is bright. I don't have to wear shades, Eric. It's dark as hell. And who knows uh, what's going on in the 31st century, because I couldn't tell by that artwork. <laughs> that's pretty good. Or story. I mean, really? Yeah, re- that's the thing. We we found out that the 31st, that it's a convoluted mess up there. So so when we do, so we'll, we'll probably mention it sure. again. But the idea, I just wanted to make sure that people weren't thinking we were necessarily like throwing shade at the future state no. event. We had fun while we were there with 
bunch but of the ones, fun right? is seeing this whole thing. It's like the idea of like, like when you see the Terminator films, when you see that really badass dark future of the T one hundred one hundred going through and killing all the humans. The idea of like having a John Connor is that all right? If we stop this from happening, we stop Judgment Day, we could avert us. But along the line, it is a cool story to see, whether it's dark or not. It's like Greece, right? That's what happened. It's in nothing that. like Greece. It's no, Greece, no, they died, right? Jim. But it they was the seventies, Eric. It was the seventies, and they were just like the fifties. I didn't understand. They did go to heaven. You watched Happy Days. <laughs> they did go to to heaven, Eric. Uh, but yeah, so when we go into, especially like a Batman, when we're going to get to that and stuff like, boy, it's like future state. And I know five years from now, that's like five minutes from now we're getting there. But hopefully they're doing that to avert it, to get to the point of it, because I just want to I want to have something that's not set in stone. You hate that anyway. You hate the idea of, of when having, any, like, like even Jeff when we Johns talk about Batman, that, right? Catwoman tonight, this whole thing is like you have Tom King's future of what he says the future looks like, which pretty much says that future state doesn't happen. Also says that the Batman Beyond doesn't happen. What these writers do when they freaking like you know pinpoint what exactly happens in the future is they say this is the only thing that matters. Like Jeff Johns, the end of Green Lantern number yeah, twenty. That drove like, you nuts. Simon Baz would te- like would teach so like you know uh, Jessica Cruz how to overcome the power ring. The White Lantern Kyle Rayner would go and do this. I'm like. None of this shit is going to work. Yeah, well, they they always say, you know, as Sinestro, he's the keeper of the book of Boa. They say the timeline's watery. Isn't that what they say, Eric? It's a pretzel. It's fluid. Uh, but yeah, so it always, but we needed to be averted. The minute we saw a possible future, we're like, okay. And then when we went in, like you said, the flashbook's the best, you know, thing about it is the idea we had fun in the story as a, you know, quote unquote, possible future Elseworlds type thing that you're you're dealing with some, you know, big stuff, heavy stuff. But, you know, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want it now. And I hope that we don't. But with all that, we are going to go off to the books right now. And we're going to go to pretty much the book that really shoves it in your face. That future state is just around it's the tomorrow. <laughs> it is tomorrow. So hopefully it doesn't happen before we get Judgment to the section. Judgment Day is looming in. <laughs> it, it really is. So we yeah, just think of that. Just what. You end up having the Terminator movies, and then the last one is just like, yep, here we are. You're just living in that awful future. Just, and they're like, oh, man, are we going to be that able to avert Terminator it? That was Terminator Salvation yeah, with like, Christian Bale. Are we going to be able to avert it? No. Nope. No, we can't. <laughs> this is it. This is the end. Goodbye. But yeah, Which I thought was a cool movie. Everybody hated that okay, for you, Yeah, though. people didn't. That was where you got that big uh, quote from Christian Bale when he was yelling at the people on the set, right? When the person I don't know. That could have been any view. movie in my no, mind, No, I think honestly. it was. And the thing that people said with that, that's the most eerie thing about it is he doesn't break that accent. He's actually yelling and pissed off, but keeping that, you know, American well, John accent. Connor's pissed, not Christian Bale. That's true. That's how he got out of it. That's also when anything that Christian Bale does, John Connor's to blame. And boy, John Connor's to blame for a lot. <laughs> he does some bad things. But we're going to go off right now to the books. No. Yeah. 
Ah, yes, here we are with Jim and Eric's reviews here with the bat section to start things off. And, you know, we Batman. always have well, always we always taking have things Batman front books. I know, always. The, I'm sure We're part of the problem. <laughs> why is Batman always in the first section? You know why? Cha-ching, Eric. That is why. Uh, there's, there's a constant at DC since we've at least done the podcast. Number one, there's always going to be some sort of bat book. Number two, there's always going to be a Tom King book to drive us nuts and we have both of those here in this first section but if you want to go and see written reviews you can go over to our website weirdsciencedccomics.com and do all that but we're going to talk about these right now eric and we're going to start with the batman i said batman number 109 that's 109 to you eric written by james tynan with art by jorge Jimenez, tome moray and clayton kelsey James Tynan continues to speed his book directly to future state, but also trying to introduce a million characters before we get there, Eric. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a close race. We get Ghostmaker and Harley Quinn dealing with the gardener while Batman takes the fight directly to Simon Saint. Tynan continues his character assault in the backup where you get the backstory of a new villain I could care less about instead of learning Brainstorm. much about Ghostmaker and his past. And just as an aside, because I don't think we're going to go much into that backup, but you end up having That's backups. all I want to talk I, about. What are you so doing? I, I asked you before this, like, <laughs> what backups do we like? And it's funny, you said JLD right yeah. away. I, and the funny thing is, like, really, I think of that Justice League story as just the front up. I, I just want to get to that. So uh-huh. I'm not even going to consider that. I'll even divvy it up half-half with that. But I ended up saying that you like the Detective Comics Helena Wayne won a little no, no, more no, no, than Helena me. Bertinelli. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Helena Bertinelli. I'm sorry. Huntress. I'm still thinking of Tom King. Yeah. You end up with the whole deal with the Huntress backup. And I said, while these backups, because you ended up saying we have to get rid of all of them. I said, you got to get rid of this Ghostmaker. You said all of them. But at least that Helena, you know, Bertinelli, the Huntress one, ended up doing something that you were going to use in your main story. And now it seems to have folded into it. You just needed to have, you know, Helena doing stuff separate because she was doing things alone. You didn't Look, want to as stop much as the story I enjoy the idea of having a Hunter's backup and enjoying the Just League Dark backup of the Just League book, when I had these things in my hand, I felt like it was giving me a choice, like either get rid of all of them or keep all of them because you like these things. My- Sophie's choice but is what you're saying. The whole right thing now. is, as much as I might like these, I hate the Superman and Action Comics backup so much that I'm willing to burn the whole fucking building down to get you're rid of them. You're burning it down, you are? Oh my God, wait till we get to that Midnighter annual, Aaron. But yeah, so when when you have these oh, backups, wait. though, use the space for something. And James Tynan, this is not me being any sort of genius or even throwing shade because everybody's saying it already. How many characters does he want to introduce? I mean, a million. And so when you get a backup that you, you have a character ghost maker that we don't know much about, and then you use the backup to introduce another villain. And, and that's the thing is, we have a Ghostmaker backup for a character that we still enjoy, even though we don't know a lot about him, and all you're doing is spending your time to freaking just bring up a villain that he has. Bring up new like, no, yeah. no, no, because I want to know more about Ghostmaker, not people that Ghostmaker exactly. has fought. And that's what you would think that that ghost, and this is why I wanted to tie that Huntress thing into it. Again, I didn't love it, but it served the book. You're ending up now with the whole idea of Huntress going after that, you know, that woman, her friend's killer. And now it's going to mold in the book because there is killings that going woman, on and they kind of fold in. I couldn't, re- I couldn't I know. remember her name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, but it served the purpose of the book. This doesn't. <laughs> that woman, you know, that dead lady. With her cat named Doug. 
we you would think that you, you're so hot and heavy. Why do I remember the cat's name more? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's something weird. You end up where in this main Batman story, you got a lot going on. Yeah. You have a lot of things going. So you don't really have time to say, okay, let's see a flashback of the time that Ghostmaker did that. Because really what we want to know, you want to see an origin of Ghostmaker maybe, but really you just want to know what happened with him and Batman and what infuriates me in this. You have a line by Batman that seemingly sets up what would have been a cool backup story where, oh, I know that he can deal with the fear toxin. I know he can. So why don't we see that? Why aren't we seeing a time? Well, it's even like, you know, it's Oracle talking here. He doesn't always take my calls, Batman. And you put it on him. And, like you put him on babysitter duty with Harley. There are people in the family and the Batman interrupts who are susceptible to fear talks in a way that he isn't. Be persistent. And the only idea that I can imagine is that Batman and Ghostmaker haven't gone up against Scarecrow. It's the fact that Scarecrow, I mean, uh, Ghostmaker is a psychopath is the reason he can't feel fear. Well, I, that could be it. And you have maybe that because we do get that in there. Or he just was doing the Iocane powder deal. But still, uh, yeah, we get, and there you go. You get a big piece of information with the Ghostmaker in this story. Does it make you like him more? I don't know. Some people like characters that they can see them, they can see themselves in there. So I'm like, oh, I get you. No empathy, you say. No feelings Uh, of any kind. I'm with you, pal. Really? I'm like, yeah, really? And until I just start crying about everything, I, I go the gamut. I am Ghostmaker one day, the next day I'm Kevin Smith. Crying about everything, Aaron. Uh, but we jump into this, and you, you start off as we have with the whole, you know, Batman. He's got bondage, the Batman being held bondage. by the Scarecrow, trying to remember how he got here. Yeah, and at this point, it's not really hitting any. You know, it's just. What do you mean at this point? It hasn't done anything except for be a way to start the story this entire it's time. It's a placeholder to be like, okay, that's where we're going to get to. Oh no, what's going to happen? But when we go into the actual story. You even have, you know, Batman has gone home. He's there checking out some stuff. Miracle Molly's thinking of. Uh, I don't know. If I'm them, I wouldn't have let him leave. I I don't know why or how that that would be. But you end up joining the cult. I would not let you just go home so you can do your nonsense. But he's just there hanging uh, because it's not Miracle Molly's time. This issue, you do see her uh, a bit. This is the Gardner issue. We're going to introduce more of her in a yeah, way that we had seems her before so weird. Yeah, we had her before, a couple but, issues ago. But we need to get a little more connection Well, yeah, because with you need her. to know who she is. Because in that issue, you didn't even have the name The Gardener. I had to look up online who this character was because I didn't hear the freaking interviews or whatever press release came out before the issue did. So all of a sudden, like, I'm looking online to find out who her character is in a book. We say, don't drop her name. And so, yeah, Batman, like you said, call Oracle. Hey, uh, you're not, you have to get a hold of Ghostmaker. I'm trying to figure this out. Well, he doesn't answer my calls and he's doing this. And maybe we get some of the other Barbara Bat family. Gordon. Is weird now because while I like her in the role of going back to Oracle where it's almost even aping the idea that she's still in the chair because every time you sit her, she's just sitting in the chair like she when she was paralyzed and stuff like that. She can still be back. Oh, she could do it all, baby. But the thing is, I need her to get out and about a little bit more now that she's, you know, behind the computer all the time because for some reason she's decided that wiping her goddamn mouth isn't a priority anymore. She's got ketchup and crumbs all over her goddamn face. This is the thing. It's almost as if she's like in a shutdown. Your hair's going all over. You don't care anymore. I mean, I barely take a shower, Eric. You sit there with all this stuff and I never did before. But I'm, I thought you were, I thought you were going to go the way of when we saw Amanda Waller. When we saw Amanda Waller right before. Before 
rebirth deal when you know she oh, was, when, was thin. Th- when they reintroduced the thin Amanda Waller and as it progressed throughout she was getting more and more stressed out and stress eating she was just eating everything she could see it was it was like a subtle awful thing that was going on I'm just sitting there like where are you getting all this food I mean look at this stuff and, She's gonna stand uh, out front, I bet. And seriously, I don't know. Is that a gordita she is eating? Or could you call it that? Uh, the thing is, I, I know this an is empanada, actually a pop- maybe? This is a popular thing that you could get in a stand. And for whatever reason, I gyro, don't know what it's called off the top of my head. Something like a gyro, yeah. That thing looks like it's on fire. That, that thing is so hot. She better watch out. She's going to burn her lips. Eric, that's why she actually has that shit all over her mouth because she's actually burnt all the feeling out of her lips. She's there eating. Uh, but yeah, you, you have it in like Wipe just having that mouth. miracle Molly there and just like a screen and him remembering. It's not even a screen. He's remembering what she yeah. said. And then you have just Simon Barbara. Saint. To me, she just looks bored. Like, she's there. She's I get on it, monitor but, duty, essentially. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's just sitting there. And, like, and the her big, big thing, job, is, call Ghostmaker. Yeah. Also, make, make sure you tell me if there's any more of these scarecrow effigies around town. Like, okay. Now, with that, we seem to be right when we said that it just looked like a scarecrow yeah. behind Nakano. But why wasn't he reacting to it? Was he it that, that was his, Was that his first one? Like, he's the one doing it? And it, it was his trial deal because it's very odd, but they're all over the place. Everybody's yeah, it's just going one of these nuts. small things. And I, I really do enjoy the idea because even Batman says it here. The idea that the city is going insane after everything is dealt through through the like city of Bane, Jericho War, where they like uh, they feel that a scarecrow like fear gas attack is imminent. And all he has to do is he puts these little scarecrows everywhere. It's making everybody lose their minds going and buying all the freaking toilet paper and shit at the Walmarts and like they're punching people like the idea that this attack is so eminent he never had to do a damn thing with fear well, gas. And, and it's what oracle then says you know hey it's just like you said a scarecrow attack that doesn't need a single drop of fear tux and i'm like you keep giving the punch like we've heard this like three times now we get it he, he, they keep repeating it to remind you because this imminent attack is just you know hanging in the background and whatnot but really if if it's me like, oh, my God, honey, I think there's going to be a scarecrow attack. What should I do? Should I go get bread, milk, and eggs? No, yes. let's get the fuck out of Gotham. Let's get going. Let's leave. All right, I'll do that. You know, I know that nobody, not everybody has the money to do that. No, but still, money bags. if I can afford TP, <laughs> I can afford a ticket out. I, I just, no, no. That's not, if I can afford toilet paper, I can afford another place to live. Right. That's not true. Yes, this is the thing, though. You're getting to a point now with what you're saying is it's beyond just affording things. You have to everybody has to get out of the city. And when are they just going to condemn the city itself? The government, they should wall this thing up, Eric. But, yeah, you end up with that. And that, they that did that keeps, for like a while. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was no man's land. Uh, so they, they have this going on. And like I said, Oracle has to say that again. They've said it a couple of times. They have to say it again so we m- remember that that was what Batman said. But, yeah, you go off and, and Ghostmaker's hanging out with Harley. And Which finally we get the continuation up. of this where Ghostmaker saved Harley from the cops and stuff like that and taking him back to his lair, which is on top of a skyscraper, which is just amazing. And I love the idea that he all – and the thing is it makes him to a jerk. It actually made me hate him for a little while until I started liking him more just because he's a different kind of character. But the idea where he just wants to one-up Batman and that's why he's here because even – he is back to the idea that he's like, you know, you should see Batman's back cave. Wait, it's, it's a fucking garage. But the idea that he has this giant skyscraper, he has his, which he calls the haunt, which I thought was amazing. But the idea that he's like, he's got his Batman, his ghost mobiles, he's got his giant freaking Spinosaurus trying to outdo Bruce's T-Rex and stuff like that. 
it is just this really good thing. But he's also, since he's a psychopath and like not Bruce Wayne and thinks that Bruce Wayne's kind of lame, he's also debonair. He is showing Harley all the stuff. He's like, excuse me while I slip into something more comfortable. I'm like, you guys are banging in five minutes if well, Gardner didn't says, show up. Are you going to bang me or are you going to kill me? And he's like, well, column A, column B. I'm like, yeah, you are sick, buddy. I want to know which is the order there. But yeah, you have Harley who it does feel like Sorry, she should have been in the back Ghostmaker. Tape. Yeah, really. I, I like, though, that that he comes in. And he's like, you want the bubbly? <laughs> and he gets I do that, like the bubbles. He is, he is the the bro again. And it's fun. It, it's pretty fun with that. And again, this is not the bro-like Ghostmaker. This is James Bond Ghostmaker. Well, I'm saying he turns into that. But the reason he set this up was the bro ghost. He wants to outdo Batman. I, I actually thought that it would have been funny if he was really upset that Harley had never been in the Batcave because he is there to show how much better his is than Batman's. Which but is weird because it seems like she should have been. I, again, I can't pinpoint a story, so I can't say it happened or didn't happen. If anybody out there listening can pinpoint something in their mind that happened in continuity in this universe where Harley Quinn was in the Batcave, because I thought at some point she should have been, but it seemed like the idea of her being in the Batcave was nonsense in this, and it felt weird to me. Yeah, I, I would have called it the cemetery that's me. But, yeah, the haunt is way better than cemetery. What's wrong with up, you? Uh, how about the graveyard? You like that one? No, that's like just the a graveyard. cemetery with another word. How about the hell? Laser, right the hellraiser you got the the pinheads you want to call the it that can, is perfect can I call it the how about i call it this hey welcome to my dream state that if you die here you die in real life that's the name of it it's tough to, to say real quick but it'd be fun uh but yeah even that you have him say about his car Ah, it's not as quick as the Batmobile, so I'm going to ditch this one. Well, not even ditch. The idea that his Ghostmobile isn't as fast as Bruce's and it pisses him off, I'm going to work on a new one to make sure it is faster, and this one's going to go into the incinerator. Yeah, That's how, just destroying it. how freaking frivolous he is with his spending money for the Ghostmaker and how rich Ghostmaker is, and it's really cool to get these details. That's the other thing he has over Bruce that he's just laughing at, I think, the whole time because he is this rich to do that. But, yeah, I don't know. Harley just saying – Kind of like a couple times are we gonna bang yet <laughs> like stuff it kind of threw me off a little with that but even so he is even kind of like he's talking to harley he, he actually is being nice the way he's talking to her saying that he's a psychopath and doing all these different things i'm sitting here wondering the same thing and i thank god that she said it before like so i didn't have to are you gonna bang me or are you gonna kill me and i'm like yes please tell me what's happening right now i now, she says it right away, and then later she says, I'm still confused. Are we going to bang or slice? And actually, when she says it, she mentions three things, and then he says a little from column A and a little from column B, and it threw me off because I don't know which one was column B. Uh, but they're sword fighting and doing that, and, you know, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you end up having these plant beasts, right? The grass like, hounds. I, they look like goats to me at first, actually. I'm like, I don't know if that's too scary. The green but. dogs. And then it's like, right away, Harley goes, Bella, is that you? Because she says, she was passionate and dangerous, talking about Ivy. And with that, how did she get in there? This is the biggest hole in this whole issue. There's no like, I don't care if anything. she can make like shrubbery dogs, if that's her whole thing. You ain't getting into the haunt. This is like the idea of breaking into the Batcave, but somebody who's more paranoid than Batman would have more security and an AI system to make sure that something like this wouldn't security, happen. security, right? Exactly. It would be just over the top. And he's there bragging about how great this place is. And it's a weird thing. Like in my mind, the way that he said that that I'm going to incinerate that that car, yeah. I think that this place is done. He's going to blow this up now because somebody got in, but he doesn't even acknowledge it. Not at he all. He doesn't even say, like, how the hell did you get in? 
Uh, and it feels weird. She's like, just he stands there. back for her introduction because even like she's there's like icon. Tell me who I'm looking at. Then icon, you know, the little Pac-Man like ghost wrote like AI. Bella Garten wanted eco terrorists expelled from the fa- uh, faculty at Hudson University for cultivating predatory animal plant hybrids. And there you go. We have Ghostmaker here to give us our info on the gardener. Yeah. Yeah. And not a mention of doesn't make any sense. How the hell did she get in? Please. Hey, please Icon, are you asleep at the wheel? Because I would assume Icon is controlling all of that, including the defenses there. Even if you had something where Harley's like, oopsie, like she ended up switching something. But even then, Icon would have alerted, you know, Ghostmaker to it. It feels weird, but it's there and, and she's there. To, to do all this then just to make it so that everybody can get in that's when oracle can then end up hacking in which we like barbara and that's oracle fine. so we'll go with it but it's still i think it still is a little too much for somebody like ghostmaker but we just saw a woman just walk right in with her plant animals with her plant dogs yeah and, and then ends up saying about you know ivy and this is pretty good information it's really this good is great for information. Ivy. It's something i've been waiting for for poison ivy in a while and ever since like even the queen before ivy, right That's exactly it's the queen evil ivy version of the one that we saw in the green that we saw you know going into infinite frontier after she came back after the heroes in crisis death so we had this whole idea of the split this is the one that seemed to remain even though we had the sweet ivy in the green as well the naive ivy that we saw in catwoman as well so we're getting this idea of the the evil ivy is going to be doing something going forward and the idea that she's always watching harley and at least ghostmaker's haunt doesn't have any plans in it for ivy to be peering in on the gardener and ivy like talking about the situation where ivy has developed this whole thing where if anybody she's deep underground she has created all these caverns with the roots and the green and stuff like that to cave like cave out underneath gotham if anybody comes looking for her, she can collapse this whole thing killing her and anybody else who's coming to stop her so she has this whole thing set up like an underground cavern headquarters and now it's up to the gardener and, uh, like harley to try to reach ivy and find out where the pamela isley is in this like poison ivy character you know what i i think it's funny too and i love this part i really do and i like when she gives ivy that that bit of the dog she like pulls off that that what would it be the part of the ear yeah yeah i guess it's like a leaf or whatever and gives it to her that that will be able to summon you know she'll be able to get in contact i thought that's really cool but one of the things when you're saying that that threw me off a bit the gardener comes in just gets in we don't know how we said then she starts talking about how this facility operates i'm like if i'm ghostmaker i'm like who the hell are you like he obviously doesn't know who she is because he asked i come but she goes I wanted to talk to you here where I knew we wouldn't be overheard. This facility operates as a clean room. It's secure. I'm like, how do you know this? Well, What's well, going it is on? It's funny, though, that it acts as a clean room and it's secure and everything like that. And the idea that Ivy still has, you know, this feelings for Harley and stuff like that. She's always watching her whenever she can and with the, through the green and stuff like that. And how this is a clean area, like she can't reach through it. I think, like, I don't know why. The gardener was Pam's, like, girlfriend in college and all this stuff. And that's why they're so similar with the gardener, Poison Ivan. They're both eco-terrorists loving the, like, you know, the green of the world and such like that. But I just feel with these animal-plant hybrids that she has, this being her sole, like, you know, thing, Pamela could probably see through these dogs. and I was thinking that. And then I was thinking, okay, I wish that, yeah, Ghostmaker's a psycho. He says it. I have no empathy, whatever. I wish that you would have even said, like, how do you know this? And she says, I can look at you right now and tell that you're a germaphobe. Like, he makes sure there is nothing there. Like, because there could be even a little mic, but he scrubbed it down or whatever. But she seems to know that right away. She comes in as if she has built this place. And it felt odd. It felt odd that maybe you could have had, like, hey, is there any sort of 
plant things in here there goes like no i don't allow it just was weird how she again we don't know what's going on with her does she have a plant sense or anything like that because from what we get from you know the uh from uh the um the ai systems description icon description is that she just makes these you know plant animal hybrids the end the gardener gardener and what gets me is this is, and I think that maybe James Tyne was just like, well, I could sit there and come up with some convoluted way that she gets in, but really all she's there for is to get there, tell us about Ivy, and give that plant to set up Harley. The next story. That's it. So you just get in and get out, and you do that. And we, we end up liking the and thing it's with very Ivy. Forced. So, yeah, oh, it's so forced, but we like, like, it's it's better when the force thing is good, right? Because we do really like that Ivy thing. It's something yeah. you've been waiting for. I know. For no, a I'm while. telling you, I'm all about the story, but it's almost like it's like we'll talk about later in the Suicide Squad. We'll get information, but I don't like the way it's well, like. I don't conveyed. either. But maybe the idea of this is three months from now, when I say, "Oh man, that was awesome!" When we found out with the Queen Ivy underneath, you're not going to think about how she got in or out or whatnot. So let's just get to it. it but in this, in the now, it does affect me. Pepperidge my, Farms my remembers. Score. I mean, you might say it then, but we're not going to. It's not going to mind that much. Uh, we go and Bruce had already told Oracle, "Get me some information on Simon Saint. We need to get. I'm going to go. Give me his that crazy fancy skyscraper of his. I want some plans. I want to go. And he does this is go a great in a little bit because the thing is, while I do think it's great, I do think it takes a little bit of steam out of the detective comic story right now because Nakano's assistant, who you and I suspect, like, you know, he's up to no good and all that stuff is, you know, behind the eye worms that are taking everybody over and creating that weird rage thing. He's hanging out with Simon Satan, doing all this weird shit in Gotham and making sure that Nakano is being pushed in certain ways. And the best part is, you and I, we always struggle with what his name is in, like, Detective Comics. Like, oh, it's this guy. And it's Hugh. But when you find out this, his name is Hugh Vile. I'm like, yeah, he's a fucking bad dude. When you were told his name is Mr. Vile, I'm like, really? Like, here's the thing. You can have James Tiny. He's like, right, I, I can just guy. see Mariko Tamaki's. Get that title on the phone. He, what are you doing revealing this character of mine? What? All I said was his name, Mr. Vile. <laughs> Like really, like it's it's Hugh the mo- it's the most non-spoiler spoiler I have ever seen in any book, Mister Vile. But then they go on with just him being with Simon Satan, talking about what he's going to do with Nakato and stuff like that. Yes, he is a bad dude. Who's working with Simon Satan? We know what's going on now, no matter what in Detective yeah. Comics. And, and we had Simon Satan trying to get him with Nakano to get the magistrate, but we know that. See, that's the problem. You're playing with things that we already know how it could go because of future states. So. It's a weird thing to play with, but seeing this, it's so funny. I'm like, yeah, I'm Vile. telling you, the minute I went, I'm like, Mr. Vile, I'm like, wait, and then says Hugh, I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that mystery is solved. Uh, but yeah, you end up having that going on. He has to go, and Batman, he just busts in, and it's like, where's Scarecrow? And we do end up seeing more of our dude, the guy who hangs out with him, his assistant. Is it Alberto? Yeah. I, I always forget. It's, I believe it's Ricardo. Okay, Ricardo. I always forget his name as well. But yeah, we see him go, you know, all exo man there. Eric, and his arm starts going with this thing, and he goes to punch Batman, or Batman goes to punch him, he stops him, but then Batman just, upper, you know, kicks him and, and knocks him out. And Simon Saint's impressed. He, he's like this little wormy guy. He's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm impressed. Let's stay away and from I me. love this whole concept where you have Batman doing the Batman thing, putting the fear of God into the Simon Saint to get the information. Like, where's the scarecrow? Taking out his pet cyborg, like with no, like, uh, with no real, like, uh, problems to do it. So when he goes into this, 
And Batman is not even realizing, because not only do you have Peacekeeper 1 behind him, they all charge it in like he's Jason Voorhees to take on, but you have this gigantic thing that Batman's walked into. He doesn't know that he's in the middle of it, a conspiracy against himself at this point, where he has just walked into one of the biggest things in my mind since Court of the Owls with everything that's going on around him that he doesn't know about, with the, you know, the unsanity collective working with Simon Saint to do all this other stuff. The idea that they're like now Simon Saint is using their name and their recent spree of robberies to create unease in the city on top of the scarecrow and his effigies and all this other stuff. He's like, who knows what that unsanity collective will do? They might even blow up city hall. And as he says, a city hall in the distance explodes. And I'm like, you are in over your head, Batman. And this is the, like the greatest thing because I love a bat god, a Batman who could take on anything because he's always prepared. But when you have these moments where you realize that Batman is in over his head from somebody who's not even like a giant superpower, like a doomsday or a Mongol or anything, and they're like just a wormy little dude who has some planning behind him. Like, this is really You good. know what? Uh, it reminded me a bit, and I have a question for you after this, but it reminded me of that first bit. When uh, Kickass, when Kickass goes to that drug dealer, you stay away from Katie, you piece of shit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh shit, I'm gonna die. And then Hit Girl <laughs> comes in that got to save him. But with all that, it just reminded, and you don't normally see Batman like that in that situation. That is cool. But what does Simon say mean when he says, "I'm actually impressed. I'm surprised your gauntlets can displace that much crushing power." What does he mean? Because he never got punched. He never did anything. No, no. The thing is, he caught Ricardo's, you know, cyborg arm in his it, hand. Ricardo caught his hand. Batman punches him, and Ricardo puts up his hand, and he punches into the hand, and then kicks oh, Ricardo. You're right. I, I didn't get. See, what I think the it was supposed was. to be I think different. It was. I think that there was a because the know, thing is because what Simon Saint said. I remembered it differently, even though it's right but before it is, that. Right? In the Batman goes set. to yeah. punch him, and he just he does touches it and then kicks him. I'm like. What's he getting at here? I think he saw a different fight, but you were probably right. It was supposed to be that he did that to that, but still. Because even with him saying that's how I saw it in my mind after in my mind movies. One, one of, <laughs> your eyes rang. <laughs> one of the best moments, though, is when Batman picks him up and you see his little sandals falling off. <laughs> Look at you, you little guy. I'm so happy he's not wearing socks. <laughs> it made me, oh, I got yelled at the other day because I have these Crocs, right? There. But are you, I have do you? Yes, I do. I have them, though, oh. from the basement because I uh -huh. am here right now. This place is a shithole. Th this whole black yeah. mold. That's the least of my worries from this year. But I there's broken glass and shit all around, right? What is wrong? It, with you? it, it sounds like I'm I'm gonna do a, a Grandmaster Flash rap right there with broken broken glass everywhere. But I I have to come down here. Or a fight club. And I don't have my slippers. They they ended up getting you know pretty my much slippers. fell apart, Eric. So they got uh -huh. me Crocs. Well, I, I kind of like to put the Crocs on, right? And I go out, and then Logan's like, I'm not gonna go anywhere with you if you don't put socks on with those Crocs. I'm like, what are you talking about? I get so mad at him. I'm like, who do you think I am? But yeah, you end up then with Peacemaker 1 coming up like Jason <laughs> Voorhees. I don't know who's in the wrong or the right with that story you just told me. I mean, I'm in the wrong for just wearing Crocs, but they are coming back. Clean your basement. They're coming back. You know? I don't think they ever left. Yeah, they did for a while. I bet you there's people a bunch who of people. just did it hit. No, I bet you a bunch of people who like had the Crocs factories. I bet you they got out and now they're pissed that they're back. They lost them. Damn it. I should have held on to my Croc Why did I keep my Croc factory going? I but Peacekeeper One's there. And he does look like Jason Voorhees. He really does. Come storming in all big and bad and menacing right there. And it's so badass to see this as like we've seen, you know, Peacekeeper One before, but like for his first official timeline-wise introduction in this whole new guise. He looks so badass. Actually, more badass than anything you've ever seen him in before. And it looks like even with Batman's tricks of being able to turn out the lights, create a hole in the floor that he scooped down and 
Peacekeeper one's going after him, and he's going to give him a run for his goddamn money, and it's great. And they end with a cliffhanger of them punching each other, and there's a lot of just the idea. You had Ricardo with a cyborg arm, which was supposed to be the big bad that you were like, like I'm surprised you were able to do this, Batman. But then when you have Peacekeeper one show up, now like it's upping the boss battle right away, and it looks cool. Now the only other thing I have a problem with the art, which I do like the art as well, uh, is that Batman starts making this hole in the ground, but he starts with a straight line. That's never going to be able to make it into a circle that he does. I, that's just a little bit of a nitpick there, but it, it kind of bothered me. But uh, yeah, he goes down into this hole, but yeah, he can't even get away. I mean, this is Batman. He's freaking out. He's got to get the hell out of there. And they're just right on his ass. And that's really good. And we said we don't see that much like a panicking Batman trying to get out and using everything that he has and it's not really doing much so that's really cool it's really up the ante of this story so much in my mind because you know we've been meandering around with like you know what was important like the scarecrow stuff the unsanity collective stuff batman losing his money and trying to deal with Ghostmaker. and we have a lot of stuff that we've been juggling but now that it's all coming to head as simon saint as the focal point with everything just trickling down around him and batman being stuck without an umbrella it's a really cool story at this point. Yeah, and I mean, he's even more menacing than, say, a Father Valley. Eric over in the Kellum. Everybody's more menacing than Father Valley. <laughs> he's doing his preaching. Uh, you get the backup, though, and you get the backup uh, with the Ghostmaker stuff. And and the origin of Brainstorm, one of Ghostmaker's major villains that you've never heard of before. And his like, and how he, Ghostmaker took him down, and I'm like... All right, look, guys, like, you know, Brainstorm was kidnapped as a kid, experimented on to the point where he had telekinetic like powers. And he's Akira. He's anybody with freaking mind powers. There's nothing even that special or unique about the story, right? You're saying even the way you started out. You've seen this before. It's he's Firestarter. Yeah, he is. I mean, Drew Barrymore. You end up all this stuff, though. Where, again, I wanted something more of the show. You said that, and I think you're right. I think that you're right on the money, Eric, for once in your life. You end up Every where episode. he can't, he doesn't know what fear is. He has no empathy, he has no feelings. Show us when that was, you know, revealed to Batman, where they get gassed, and Batman's like, oh my God. And Ghostmaker saves Batman because. He can, and then has to admit, listen, I don't know. I don't any think the feeling. idea that he ever got gas. I think Batman just knows about the psychology of it all and how the gas works on somebody. I, that would be making a jump to be very specific about get him because it won't affect him. I think that there would have to be something that would have to prove that to you, even with the way it's set up. You have no idea. It may end up making fear. Even in somebody who's not empath- like, uh, again, not empathetic. like the idea of Harley Quinn ever being in the in the Batcave. I don't know if it's ever happened because I can't well, pinpoint that's why an issue. I'm but like, why not do that but, though? Why not show but in that? The, it, but what I'm saying though is that the idea is that, like for how long Batman's fought Scarecrow and how long he's fought the Joker and Joker being a psychopath. I'm sure there's at one point the Joker he's been dosed with fear toxin and it hasn't worked. But I can't pinpoint you know the idea of what issue that would be off the top of my head. Well, what with Batman himself. No, no, with, you know, the Joker getting dosed with fear toxin and nothing happened because the Joker's a psychopath. Who knows? But again, that might be a different type. There, there's, you know, you have to test this out. You can't just assume things. I'm sure he has. And But I would like to have seen that. I would like to, if you're going to do something, what I'm saying is I don't need brainwave. I, I don't brainstorm, need brainstorm Jim. here. I, I, why Which, are we seeing this? We waste all worst. that time to pay a dollar for brainstorm. Which is Brainstorm a great name, is such but... a cool freaking name, and the thing is, I don't want him to be a throwaway villain for Ghostmaker that we never care about or see again. And you don't have to do this fear to whatever you're going to do. If you, whatever you're going to do with this backup, remember that people are paying a dollar for this story. They they really are. And so, I'd buy would that you for a would you buy that for a dollar? You wouldn't. There's no way. 
And so you got to do more. You got to really put it down to the, you know, the brass tacks and the pennies that are being paid here and make it worth their while, not just. I'll throw brainstorm out there and maybe somebody will think it's cool and use it down the line. I'll make Brain- more money. It seems to be this book is a would factory. be so cool if it wasn't this. I, for some reason, I want him to be such a badass villain. But even what we're showing right now with it's this origin, like he's a he, he's a basic bitch super villain. And I'm like, I don't care about you, but this name could have been so cool for somebody else. And then at the end, you have to be reminded, like, I'm and all this is is basically, hey, Ghostmaker's on his way. Well, I'm out of here. Oh, why? Well, it's because he doesn't care and goes too far and whatever. Let me tell who they're listening to this garbage. And then he's at the end. Yeah, that's why I'm out. of Like, and you just see, Okay, next time we'll get that one. But you also get don't underestimate me either. Madam Midas, please stop trying to push this bullshit on us. And at the end, it does take my score down a bit because it's just nothingness. It really is. Yeah, I really do not enjoy the back of this. But I'm going to go 8 out of 10. I really like this issue. And there's the the part with Queen Ivy, yes, forced to get there. But that's awesome. The whole idea of seeing Batman on the run, seeing that if we're going to get to a magistrate, even if we avert it, but we know it could have happened, whatnot, we need to see that Batman you know, was surprised, was, you know, on his heels and wasn't able to stop it. You can't have Batman come in and just start kicking ass left and right because it wouldn't make sense in the deal. And I think Tynan does it really well with this, sets up Harley stuff with Abby, all that going on. And then yeah, we're doing a lot of cool setup here. That's going waivers, right? Brainstorm, brainstorm, brains, yeah. right? <laughs> the Ghostmaker backup is terrible. It doesn't do anything for the story or the Ghostmaker character, as far as I'm concerned. And it's one of those things. Like, I want to burn it all down. I don't want any more backups. I want more of the story that we're currently dealing with. Since for, use the page count for that because I was enjoying that. You just freaking halted that program to show me something I don't care about. And you're not doing enough with it. So, like overall, the Gardner stuff showing up in the haunt. Doesn't make any goddamn sense. The Gardner, you know, doing this just so she can give us exposition about Queen Ivy. I like the information, but the way we're giving it, it's forced and it's nonsense. Everything else had a great time with this issue, even like learning about what, you know, the haunt and Ghostmaker Spinosaurus. But again, Ghostmaker, if you're going to try to one up Batman, do not use the dinosaur from Jurassic Park 3 because the T Rex will always outdo the Spinosaurus. Oh, Eric, that's your big <laughs> You don't like the Spinosaurus. Jurassic Park 3, yeah, so. It did. But this whole thing, I think I give an 8 out of 10, too, because I really love the art and I love everything they're setting up here. And it really, like, you know, came to a head here with Peacekeeper 1 and everything else was like Batman's first confrontation with Simon Saint. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people are down on this book and they're down on the idea that Tynan's using it, like I said, as a factory for these new villains and all these I'm characters. I'm down on that, too. Stuff. I'm down on that, but this issue's good. I, I mean, I mean, I can say when an issue is good or not, and this one is one of the better ones in a while, in in my opinion, with showing, you know, not just the future state stuff. Again, the whole thing we talked about at the beginning, but like I said, where you said that Batman is surprised by this. This is big. This becomes real, real big as we go on. Now, Batman's aware of it. What is he going to do? But he's already you know, kind of two steps well, behind. Well, in the future, Jim. He ain't doing much. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why we have to avert it. I just love this, too, because I'm reading this book, and I like when Peacemaker, a Peacemaker, Peacekeeper 1 comes out, and like, oh, you know, you see him for the first time in front of Batman. I'm like, he's going to kill you one day, Batman, or at least everybody's going to think he kills you. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I thought of the idea when they're punching each other. I want to see who wins, because I'm like, that's why they went back to take care of business later. But... Yeah, there. We liked it though, but now we're going to go to the next bat book, 
Eric, we're, we're not so hip on this one, and what is it? Batman Catwoman number five, written by Tom King, with art by Clay Mann and Tomo, Tomo Morey. Batman continues to be barely seen as our story continues in this three-timeline style, where we see Catwoman drunk and belligerent in the past, seeing Phantasm's motives and maybe coming along to her line of thinking in the present, and fighting to the death with Harley in the future, who was pissed that Catwoman killed the man she loved before she could. Thank God for the present-day section and the art, because ultimately, there wasn't much to this issue at all. No. And that's the problem with this. You end up having three timelines. There's, you know, seemingly no need for it. Uh, I ended up talking, uh, my son Logan, me and him watch Pulp Fiction. And then afterwards, we were talking about the time jumps and things like that. And I said, I love Pulp Fiction. I think it's great. And you ended up ushering in an era of a lot of over the top, you know, bounty hunter, like all that. But it also ushered in what I thought was the nonsense of people jumping around time for no reason at all. And this kind of feels like that. This feels like it's there just to, at points, you know, put filler in, whatnot. You end up starting off with some jingle bells and stuff. And and it's the tropes of Tom King. But the biggest trope Tom King has is he does not understand these characters. He has no idea. So he's going to make them in his vision, which is fine. But the vision's awful. And what he seems to be doing with Catwoman is he's making the most awful Catwoman so that maybe by the end He can turn it around to show that she has A heart of gold and then people commend him for Oh man he really gets her well you really Fix Catwoman but the thing is you forgot That he's the one who broke her this is what happens all the Time people seem to get in This weird like I don't know They get a little fuzzy with things by the end At issue 12 of this oh man Catwoman went oh man you're so great You made her great and no 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 She was great you're the one who pushed Her down and he does it all the time he's doing that Right now with Adam Strange this is all he does. He ends up making care. We said in the Patreon spotlight that we also don't. Oh, no. Actually, I think it's at the end of this episode when we okay. talk about in uh, Suicide Squad, the idea that people who write and they make their character elevated just by making everyone else a chump. Well, what yeah. Tom King does, he, he combines that. It, it's the character who's a chump that then ends up elevating at the end. And it's not going to work. I keep going back that this was supposed to be the love letter for the bad cat fans. I don't see it. All I see is an awful, awful Catwoman that he does not get. Well, that and you barely see a Batman. Yeah, never see a Batman. And then, just to, you know, make things even better, let's introduce a Harley that what you do in this is introduce a Harley at the furthest timeline to basically say that everything Negate that we see. all the progress she's ever every had. Every bit of progress that we ever see and, and see right now. She was just in the Batman book doing, it means nothing because at the end she's still the Harley piece of crap and whatnot because nothing happens. Nothing ever happens with progress. I of love the Joker and I wanted to kill him and you took that away from me, Catwoman. And now I'm going to spend this issue attacking you, filling out the page count with a you know clay man fight that may look good, but I'm just going to be saying die, 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 die. Yeah. So if you're going to tell me, and, and people who are Tom King fans might argue, well, no, she came because she wanted to be that person to finally kill him because that's what she, no, 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 because then she's a piece of shit after that anyway. This is not a good Harley and like the Phantasm who has done nothing in this deal he's relying on other people's work but when he does that he negates a lot of other people's deal because he's not setting up Harley at all here she just shows up this Catwoman he's just ending up making her awful Batman's not in it but yeah you, you do this and there's really these three timelines come back and forth with you only to I think try to confuse you that you think something's happening because well, nothing that's the happens. Whole thing. When we start out in the past of this whole thing, when the last issue we had before, when you know Batman and Catwoman seem to be on the outs because 
Batman learned that she's been talking to the Joker since she told him about the, you know, the bomb underneath the ice rink. Like, what do you know? What you've been to like, you were going to like let this go and these people could have died because Batman had like 20 minutes until this went off and they were supposed to go to a ball together, a gala. So he has to go into this. So Batman and Catwoman are at this point on the outs. And we jump into this issue. Catwoman is just drunk at a bar and then threatens Awful. the bartender, beats the shit out of the bartender after she steals from him and then, you know, goes and argues with a cat and has the idea, I should go to the Gotham Museum and I should steal something. And ultimately, this past timeline just ends up with her getting in the costume, being drunk still, falling, you know, into like when she's trying to break into the Gotham Museum, falling into a T-Rex fossil and then just passing out and Batman's there to pick her up and walk her out. The present day stuff, thankfully, where the Phantasm had kidnapped Catwoman previously and took her back to her land of the future hideout, which we saw in the Mask of the Phantasm movie, which is recreated pretty well here. You do have this really cool thing about the motives of, you know, uh, the Phantasm and what she's doing right now by going after all the Joker's followers. And it's such a weird thing that we're doing in DC right now, because while this can be its own thing, not necessarily in the timeline, if you like Tom King wrote Batman, so this could be going on as well in his mind as well in the regular DC story. No, I'm telling really, you, it's Black Label but, and it's Elseworlds anyway, so exactly. we really don't it could have to. Be, it could not be. It just it, it never felt right anyway because we never had a good way of bringing Phantasm in and his idea of the Joker just being the gangster from that Mask of the Phantasm movie doesn't work with anything Harley else. And not bleached. And that is more of an animated thing. Like, he's fully in the animated universe. And again, with it. and I can even go with that because the future, she could have some stuff done to I her know like, you know, 30 years from now. I don't so know. much that she'd unbleach her skin. I don't know, but it, it's just an odd thing when you see her and you're like oh that's a different harley and i think that uh you know she wasn't that white in the animated universe from what i was told so because i didn't watch a lot of things so that might be that call there anyway but yeah she just used like face yeah so i'm thinking that this is totally just his mind in this cartoon universe deal everything that we have in this is like you know a callback from master of the phantasm which is in the batman animated series universe so this all could just be taking place in his weird dark extended batman the animated series universe even though in that the Batman Beyond is the continuation of that, and there's nothing like that here. So it's just all Tom King nonsense. He's picking and choosing, he's cherry picking what he likes and doesn't like, and just throwing into this nonsense. But when you have Phantasm show up and talking about her motives behind this and collecting people who work with the Joker because she believes the Joker killed her son and she's getting all judgy and execution y again. It's weird that we have this going on in here and in Harley Quinn with the safe program with Hugo Strange where we're rounding up all the clowns in the city who have worked with the Joker and stuff like that and we're doing stuff to them because it seems like we're doing the same thing in here with the Phantasm because with this one guy that the the Phantasm has all strapped up, he's got like the Joker tattooed on his chest and stomach and stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, he just he's doesn't like, have Kevin's guy, neck tattoo. It's just exactly. I expected this to be big goiter-ass fucking neck Kevin up here chained up for what it is because the idea is like, hey, Selena. I know that you and Bruce ain't down with what I've been up to lately. You know, the Joker, he's locked up. You say I can't get to him. But this guy over here, he used to work with the Joker. He used to get kids for the Joker so the Joker could test out his fear. I mean, not his fear, I guess, his, his, his uh, Joker toxin on them. That's what this piece of shit did. And you think that this piece of shit should live? So, like, even her just standing there and not reacting and being like this Catwoman that we saw before who does walk that fine line about villain or criminal and stuff like that and what her moral compass is – I like this I don't, aspect I don't of like, this issue. I don't think that Selena's ever that much that she watches murder. Uh, th- this is too much. If she ends up seeing somebody steal something, then she's a hypocrite. If she says something, if she watches somebody actually get murdered here and just sits there with no look on her face, like dead eyes watching it, it's too much for me. It's not Catwoman. It's not Selena. With that, I think that she would have tried to stop this, but she just frozen and watches it and may get blood on her face and she might have hepatitis. But I think that it is yeah. squirting the beef. <laughs> 
you know, not going on her face. It's just squirting by. It's too much for it's me. On her face. It's too much for, me, <laughs> for her to just watch this. And again, I uh, watching is fine. Like the thing is, if she goes along with Phantasm on this, I don't know if she'll cross that line. Which she'll, do, she'll stay in here is, to be a mole for Batman or something for like that. But what is she supposed to do so at this point? At least say stop. I mean, even if that is the idea that you're not going to be able to, just at least say it. At least say you you don't have to do this. And then, the, no, she just lets it happen and doesn't say anything. It's too much. It's, again, showing that it's this forced deal of making Selena more bad. Even in this, she's like, I'm too bad to be good and you're too good to be bad. This whole thing that I think that when Tom King went into this issue, he thought this was real clever shit. So he's got to show it. So now we really have to show that Selena's bad. It's, it's ruining the character. It's really not even talking about the idea that this is a bad cat book that is supposed Again, to be his I, I, continuation I don't think of it's his a run. ruination of the character because that's the if he goes back to the idea of that in three jokers where Batgirl's now ruined because Jason Todd killed the Joker in front of her. Yeah, but she ended up trying to stop him. This is the thing where Harley is Did still she? being blamed. Yes, I think she said, don't do it. She hardly, threw the batarang hardly, and Mastino, yeah, and then you Jason go. brought the idea like if you really yeah, wanted me to she stop, still you would have done it. Harley is still being blamed. For just watching she, Punchline uh, like is in he, jail he, right now Because yeah. she she watched no, Punchline killed a lot of but people But they only say They can't prove that They even said The reason why she's in jail right now Is because she watched the Joker kill people You can't just watch somebody kill somebody You can't just sit there and say Well I didn't do it At least have if her, you her to say Willy something the stuff, say, No stop well, I mean please. I just want her to actually say Oh my god you're gonna, don't, You don't have to kill him and then it happens, and then at least you can say, and then maybe that sets up a fight coming up or whatnot, but just sitting there and watching it happen while the Phantasm is going through a whole rundown. You know what's going to happen. I mean, this isn't like I a do. tickle, 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 right? And she's just staring at it. And it just I, I just don't get what he's trying to do with this character. He's making her a drunk piece of shit at one point. Then she's just watching murders, and then she's lying to Batman. I mean, she is the worst in this book. Only then to, first off, have reviewers say, well, it's the complexity of the character that I like, but this isn't the character. He is, he ends up, he even said in an interview recently, he doesn't get the character that, like, he's give, given characters. Okay, I'll write that character. He doesn't know these characters. And he ends up bringing them the way that he wants to with his problems and all that shit going on. And by the end, they're all destroyed. They're all ruined, no matter what he does by the end of the Hail Mary two-minute warning to try to save it. He ends up just doing things that are awful with these characters. The Penguin has sex with penguins, Eric. I'm telling you, he said it. I don't uh, know why you're stuck but on yeah, this. Yeah, so, but these are the things that you don't need to no, do this. Kidding. You don't need to have Selena. You could have Selena in the other room that she keeps her there to do this, but Selena's just watching it. And then she's drunk, and then she falls to the museum deal. And Batman that was years ago, like, Jim. I know, I'm just saying that's the whole deal. But then, fuck you, Batman. Like, I, what? I mean, really? Like, this is that love letter. I love it. Eric. This is, it is like my relationship, but I didn't need that. Uh, but yeah, this is, again, Tom King gets fired. They give this book to him for the fans. I mean, he's taking it as, well, I'm going to do my shit now. I'm going to burn it all down. I'm going to do this, but... I think he's lost track of what this could have been as a thank you to the people who stuck with him and defended him and didn't want him to get fired. You get this? I mean, I can see why he got fired if this was the story. This can't be in a regular continuity, and that's the whole thing. 
The Selena stuff, just throw it out the window anyway. It's black label, and nothing really jives with the regular continuity anyway. So you do what he yeah, wants. Yeah, it's not tying into the Catwoman book at all. But he's burning it down. He, he's not elevating the character anymore, where he did that even in a way that seemingly didn't understand the character. But it's almost like a bait and switch, this book. Like, oh, man, you know, you, you think that I made Batman miserable. Well, wait till you see what Catwoman does, right? And it's just awful. It, it's just, it makes me feel dirty at the end there. Probably because I haven't taken a shower in a while, but still. And I'm yeah, sweating like you that. right now. I mean, yes, I'm sweating like you in February. <laughs> now, ah, I do yes. want to know how Selena is going to talk to Helena in the next issue. Because when Helena comes back to Wayne Manor and finds everything destroyed inside the house and Harley Quinn all tied up at Selena's feet, you know, it's like, are you all right? What the hell happened? So I'm like, all right, mother, if you had nothing to do with the Joker's death, why is Harley Quinn here trying to murder you? So I think that that comes to a full head with I'm, that. I, I'm telling you, the thing is, if I'm, you know, old lady Selena here, I just want to pull, like, you know, put my hand up. She's fucking crazy. crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with the whole deal with this, uh, we're almost halfway through. Yeah. And I, I just, we haven't got much story. We haven't got much well, story no, at all. Even that, I was thinking about it last night when I went out to have a cigarette and some Eric Shea thinking time because the idea, and I think I'm a broken record with this, but the phantasm coming back was a big strong point of this whole book. You know, the thing that Tom King was teasing. And when the first issue came out, I realized he wasn't doing any, any real legwork to bring the character in and in a proper way for the actual continuity to said. Mask of the Phantasm's canon in his mind now. I'm like, that was disappointing enough. But the idea that we just have, oh, yeah, Andrea Beaumont's back in town. She has a kid. Oh, no, that kid's dead. Now she wants the Joker dead. She's just back. The Phantasm game's like, that was our all uh, like our setup for the story. And there was nothing there. It's just so flat. Oh, the kid's dead in a, in a yeah, tent. There's and no, Andrea's there Phantasm. Was, you're right. And, and that's where you don't even like. You and I don't up, know, do people remember that the kid was a, anything about any of this anymore? Because you never bring I, up I the kid. To, I talked to people who didn't even know the kid was a thing after that issue. He was, in, he was in one of them under the bridge. Like, we don't know anything about him and, like, the, the care. And even Andrea Beaumont, like, if you want to get your backstory, go watch an animated movie from 1993. And hopefully you get enough out of that but to I say that there's I a connection here. Actually, you, you hit the nail even better than that. Because you were upset. Hey, why are you relying on somebody else's thing in a different medium? To set yeah. up your story, do some legwork. Okay, people have done this. Red X going on right now, Tim Sheridan. And I'm angry but about that. The problem is when you get to that point, if you're going to, you have to progress the character in your book, then you can't just, like, we're way past the how the phantasm ever was and whatnot, but you said it right now. The progression from her finding out, oh, my son's dead, all of a sudden, phantasm, all of a sudden, killing Joker hirelings. It's it's not enough. We don't get anything with Andrea. We don't get a sense of what she's thinking, what she's feeling. Because again, I think that he's just like, well, you know, phantasm. You know, but he never set that up. So there is that a problem here of this book feeling very empty, and especially like the, this, the phantasm. This book feels more like it should be called Catwoman Joker more than yeah. anything else. And the phantasm stuff, it, it seemed weird at the beginning. I said right away to you, like, is he? Is he worried? Like, I, I thought that you had the Batcat book. I said, he gets fired. You're going to have this. You're going to have the fans go to it, no matter what. The people who would have supported him are going to go to that. But then you added the phantasm, and it felt weird right away. Why are you doing that if you are doing this to kind of finish this Batcat story? Well, then it seemed like, oh, he wants to get other people in the phantasm, but then didn't do anything with that. I, I just don't understand. And by the end, I end up like, well, we did a bunch of timeline stuff. We sung some songs. 
you know, we had a fight and got drunk. And nothing. No progression whatsoever. And just meandering That woman about. did beat the shit out of a bartender, though. Yeah, but even then, she's drunk. <laughs> That's a joke, and then, I know. She's like... I'm going to steal those shotgun shells, and then you're going to swing. If I'm that guy, I'm going to change up the script here at one point. You know, I'm not going to do exactly what she said he'd do. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you there, you sucker. And nothing came from it. Why even have that? Just then, the, okay, and the, you, you know when I could tell this that we don't like. This is how great Catwoman is. <laughs> but th- there, is that the, she can be a drunk ass. and ki- The idea, though. That she does something here that we'll talk about later as well, and we love. She does the Chewbacca with that cat, right? And I didn't like it. How can that be? That's my favorite thing, and I didn't even like it here, that nonsense. But, well, what did you give it? Ultimately, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I like the art. Clay Man's one of my favorite artists of DC Comics. I like what he puts out each and every time, but this is... Majority of it's just, you know, Catwoman beating up a bartender and Catwoman being a Harley Quinn while you had this phantasm interlude somewhat, you know, mixed in because the storylines just jump, the timelines just jump in and out at random. So you don't really have a clear set of it. But I like the Andrea Beaumont and Selena Kyle stuff. You don't like the no, idea that she's like a witness to murder and stuff like that. But the idea of what she's doing, like, I can kind of understand the idea, but we are now killing a man who murders children for actually brings children to the Joker for him to murder. We're taking a piece of shit off the street. I can understand that even if you're not doing it yourself, like, I understand where she's coming from at least, and I'm interested to see where that aspect will go. But the majority of the story is all nonsense and garbage in my mind. Yeah, I'm just going with the idea that, I mean, I could even say to you that Selena might be like, well, who gave you this info? I mean, the guy has a Joker tattoo right there and all that. But (laughs) he's got his nipples pierced. I don't trust him. I don't know that he did that. I don't know that. I I don't know (laughs) that the phantasm isn't just batshit crazy. And it's just going through, and they're the best. Like, you know what I mean? And honestly, that'd be a great turn in my but mind if she for tattooed Selena, that on that though, dude. Like, that's what I'm saying. The guy, I, you would think he'd yell something like, this isn't my tattoos. Uh, <laughs> but I, just, Selena, just, it's You're it's looking for my brother, much. Kevin. It's big old it's goiter too neck. much. It, it, it's just too much of bad stuff with, with Catwoman. Then to, you know, you would think push it the opposite way by the end. And, and it'll end up like the acceptance of Helena later in the timeline. I don't know. I, I just look. All I, don't I know is it. that Jason Todd killed that dude in Batman Urban Legends and Batman ain't going to prosecute his ass. Well, I'm not even just saying that uh, because it's just you're throwing it in this book, though, to make it just her worse. I mean, it, it'd be one thing if she's doing hard of gold, all this. She's awful in this book. She's completely awful. And Jason just Todd has killed pushing. a lot of dudes yeah, in front of the Bat family that I realized. You know, he, 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 <laughs> I don't feel him being awful in that urban legends and stuff like that, but that's also his thing. And so, you know, this isn't Catwoman's Catwoman. She, she does the burglary, Eric. That's why they call it the She's cat thief. burglary. That's why. Uh, I'm a five out of 10. I'm not a, even as big a fan of Clayman's art as you. And this just, I enjoy it. this is just nonsense. This is just a guy. You know, willy-nilly, being able to do whatever he wants, destroying characters because it doesn't matter. But, you know, it does matter. It it matters a lot. It matters to a lot of people. And a lot of people who went into this book thinking that they were going to get you know, like I said, this love story for the ages. I mean, they, they really, I don't the know what's happening. The love letter to the fans that want to see Tom King's continuation of the Batman. And this is so much worse than anything we had seen. I mean, before Selena was elevated because she could beat up flashes. And we mention it later. She can sword fight with Talia. All that stuff that seems silly. Or even this in Tom King's silly own run, where you actually elevate Selena a little bit to the point where she says to Batman, like, I don't, I'm not one of these villains of yours because they're all psychopaths and murderers. And that I'm made just a her thief. good. 
good. I don't that's feel, a good elevation. Exactly. That separated her from that classic four, like you'd see in Batman 66, where it was this foursome of you know, villains coming after him all the time, which I always think of because I love that. Oh, but I it, do too. It took her away from that. All right, first issue of this, she's hanging with the Joker, doing all this stuff. She's killing the Joker. Maybe doing more. Background. Who knows? Maybe, maybe screwing. We don't know. It's been inferred. We don't know. But I'm saying like, well, you just went against everything remember, you remember did. Remember I said the idea that that whole thing that she might have screwed him and Helena was looking into some things like that and whatever. And I said, he's probably never going to even resolve that. It'll just be ambiguous. I think that that's what's going to happen. But like you said, when she said that in the jokes and riddles, listen, don't consider me like them. I'll never go with them. I am a burglar. I, I like to do things. And even the idea of like, I'm not uh, just a nasty murdering, you know, piece of crap. I actually have skill and I do this and I have grace and all that stuff. And then in this, it's like right out the door. Now you could say that even Tynan kind of threw that out a little bit with the designer stuff and things like that. But you could even go like, well, that was before now back. But still, this makes it just, it's just such a 180 from what I thought he thought about. I mean, he even said at a point, that he writes Catwoman. This is legit. I write Catwoman as my wife. I'm like, you better get away from this crazy woman then because I don't know what you're writing now. Uh, but yeah, I'm at a five out of 10. I just, it, it just makes me feel dirty. Uh, but that is the end of the section. There goes the bat bucks. And, and we couldn't have anything or any other author that would drive us nuts. We still right? have the Justice League, Jim. Oh, my Jim. God, we have a Benedict's book. All right, that's the way things are set up this <laughs> week, I see. Uh, but we're going to go off to the next section right about now. Every time I read a Bendis book, a question always comes to me. When will we learn something new about Naomi? On the cover of the Justice League She's standing right in front of me It's the same old recap about Naomi Naomi, 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 Naomi When will we get some answers about Naomi? And when the DC comic readers Living in the world agree Bendis might give us answers About Naomi But though we love the character When will we get a power set to see We still don't know much of anything About Naomi Naomi Eric, song time's over here so that we can get to a book with Naomi. And I threw that in here. Oh my God, I hit it again, Eric. Of course. It was on repeat. <laughs> repeat. It wasn't enough the first time. Uh, I figured I had to throw that in because eventually we will get answers and then that song gets put on the heap. Are you sure? Heap. Uh, no. 
I probably still have a while. I mean, we get to see where she grew up, right? What, she's been around for two years now? Why do you expect things to change from where we are for the last two years? Eric, are you saying that that's the definition of insanity, that I'm expecting different things from this? Yes. Uh, Maybe. But, I mean, she is a mega level level deal. Even in this, it almost gets to the point when she's in her goose. Omega level? Like, what's the difference between mega and omega? I I don't know, Eric. Big in the end. What's the difference between multi and omni? That's how I I like it, a big end. That's right. (laughs) Even then, it's like, I really, new mega power. Got him yesterday. I just needed that. It says uncategorized. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep playing with this until we get season two, are we? Even then, when you have that, I, I ask you. Why are we you, waiting so long for season two? I don't know, Eric. I mean, sometimes it's like seasons well, in the why sun. Why is the series a Netflix series all of a sudden? Maybe that's what I should do. That's the next parody from Seasons in the Sun, right? Uh, is Hawkgirl an eternal warrior anymore? I asked you that. I was wondering I what you what would that consider. <laughs> that just means she can't die, that she's immortal. And uh, I thought that that was changed. But that that's just me. I don't know, Eric. But And what do you mean by can't die and is immortal? Like she becomes resurrected like the previous? Yeah, like I a think well, that's the like whole that? deal. I think that she's going. Because in- I've had a problem with that ever since the end of the Hawkman series where we had, you know, you know, Shira and Carter like, you know, you have one life left to live. You died here and God's going to give you one more life back in 1941. And you had all this. And it seems like at, by the end of that series – you are no longer cursed to resurrect over and over again. You have this one life, and which really negates, you know, uh, Kendra Saunders here because she is the next incarnation of Shayara Hall. So if you don't have that, what is that? Well, this is everything matters, Eric. So that means it doesn't matter. I mean, we're just so when going. you're talking about Eternal Warrior, I didn't well, it means you back that you get the resurrections. And I thought that basically that was off the board for this whole deal, but who knows? He's just going with it. Anyway, he thinks that she. You know, the whole deal that we can't even figure out if she's human or Thanagarian anymore because of the way that Snyder ended up screwing up and things like that. But with all of that, Eric, what are we talking about? Justice League number 62, written by Brian Michael Bendis with Ram V on the backup and art by David Marquez, Ivan Placencia, Josh Reed, Zermonico, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Rob Lee. The Justice League's powers are wonky in Naomi's homeworld while she continues to pull a Marty McFly where parts of her body start vanishing. Ultimately, though, this issue is Brutus's turn to beat the hell out of our heroes before Zambato shows up at the end. But thankfully, Flash and Hippolyta have made their way to this world as well as a little backup. All that and Just League Dark Backup that continues to be the best part of this book. Yeah, it is. And most people who talk about this book say that they're here for the, you know, Just League Dark Backup. It's a pricey SJLD book. Yeah, it is. And I, I actually for was thinking, like, it is funny deal where you have, we're going to be talking in the section, Swamp Thing. And you have that as that 10-issue medium maxi series. I don't know what yeah. we ended up talking about. This. What do you call those? Then? Uh, it's a weird thing that we don't have like something like that for the JLD. I would think that the JLD is a bigger deal, but maybe when that's done, that gives Ram B some time, and then you'll get like a that. mini or a mi- midi or a maxi bigger than an ongoing. Yeah, backup. because this is just a backup. You get like five. You actually have a book. Yes, it does end. It's got a, but it's its own title. They're saying that. That can sell on its own, in my mind, where this is thrown into the backup of Just League so that people will read it and will buy it. I think that at the end of this, DC will be able to finally, they usually don't, but they'll read the writing on the wall and they'll give us, you know, a book, a Just League dark book, maybe waiting for Ram V to free up a little time, you know, doing that with, because he's even going off and doing Venom over at uh, Marvel Weird. with Al Ewing. So, I, well, he's he's being tagged as this like horror genius guy here, and right. 
okay. I mean, is he? But that's what people say. So that's no, why he's like on when Venom he's and pushing there, it. Is, is Al Ewing and Ram V co-writing? Yeah, Venom they're co-writing together. it together. It's weird. With Brian Hitch, our old pal on art, which that's cool. Him on art, that's I fine. do like. Um, but with all this, we just expect at some point that the JLD book maybe will get a regular series book going on because and it's again, really. The thing is, I, I say the JLD part is the best part. And the thing is, the JLD was up and down. Like we liked aspects of the run when it was going on, but it was never great overall because it and just you're kept talking before the same this stuff. backup. You're talking exactly the main before book, the backup because yeah. it's just a continuation of where we left yeah, off. You liked the it better down, than me. Man, and stuff like that. But there was never really a strong book to the point where I think they felt that the sales weren't strong enough to continue it as an own series. So even if this is the best part of this book, it's not saying the JLD can stand on its own legs with the characters and the story. It just says that Brian Michael Bendis sucks at writing characters for the Justice League. I, I was going to think that in in a roundabout way, it's almost like the Firefly. There's not enough pages for it to start sucking. But one of the things when I'm done, the JLD backup, I really do wish there was more pages. I, I want more yeah. of that story. And I, I said at one point, I would love it if you end up having like a Guns N' Roses on tour with Aerosmith, all of a sudden Sweet Child of Mine hits, and now Guns N' Roses is headlining. Aerosmith would never allow that, right, Eric? But I would love it. At some point, they just end up, screw it. It's a Justice League dark book with a Justice League backup. Take that, Bendis. Uh, Because the actual book that has the the name on the cover and has more page space does nothing. And this is something, the last issue we talked about with this, that you end up getting on Naomi's homeworld. We want to know some answers about that. If you're going to shove Naomi down our throats, which I do like the character, so I want to know more about okay. it. But we end up having recap. Well, you're going with the idea. We don't know anything about her. And that's why. I don't. And so we want some things. You're on her homeworld. You're not giving us anything. But one of the big things, and I ended up, you know, with old Nikki on uh, on Twitter arguing about this. Our main focus, though, was the idea of what's going on with the Justice League? Why are their powers wonky? What does this mean on this world? What's happening? And you almost seem to get an answer here. That Barry did the wrong math. He did the multiversal yes. math, not the dimensional math. He ended up using the multiversal math. And again, it's it's kind of infuriating, the whole deal. But that would have been a cool way of explaining it. I sent you and you're a little out of frequency. You're not exactly. quite. And that's why. But You're then, vibrating a little bit off to where this world should be. So your powers, as you know, are acting wonky. But that's not the Wouldn't case. that have been really clever? That would have I been agree. really, really yeah. cool. And then later when Barry shows up here, that gets thrown out. because Well, then- that's the whole thing is even the idea where the whole issue starts out with Hippolyta showing up at the Hall of Justice to apologize for how she was acting before. And seeing, knowing where the Justice League is, Barry's there to greet her and say, oh, come on down here. We'll, you know, we'll talk about things. Oh, shit, Apollo. Freaking while I'm talking to you, it just dawned on me when I sent everybody that we know, all our friends and acquaintances here, to another world. I forgot to carry the two with my weird cosmic dimensional treadmill that I created out of nowhere. And I sent them there. And what does that mean for us? We have to have Barry and Apollo to show up. But it doesn't matter because ultimately that not not carrying the two and doing it the math wrong only meant that the heroes were separated when they showed up. But by now, they're all together. Yes, and that's so it what I'm matter. saying. You end up where this big thing. Oh, my God. I didn't carry the two. He's waiting for them to signal back. This doesn't mean they can't signal back. It doesn't mean that what's happening now is because of it. They were just separated, it seems. So really him going, him and Apollo, it's just a forced way in some wackadoo way of saying Barry and Apollo have to go there now, but they don't. 
they don't. And so when he and there gets was, there, there's no reason in my mind for them not to go to begin with. Like this weird thing that we're padding out the issue to the point where, like, all right, now we're going to add two more heroes over there, but their powers are wonky too. And ultimately, it doesn't matter because the fight that's going on, you have the entire Just League as we have them sent over here taking on Brutus because their powers are wonky, though, that we spent all of last issue just to talk about. And you the don't wonky even really powers. see it, right? I'm telling you, how is Black Adam's powers wonky? Know. I'm not exactly sure. And even Superman, we had the idea of what was happening with this, but here he's just falling. And then even that, if you keep his eyes closed, don't catch him (laughs) because he'll bounce. Well, do we know that his powers are wonky? He might not be able to do that. But even so, we don't see what is actually supposedly happening. I really want this to elevate the Superman character, though. If you're going to push the idea that his, you know, heat vision is going off nonstop, he has to keep his eyes closed because he doesn't know what's happening. And you have this Omega Power Brutus. I'm saying Omega Power. I'm not sure if that's the case, but somebody along the lines of a Superman or a Black Adam here, I want to see Superman then utilize the, all his skills and training throughout the years where he can now use his super hearing. He doesn't need to see. And that's how great he is as a hero. He can fight off Brutus with his eyes closed because he's fucking Superman. With that, you have some of the characters, their powers are wonky in an elevated way. Different way. way. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is what... And Hawkgirl's all just jacked up on Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. They end up where, in a weird way, the jacking up is weird. You know, because all I see going on here is uh, Perunas got his ass handed to him twice already. Now yep. you're on his home world. You have to, you have to make a way that he can at least stand against the Justice League yeah, for a bit. Two. That's all it is. And, uh, round three. I mean, Apollo yeah, exactly. would have been So with all of this, that's all it seems to be. But yet the idea of the wonkiness of the powers and what exactly is happening. Yeah. Superman has to close his eyes, right? Black Canary ends up, Canary cries, sends him to the moon, to the moon, Alice. Uh, so with all that, you know, what is going on besides the idea that you're forcing a way that Brutus can stand toe-to-toe with the, the mega-level power of Naomi, she can't fight because her arms and legs keep vanishing until they don't. Yeah, until she has to catch Superman and they're there and she catches him. And then you end up having, you know, the flavor of flaves of the world. Brutus, Brutus, at least get some, you know, fancy chant or something like we're this is us, Brutus, right? That'd be good. <laughs> no, I don't want any fancy chant. Like the idea that go and if touch, reading this you story, are Brutus, and you, right? you I just imagine you want them to use like the real close together nicknames that we've never heard before. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, what I want. All of a sudden, go Timmy Boy. Oh, that'd be great. Like, who's Timmy I Boy? No, yeah, that's another that's story that we haven't building. told yet. <laughs> See some other story. But yeah, it's just why? What we're seeing history? It's history going on. I'm like, okay, no, it's his story. Yeah, his story. <laughs> Don't you go by that? Uh, even then, do they know what's going on? Do they, are these no, just like smacked asses what's that going just on, go around? Us. These, these are just roving. Like in this world, you still have the flash mobs that are just going around yelling shit and all. Uh, next thing, they're doing the thriller dance over there. Because even when Hippolyta and Flash show up finally after our heroes getting our ass kicked, it's just Hippolyta takes them out. It's like, like, are you not entertained? You know, essentially from Gladiator. I am Hippolyta. Does anyone else here challenge us? Step forward so that I'm like, she is just a man of my. Is Hippolyta's like, you know, powers well, messed that's up? That's the thing. Do you, do you understand what's happening? That's the problem. They ended up, and this isn't Brian Michael Bendis, you know, from the mind of Bendis. The reason why he separated them is because then it would take time for them to get together. Time enough for him to explain then that their powers are affected. Hippolyta and Flash come down here. They say, I'm starting to feel it. 
but not quite just yet. So they're able to defeat him. Th- that's all it is. And and again, does he think that like, this- I want to know, because let's say that because of the weird crisis of this world where they poisoned everything and they're like, you know, people, the people of this world become mega powers because of the mutations of the terrible atmosphere or whatever it is. But like, how do you affect the speed force? Something that runs throughout the Omniverse, as far as I'm concerned, all time and Omniverse, you know, I, as actually, we know it now. I have an explanation. Yeah, Bendis, right? That's the oh, explanation. Okay. But again, all you needed to do, it, you have the same thing that happens after this, where all, and that would be the thing. Why does Barry and Hippolyta have to go? There really is no reason. He says, no. I didn't carry the two, but if you have the idea that he messed up the map and they're vibrating a little out of it, then he can't bring them back. That that or he has to go there to fix them so he can bring them I back. I just, just have it what happens here. He ends up at first just going the right way and Hippolyta can kick the ass of Brutus. She she doesn't have any wonky powers because she is there the right way. Are you she not does that. And then Barry can then say, I'm sorry, guys, I messed you up here. Let me get you in frequency. Let's do that, whatever. And he blows it. That would have been so clever. That idea that Barry was thinking multiverse, not dimensions, really, because he's rarely written by Bendis, who seems to go by dimensions well, even the and idea not multiverse. Of Black Adam, his power is derived from the Rock of Eternity that's channeling from the sphere of the gods and all this stuff. So this is all within the omniverse. I don't know how his powers are affected magically as opposed to anything else that might be affecting somebody, chemi- their, their own personal chemistry going on like Superman because he doesn't have a yellow sun or a specific thing. Something along those lines. I just don't Yeah, they never said the sun or anything like that for Superman either. It would have been a cool thing where you end up going and one of the gods that now Black Adam derives his stuff from is actually Brutus because he's being worshipped as a god here. You can do that. Little American gods here on this different planet, Eric. But you're not going to do anything like that. You're just ending up having a way that Brutus can punch. Nothing's explained. Nothing at all. We thought there might be, but there isn't. Aquaman's hanging with a family. And, you know, you get the back and forth. Take me in an ocean. Ocean, ocean. He said ocean, ocean. And then they're like, we're in Ohio, dude. All right. Well, I'm get, any I'm natural body really of tired. water. I don't know why. It's just bothering me because Aquaman, for the longest time, everybody always, you know, att- like attests that Jeff Johns made him not a joke. I'm like, no, for Aquaman fans, he's never been a joke. His history has been a little bit wonky, but the idea is people took notice because it was the new 52. And hey, Jeff Johns, I like yeah, him. Let's I think go read that Aquaman. That was a little bit over but the top praise. We're getting a little you. bit weird now in Infinite Frontier where we want to knock him down a little bit because even in the Wonder Woman book and now in this book, we just keep talking about how Arthur's stinky. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hey, let's stop kicking Aquaman while he's down a little bit, huh? He's like a tide pool. He is. Uh, but even then, it's like, hey there, you know, die job. Like, I understand. Everybody's got noses, and they might be offended by certain smells, but come on. He's a hero. Leave also, Aquaman remember, alone. though, uh, Wonder Woman also said he was a hell of a looker, though, too. But these people, oh they're God, just going with That's the, because she has eyes. That's right. Well, these people, they don't, I guess. But they're being very nice, and they're they're set. But nothing's going on again Look, what he is what's so much of a looker him? that this this family that well the thing is wonky he doesn't have he can't sense the ocean i think it's a little well, bit more than just being but, in ohio but that's honestly the problem is you have to spend you can't just say i can't sense the ocean where's your oh we're in ohio and then make it as if that's the thing he never yeah. comes back and he well i never have a but problem Aquaman or, is so much of a looker that this family that just took him in this weird stranger from another world they lend him a fucking tank that they have now also just the last thing with looker. this Aquaman. At the one point when he's about to say His, The wife's tank, yes, obviously the wife's tank. Uh, He ends up, that in this world Is like the minivan, I, I get When he's sitting there, and I love how he like Turns away from them as he's Waxing poetic, and he's gonna say Can you tell me, point me to the nearest Natural body of water 
right? Because he's just going to go find it, whatever. Now, with that, again, is it that he doesn't sense that? Or my idea is there isn't. This is a a post-apocalyptic deal on this planet. There isn't a natural body of water anywhere near. So it's it's ambiguous. You don't really see. And what does that really mean anyway, that he can't sense the water? But he ends up getting – there's an explosion. And they yell, Zimbardo is here or Brutus. But none of that is true because there's some people here. Who did this? What exploded? He ends up, Aquaman looks like he's dead. He ends up right in the explosion. Again. And they yell out, Zimbardo is here or Brutus. What was it? What? Because Brutus, it might have been Zimbardo, but why would that Eventually, we make our way back to the fight with Brutus in the Justice League where Aquaman just shows up in a tank. What happened? It's all said and done. What (laughs) What a weird transition. Who goes to dynamite? I I don't know that transition. Zimbardo shows up in the end talking about anybody who comes or goes. It's all about (laughs) who I decide. Was it in there and he let the tank go? That's the thing. he, He blew up this family's freaking side of their home with Aquaman inside, and he said to them, you can go. And then walks away because he is the guy who decides who comes and goes. Well, he did say that. That's what he's doing. He basically <laughs> becomes a glorified crossing guard here. You can he's go. The, you he's can't. The troll to- uh, he's the toll yeah, troll. I just don't understand this. It explodes. Zimbato's here or Brutus. It's not. It can't be either. I don't know. I, I just don't get it. And then Brutus is just yelling. And again, I said at this one point. Just go to Earth now. Get out of here. He keeps saying, I'm going to defeat you now. It's it's cool yeah, that please. he's going to defeat them while they're you know weak and things like that. But some well, of them are. The thing is, all we have to do, the only reason that we're here is that weird connection that the, we had Brutus who kept coming over here with different portals, but we have to go back to the origin place of the portals and shut the portals down from that end. Yeah, That's yeah, all we need to yeah. do. It's, it's uh, you know shades of Batman and Wonder Woman. In the timeless time where they're, they're well, fighting Well, not only that, but even stuff. what we just had in that Superman, like when Philip Kennedy Johnson took over and Superboy had to go inside the portal to close it and quickly rush out. Yeah, same thing. So, And really, all this – it's such a weird concept that I think that what he did was like, okay, everybody's going to expect me to have them go there, meet Zimbada, and then they're going to fight. But no, I'm going to set it up beforehand. The reason they have to go is because of Brutus. And, then, and they're like, really, we've done nothing. We've really done nothing in this book at all here. And you don't even get, like, as much of the bromance. You, you do get a little with the Black Adam and Superman that we like there when they're like, you got to get up, Superman. I'm like, you're going to say that later, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But even with that, like, what are you getting in this? Because then at the end, Shazam. the big shocker, and it ends up being in the solicit for this. It's like, and Naomi fans are going to drop their jaw at the end. It's like, Zimbardo shows up oh and you're like, God, really? Zimbardo. I can't believe it. I mean, really? The dance of, fear of death. <laughs> get this. At, at one point, you know, everybody, did you drop your jaw over at Marvel when the freaking Null finally arrived? No, this is, we're waiting for this. And it's almost like it's already too late. And I don't, I get the idea it's going to go whoop, 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 and go through some portal and leave anyway. That we're just going to go and that will set up season two in 2028. That's what I'm guessing, Eric, because I, I just, you're just going around. You're not explaining anything. These powers wonky. Barry comes in, Apollo kicks ass. Boom. And then you end up at one point where Naomi and Black Adam go flying away and they see where she grew up. You know, that that's my home. I don't know why she really knows that. I thought she was a I little older. 
are a little too young to remember. Box that looked like it had the white lantern like symbol on it that gave her her powers. How it gave her her powers, I don't understand any of it. There's this like destroyed city below her, and that's where I. I That's that's what most of the landscape looks like. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think she's just saying, you know, the planet is somewhere. That's where I was born. Like, I don't think she has her address. Well, she seems to know. And, and Black Adam's like, yeah, I think they did. Well, she was kindness. giving those mind movies, too, when she had that box that was but gave again, her again, this looks well. like this would have been like if I grew up in, you know, Hatboro, me and you, and then I come back years later after an apocalypse, I'm not going to know. Then, then again, that's what it looked like then. Eric. I was going to say what he pretty, said. Pretty much of a shithole then. But you go down it back just to downtown seems, Hatboro. It just seems like a weird forced moment to just have. But it doesn't do like that's not information. About Naomi, her saying, I grew, I was born there. And then Black Adam's like, that shithole? Like, really? They did you a favor. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to talk to you. I'm Zimbardo. I decide who comes and goes. I'm like, okay. And then I love it, too. It's like, here, here's my version. I'm going to do voice acting here because I think I have a career in it. I am Zimbardo. I decide who comes and goes. Oh, hey, Naomi, you brought friends. It's so ridiculous at the end. I'm like, well, what happened there? He got all weird at the end. I think it. that was just for people who didn't read Naomi to I, but, let you know at the end that they have make, a connection. Like, doesn't it make them less? <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Look at this badass dude. Oh, hey, Naomi, what's up? You brought some friends. Cool. I'm going to have a picnic. But yeah, to be continued, Eric. And you, just, you didn't get anything. I you, guess. You just didn't get it. Because I don't feel like it did much from last issue. Was that really a continuation? I guess it's a continuation of nothing. And I mean, even just the thing, Batman's big thing in this is just to say, leave Superman bounce off the ground. The fight's in front of us. Then he turns around a bit behind uh, like nothing, nothing at all. But tactician. <laughs> there he is. Master strategist Batman. You did it, Bendis. Uh, but we go to the next deal, and it is the trouble with books. I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of trouble with books, Eric. Mainly reading. No, no, just them. reading. Well, that's my biggest trouble. I, Don't blame books. Well, you have this, and you have Merlin, and it's cool. It is cool. Well, I, this whole idea is because we are, our heroes, our JLD heroes, are still left in the, the library of Babel, while Merlin is continuing on with his mission, unbeknownst to them, because he's already achieved, you know, his book of spells and the book of immortality and stuff like that, and he's already off to find the ancient land of Atlantis that has been forgotten and stuff like that. That was like you know offshoot of the original Atlantis, not the one that you're normally dealing with, where all this other magic lies. Yeah, yeah, and so he's trying to find it. We see that what he's kind of up to, but then it's really confirmed by the end. Uh, but basically they're defending the library. We ended up seeing all those demons and trolls and stuff like that. They're fighting them back, but we do get literary monsters. Yeah. We do get some, uh, not literally monsters, right? Literary, literary monsters. Yes. And, uh, with that, you end up in, I don't know. Again, this feels like yet another thing this week that is a forced deal to show us some, and it makes sense in this, but. When you end up having Ringman pull out a book and it says Just Leak Dark 2021 Arthur Notes Ram V and he opens up right to a thing that says Zatanna yeah. has the upside down man's power and she doesn't want to use it. It's a little in your face and I it's think like it's like Grant I, Morrison I want... stuff but it just it feels and even forced. that with Neil Gaiman in the library and Sandman and stuff like that with Dream but like the whole thing is when you have the Just Leak Dark 2021 I want this book to be here. I don't want it to be like a little wink wink you know breaking the wall meta kind of deal like this with Ram V on the thing. I want it to be a book that is going on with actually everything that's going on in the world right now where, you know, Ragman Rory pulls it off and knows what's going on because this book is writing the lives of everybody involved with different stories. Over and the as world it's, and it's even like writing that. it as he's looking at it exactly. and stuff like that. And I want that to be a thing, but just not so much in your face with the wink, wink, meta nudge, nudge. Right to it. Now, if you're going to play this game, 
I thought it would be funny to end up having some other books being shown here. Like we even see like some weird deal. Like I, I can't even come up with one. Like Batman by like some other writer that were, oh my God, do they know the future? Like some fun with it. But this is, he just opens. Now, before this, you did have Jason Blood talking to Constantine and ends up yeah. saying, hey, you talk to that Satana, you ask her. Why she isn't using her power so much is very Which odd. has been a big concern for us because ever since they did finish up the Upside Down Man, she has not wanted to do it. It's almost very similar to how the JLD book started originally when it still had its own series where she didn't want to use her magic because it always went wrong whenever she did. So we're still back with that. But you know how bad my heart sunk, though? Because I enjoy this and I like the idea of the Merlin and where we went even yeah, in the I future like state, even yeah. though it's a bleak-ass future. But like when I saw – the upside down man is inside, like a part of him is still yeah. inside her. And every time she uses her magic and powers, I'm like, get the fuck out of here with your upside down man shit. In my mind, and you said, here's the thing. It's a weird thing to say, but uh, I love you, Eric. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, that is weird. It right? is very odd. Uh, but no, when you ended up, you said that Satana hasn't been using her powers as much since then. But when Jason Blood spells it out there and says it to Constantine, it's almost like shade. Like, almost like, yeah, you think things are going wrong. Talk to your girlfriend. For some reason, that upped the ante so much for me. Like, oh, my God. Like, Jason Blood knows what's going on, and this is going to be. And then two pages later, you get it in the book. And I'm like, oh, it, it took all the wind out of my sails with that because, yeah, I don't want to hear upside weird, down, man. The but thing it, is, I like the idea that people in the group know, and they haven't confronted Zatano about it. But, like, we're c- creating a little bit of distrust within the group. Yeah, Roy Reagan knowing about it with the Ragman. It's not he's like he's an official member of the team right now. He's, like, the newest member. I don't know if he's sticking around or not. But him learning about it just so we can learn about it, I'm like, I would have liked a little better progression. And you know what? My progression, I want it because even when Jason Blood's going like that, with like the way it's, it's done, though, for yeah. someone like I like I the idea of forced. this this timeless idea. Not even timeless. I'm trying to think of how it is like the omniscient book that's writing everybody's lives and every scenario going on right now, and he happens just to pick up one. He's but a he part of you know. It he looks up it right out. to that. And yeah, yeah. I just like the idea and the little. I'm turning to the last page I like of my little, book. It doesn't look like the last page. There's an entry after it, so it's not even no, the, last the last deal. The thing is, he's in, in my mind, middle. It's the last page of what's going on okay, right now. Well, he there is something with a 27th entry, I, but again, this is just the notes of Ram V. So. I want to see something a written a little eloquent stuff. about my life because it's not going to be me. Well, if, if Ram V's writing it, he's going to get a little verbose. I'll tell you that. If you're in the Swamp Thing book, boy. Uh, but no, what I liked about it was when Jason Blood said that, and then you end up having Constantine say, you know what? I don't really like you. I, I kind of like the demon. I thought that that was going to be the cool deal, that Etrigan might be the one that would reveal what was going on and maybe help out. And, and Well, that end is such a so. cool idea to me, too, because Etrigan is always the wild card in these situations. And now that and now that Jason Blood has been resurrected by the, like, what is it, like the weapon of hell, no, or the gift from hell and the weapon of heaven and stuff like that to fight against Merlin, like he's been resurrected by both these these gigantic powerhouses of, you know, like uh, of uh, theology and stuff like that. He's been brought back. And now he's the wild card. He's the one that's kind of prickly all over that nobody can get along with because he, he's almost been elevated not only in like, you know, his stature of what he does in the story, but his ego has as well, it seems like. Yeah, it's true. And I, I, I just I like the idea. And I think Constantine is kind of saying like, you know, yeah, Etrigan's the wild card, but he knows that wild card. And this, you know, coming back from the dead the and you stuff. Know, you yeah, know? and the idea that Jason Blood with this and upping the ante for him himself with this, like, he doesn't quite trust it. And I do, I do like that. Now, I would also say that it would not shock me at all. And I don't think it'll shock anybody when I say this, but when that Swamp Thing's done, I could see that Ram V 
could even have like a Constantine book. I can see him doing that. That would be right as Sally. There I go. Here. Uh, but yeah, because I think that he, d- what little we get here, <laughs> I did like uh, but yeah, so you just kind of like, again, this week had so many forced things of, well, we're not going to go through story progression. We're just going to throw it at you. Yeah, you do it a meta way and it's a cool thing. And they're there. It makes sense in the story that he gets this. But it did make me get a little sad about the upside down, man. Oh, my God. But then they realize and Bobo does a little detecting. Everybody gets their part here, which is cool. Even Rory even explains stuff about the, you know. The souls and stuff But Bobo realized at one point You write something in the books And it makes a separate book It actually makes another entity It's almost like a multiverse of that book deal So let's end up using a spell And Zatanna is upset Like I don't really want to do this But she ends up putting a page Every page of every book gets another word Which screws everything Because they do need Oh they need the librarian's yeah, they, attention they need here the librarian to around until we ruined every book you have now. Has that gotten your attention? Like, you sons of bitches, get And just, like, as he materializes and has all those, you know, kind of the paper pieces of himself yeah, behind it. Yeah, like paper cutouts. Yeah, of, yeah, of it's one of those things that when I get those, I make them into the accordions and I start singing. But, yeah, I think that everything in this is really cool. I, I really do really like it. I really do like done it. Well in this the whole only idea thing that like I don't like is showing... that forced way of getting that info of Satana. But besides that, yeah, Again, I like I it. like that. But the thing is, it just seems like a like it's weird. I, I think it is a little bit forced, but I also like the idea that it's Rory Regan and he's not like it, it doesn't really matter to him because he wasn't a part it, of that it whole It doesn't ordeal. matter to him. But the thing that I don't like is that I mean, at one point, you could even have him just read everything now. I mean, he's there. He ends up doing that and then kind of closes it, but whatnot. Uh, but it's just too much to rely on that to get you what is happening. Something that has been set up down, for <laughs> a while now. And then all of a sudden you just see it in the book was kind of an odd way to just put it right there. But again, like I said, as we go forward, we know what's going on. How do you I'll forget stop about that dude it. In his sweatpants. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, really. I thought he was done, but those sweatpants. Upsetting. I'm just thinking, like, where we are right now, because we have a Swamp Thing, you know, mini series right now that it has introduced a new Swamp Thing. Because currently, Alec Holland, our, you know, former Swamp Thing, he's in what were like the Upside Down, the world from the Upside Down Man, where he's made it into a new mirror for all the magical stuff of that. So he has to remain there to maintain the green of that world. And so that's why we have this going on. If we're going to have Satana do magic to the point where the Upside Down Man can be reborn and maybe then reclaim the upside down is that how we finally get back to swamp thing because if that's the case we're just undoing everything that we did in the jld book the weird thing is is later in this section we'll do the swamp thing book and when alec holland disappears he almost like he's just a memory memory. i just i wanted it to be the essence of him and say that i'm ghosts of our mind aren't they eric what are you semi-sonic again i mean seriously isn't that what that song was uh but yeah so they end up Finding out exactly what Merlin was up to, and and I'll give Ramvi a lot I, of credit. I actually here. get excited about this because the idea that we're going to like the the first bastion of magic on the world, the ancient Atlantis stuff like that. I'm like, I hope we get Arion show up, the sorcerer of this ancient Atlantis stuff. Like, who's yeah, that? Like, we should. In the uh, we have to like get that. Arion. We have to. I mean, that that's set up to do that. And and when you do this, I'll give Ramvi credit. It's, it's a weird credit. But a lot of times he does end up, you know, a little ambiguous. We're going to be mysterious. No, no, no. Bobo says he's going to Atlantis, but of a bygone magical era. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for just telling me because we're going to, because if you end up seeing this and not like, I don't know. Even if Bobo's like, it seems like Atlantis, then everybody's confused and it spells it completely out. 
And I love that. And when you end up seeing Merlin there with that book and he's looking in and then he says, you know, let it's us so see weird, if we can it? wake you once again. That's awesome. And when you say the idea like, ah, Atlantis, dear Atlantis, the first bastion of magic on Earth, asleep now in lost splendor while your remnants linger on. Let us see if we can wake you up once again. And all I can think about is that while Atlantis is like this hub of magic for the world that's been asleep this entire time. And you do wake it up. You might, you know, solve the magic problems that we have with what whatever the JLD did before with recreating magic and rewriting the rules and stuff like that. When you wake this up, though, all I can think about is you know, the shining with the Stanley hotel where that was woken up and it was just this evil presence of like this supernatural entity and stuff like that like maybe we don't want to wake everything up or like maybe we just keep things the way it is you wake it up supergirls in there so you don't know what the hell's going on eric right all that and uh yeah you end up seeing uh you know a statue in the background i'll tell you later but you end up with all this stuff going on it's pretty cool all the stuff going down and all that so yeah overall i think that this is way better than the you know, first. Oh well, yeah, you're part. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's it's. I cool. know what's going on with Zatanna. I know what's going on with Merlin. I can't say what I know what's going on. And you know, the Justice League. Besides for that, they went here because they have to close a portal, but they're not dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. So with all of that, what do you give this as a full package, Eric? As a full package, I gave it a six point five out of ten. That JLD backup really elevating the book overall in my mind because I did while I did love the art of both stories in this. That Justice League story is just lacking all around, and I hate the way that Bendis you know does these characters because i can't say he knows them and it really comes across to me on the page yeah i'm i'm with you 6.5 that is a pretty good score there but eric what is next next up we have green lantern number three written by jeffrey thorne with art by tom ronnie marco santucci michael atea and rob lee the Green Lantern power battery is gone, and with it, the energy that our heroes need to wield their rings. For this issue, we focus on Jon Stewart's recovery after Lights Out, where we see that he was saved by a family and eventually does what he can do to help out, even if that means being a makeshift Green Lantern without powers, while Joe Mullen takes the lead on Oa and proclaims that all Lost Lanterns will be found, even if the United Federation of Planets bitches about the overtime involved. Ah, uh, yes. And, yeah, we end up where you have... You know, there's no backup here. It is a, and there is extended like separated, issue. and it's an extended issue, which now we see kind of why you're going to do these two separate deals going. And I like that. I don't mind so it do at I. all. And, uh, yeah, John going into this dark sector and things like that, it's interesting enough. Uh, but well, it's, I'm it's weird because it brings up a lot of things because John was saved during Lights Out. We find out by this family that went and did all this stuff and like they like, you know, then <laughs> weird part about it, this family that's saying they are this alien race that are essentially the beings from Avatar where they plug their ponytails into your mind and they can be like, you know, that's all it reminded me of. But they're pretty much in John's mind, you know, seeing if he's a decent guy or not, where he came from and stuff like that. Through a dream state, they're Freddy Kruegering his ass a little bit here, and like you know, showing themselves through memories of people that he once knew, like sort of like uh, like uh, different things, like uh, Kat Matui. I couldn't think of her name, but um, this whole thing is I'm so worried because John was a thousand was he was the thousand and first member of this expedition. I'm like, who the hell is saving a thousand other lanterns in deep space here? He was lucky he had Mushroom Man with him who ended up putting like a mushroom cocoon around him. And that's how he seemed to have been saved. But one of the things that makes me laugh in this is they're building, you know, the lighthouse, you know, we're not going to have a sector house like we usually did. And, and really the idea that they're like, well, why don't we make it a construct thing? And he's like, no, no, no. I think we'll use regular materials. They're like, good, yeah, good. <laughs> that that's kind of a first way to make sure that it stays, but that's fine. Well, that's the that thing idea. is they talk about the idea of using constructs. Whenever they do this, it never really feels right because, 
like what sector houses do we have with the Green Lantern lights? Even when you do that, it never made sense because even when Kyle Rayner was the one and only like um, Green Lantern before and the core was still gone after Parallax destroyed it and stuff like that back in the 90s and early 2000s, there was a thing that he had where he always, you always had to maintain your constructs and your willpower on them because it was one of those side stories, which whether you like it or not, it was one of the things that I found interesting at the time, but the character of Oblivion who became a sentient construct because he was just kind of left out and Kyle never like got rid of it, something, and it became its own physical being and stuff like that. It was a cool little idea, but when you have these sector houses, like you always have to maintain your willpower on whatever you're doing. So it's like, you know, even the sector house that Jessica Cruz is on right now, it's it's a physical material sector house it's and just, stuff like that. It's, it's a not weird thing a to have a sector house that then it kind of takes away part of what you're doing. You know what I mean? You have to concentrate yeah. on it. But what what I laugh at the most is they're making this lighthouse and they're trying to figure out who's involved with this expedition and whatnot. You're seeing this through dreamlike state memories that are being looked yeah. at by these aliens that ended up saving him. And the big thing is like, okay, Salak, you go on that lighthouse, you hang there. And then later it's like, do you think that's good to put Salak there with Nort? And John's like, yeah. oh man, you know, Salak needs to stretch his legs. No, no, you're you're putting him in his normal role. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're just, I'm he's he needs just to stretch there. his legs in exactly and what exactly he knows best. Exactly the same thing that he always does. I mean, he is on monitor duty. That's what he's doing. Uh, so don't even and, pretend and the thing that. Is, I'm okay with it because well, it is Salak, and that's all. I don't think Salak wants to stretch his legs. No, I don't, but it's funny to bring that up. Oh, do you think that's a good thing? And and it's more of Norton and don't get along, whatnot. But yeah, and exactly. Up- and it really it, it keeps one like the two of the like the you know the higher know like the the lanterns you know at least a little bit more about and it keeps them away from you know lights out a little bit to this whole thing so it's like we sit we just saved nor and we saved salak and we know in the whole thing we're going to kill them off in jeffrey thorne's future state green lantern book so you have to have them here to stay alive to die later on it just made me laugh that john thinks that this is something different and he's always done he's trying to it's so funny in the timeline because jeffrey thorne like uh, talks to people who comment on the books uh, he's putting out and the idea that People are pissed off about this because, hey, he's like, hey, lights out in the future states, you know, way far in the future. So you have a lot of time there. It essentially does seem like we are at lights out right now to lead to the whole thing. So it's like, you know, 30 years or whatever of lights out or of Well, the years, annual coming up, remember. we're having, you know, Jessica Cruz in that yeah. sector house. So with, and with her yellow lantern and stuff like that, which is really cool. Her being part of the Sinestro Corps. I love that backup. But the idea now that. We have all this time to get there, so don't worry about it. But like, we already seem like we're there. We're just going to be spending time without powers. But I just like to imagine that we have Salak and Nort as the odd couple of this sector house by themselves. They have to save everyone. No, no. For what we saw with Nort, though, in the Future State book, I swear he's just sitting in there like he's in prison doing push-ups because he was a jacked-up monster in that Future State book. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) He gets so mad at Salak. He's just pumping iron. I just imagine it's like the beginning of Cape Fear with, you know, the freaking doing pull-ups all the time right in there like it's a prison. Yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome. Uh, The thing that bothers me with this, and I do like this issue, the thing that bothers me with the Jon Stewart part is, You end up, and maybe something will come about because of it or whatnot, but uh, I'm just saying that these aliens, they seem like nice people, nice aliens, right? They they don't seem like a threat, but you're led to believe that in the progression of this, you know, probing the mind and almost screwing with John to try to get the info out of him as he ends up seeing Cat, like you said, and things like that, and being in class. Like, it seems a little more nefarious to what we end up seeing and getting by the end. And it, it is a nice thing to kind of see 
you know, a little bit of a well, quick it, it seems recap very malicious and stuff, but and that's like, what I'm um, saying. Like, seems the like they're screwing but, with But him. by the end, it was just, you know, it's it's a mother and a daughter who are pretty much just making sure this guy that's is going to fucking saying, kill them. That's what I'm saying, though, but why so you have do this it whole, that And way? it's also, and I'll tell you, it's a great way to find out if this guy's a threat or not in my mind while it comes off like, oh my God, is he like, you know, being held against his will by aliens that are fucking with his mind? I'm like, no, no, he's just, they're just trying to, you know, check out the make sure. And it's also could be this, a whole alien custom that's is fine with that. Well, I, I just, the idea that they seemingly, and, and in there you have the mother who's doing like the narration through this. That's the omnipotent, you know, out of the deal. Like, yeah. oh, that's why you had this and that's why you had that. But at points when you end up really screwing with him. And yeah. I don't know what the end game of that would have been. I mean, they're there. I, I just think like a, the earth, the earth equivalent of this is you save some guy, you lock him in a cell or a pantry with a shotgun outside of it. And you ask him questions for a month. Yeah. But this seems more like this would be then with that. I'd also get somebody who's a doppelganger of his ex-wife who's dead and come in and start acting all sexy. I mean, it you gets, say it goes, ex-wife if your wife is dead. Well, it is. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I'm just wondering. I guess you know, ex. You know, he's a widower. Well, I was just but curious. Still, that, that's this more book. than just, just me wondering feel. what's going on. And, and really, if that's the case, I'm still not a great person by keeping a guy in a cage for a month and asking him questions with a shotgun. Either I get the hell rid of him or whatnot. But it just seemed like you were supposed to think that this was a little more over the top nefarious than what it was and a mother is, and I a like, daughter i like that because the idea is like you have all these things like oh my god what's john got himself into it's a mind parasite all these different things oh it's a mother and a daughter yeah, but that's okay. why i didn't like it i thought it was a dupe and took a little too long and was a little over the top especially like i said what would happen if he starts making sweet love to, to cat what what are they getting out of that what, what are they trying to find I know out, what I'm getting out i mean of that. what are you trying to find out by getting a guy's dead wife to come and start cuddling with him on a staycation i don't know what info you're trying to get and well, at that he point, sees you were like it. you know have him drop his guard and start asking him questions but about they're things. not really asking it's, you already asked him quite and it seemed like what they really wanted was to just see his actual you know history and his memories which they seem to be able to do anyway it, it just seemed weird to try to push you the idea oh my god what has he gotten into what is, oh it's just a mom and a daughter i'm like okay that that was a little odd setup but then you just have the deal where, and it's very much like the Guy Gardner backup in Future it, it State, really is. where you start going through the days. Except for Guy Gardner allowed himself to become a god of that well, world. Well, I mean, you know, come <laughs> see, come saw, Eric. Uh, but yeah, he ends up, and you kind of can sit there and say, okay, this is cool. Like, you end up having John, but he has this tech. This world has tech, but they can't. Like, everything ends up being retroactively explained. Like, well, you can get off planet. Because you saved me. No, no, no. Those were drones. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. stuck on this planet. You don't have anything. But no, no, no. We have this tech. And he's going around on discs, flying around. It's cool. Well, like, he's a lot like Scott Free, like Mr. He is. Miracle. It looks and, like, just even like Shiloh that. Norman with those energy discs. Yeah, he so he's able up. to do some stuff, which is cool. I, I actually, thank God, if he's just walking around, you know, hoping well, even it at the what. end with like, he's pretty much a handyman. He's helping out for room and board for this house. And like, even when like, you know, the, the Quinora, the Quinori show up and they start, you know, muscling everybody around. He's so like, you could see that in the background on top of helping this mother and daughter out doing odd jobs and just working on this tech and becoming acclimated with this world that he's now, you know, a part of when he gets out to this whole thing in secret, he's been working on a freaking jacket with a green lantern symbol. He has make, made himself a makeshift green lantern 
with no power. So he's got like, you know, a laser gun strapped to him. He's got his energy disc he's flying around on a, and essentially a Guy Gardner-esque jacket with a Green Lantern symbol on it to go out there and try to go to the Quinari to like, you know, shoo them off and hoping that they see the symbol and don't know what's going on to the point where he can just, you know, force them off by this. Like, I'm a Green Lantern and hoping not to have to, you know, them being having the balls to fight back. Yeah. I even get that that girl ended up helping him with that suit and everything oh, like I that. Imagine she's so been as helping well. him. She ends yeah. up like either it looks like she's made him so, or made herself that because he ends up coming in and she's like holding it with like her when the mom. I don't know. Yeah. I, and then she's also the one that's going in and out of his workshop and stuff. And you even see that he's working on you know a bunch of other things, yeah. a, a relay stuff like that, which is cool. But I, I do. I want more of Just this girl. Into the past, John. I want more of this girl, though, because I think she could get I gem love- status. Uh, but you don't get enough here, and she's just, you know, she talks real fast. That's what you get. But yeah. I need where he's she's, in trouble. She's an energetic little girl. I think she's going to show up here and save him for a bit here because that's like she's well, going to she be a junior green John lantern was hoping he could do this without any like struggle because you show up with the green lantern so when most people are going to back off the quinari they they uh they sh- they shocked his ass out of the sky right there so i mean i think that this shows that the idea like might be that things have gotten around that these rings aren't meaning much anymore they don't because they don't he thinks that they're just going to run they're going to see him yeah, oh shit i'm going to run and he's talking like he's almost like it's like Princess Bride. You're laying in the bed. You can't move, but you're going to talk some shit like you can. Oh, yeah. And they're going to run, and they don't run. They called his bluff. They, they did. <laughs> I mean, in a big time. And then, yeah, the, you know, the, the leader there, you know, go and get me that ring. it's funny, too, because by this whole thing, I was upset because I wanted to know more about the entire, like, you know, what's going on with everything in the Green Lantern Corps after the lights out, the battery, battery exploding, stuff like that. And I thought at first when this was going on, like, oh, we're dealing a little too much with John and his weird alien planet, like, freaking, you know, uh, his castaway almost handyman story and then when we go to the joe mullen and she's taking making herself you know the leader of the green lantern corps to try to find out yeah, what's going on this whole to, thing exactly and left. working with the united federation of planets which is a cool twist on this whole thing to figure out what happened here we need to get like you know find out this we need to find where all of these other lanterns are if they're still alive all of these things are like you know placed on her like you know lap at this point and it's a really good moment but by the end like i had so many questions like are all the guardians dead Are all these different things? And like, you're not dealing with any of this whole thing. And now like, you know, even Simon with his like, you know, robotic arm kind of healing up his arm from how bad it was burnt during the you explosion. Mean Simborg, and stuff like Simborg is what I call Simborg? it. Simborg right. is what I'm calling it. I can go with Simborg. That's fun. But even the idea that it can change into a gun being what, like, you know, what he had before. Cause he, honestly, the way this works, it's almost like Guy Gardner back in the nineties when he had the Valgarian, uh, Vulgar- uh, I can't think of what it is. Valgarian DNA where he was a shapeshifter and could make weapons out of his freaking like like body parts almost like random in the x-men back in the same time frame but this whole thing like okay made simon really cool even without a ring where he can actually you know form a gun out of this robotic arm you're giving him something you're elevating simon because he hasn't had shit to do in years and i like what we're doing here and this teen lantern joe mullen the far sector green lantern who's different than any other green lantern and Simon Baz, or Cyborg, as you want to call him, the Cyborg. Cyborg. Like, this is a cool set of it heroes cool that I setup. want to see work together. And I like it. I, I got done with it, though. I'm like, shit, I want to go back and see what's going on with John Stewart. Because well, I think I ended up liking that a little bit more than this because I had so many more questions from just what we're dealing with on Oa. I know. Uh, but the thing that makes me laugh is we keep saying, and if people d- didn't read this, the last Army story, uh, the idea 
The Edge of Oblivion? Yeah, and then Edge of Oblivion, which was Tom Taylor. People forget sure this where they go, that guy has not had None any misses. None of made any sense. That was a miss. Uh, yeah, but he, not as much of a miss as it, Lost Dummy, Well, it was, was a foundation of sand there because what we had. But when you ended up having all of the Green Lanterns. Just when you start a Lanterns. continuation of a story and don't follow up on any of where that story left off, you have a problem from the well, get-go. yeah, there was a lot of problems. But basically, it's the same thing that just happened to Jon Stewart. They ended up blinking out. There was no green. But you had that anomaly of a Hal Jordan who wasn't using it. He was pure. Cronus gauntlet. Yeah. And he had the gauntlet as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. So he had all this he going on. He was a renegade Hal Jordan. So he was Cronus renegade. Gauntlet. So you had that like little asterisk of how you can keep going in the regular. And it was only how this reminds me of like Joe Mullen. And Kelly now, where you well, end up having them all disappear, the that, whole thing blink, and now they are able to go with this. No, because. that's the thing is, I like them. The Joe Mullen thing, I haven't read the final issue. I think the final issue of Far Sector comes out next week, and I don't know if I'm caught up on it. But the idea is like, I don't understand her ring exactly, how it's separate from the like, you know, the emotional spectrum stuff like that, and how it works. And Kelly, I don't exactly know how the gauntlet's different and how it drives. But the they power. don't use they, the battery. That's all he's going it's, for. They've told us it's different. I know this is a fact. Simon, he's a cyborg now. It's cool. He doesn't have a ring. I can understand that. I can get behind that. Now, when we end this issue with Hal Jordan hearing the distress call from Joe Mullen and everything else and stuff like that and all the different lanterns, and he is using his his ring that's made of his own willpower, I don't understand how the fuck it works. Well, he's pure will. I've never understood that because even when he had Cronus Gauntlet on before, it was so much willpower that he was able to channel because he's the best at being a Green Lantern and hitting his willpower. The idea of overcoming fear and everything it is, he is the purest one there is for whatever reason. He started becoming pure will at that one point and then used that pure will to like, you know, make a new ring all his own because the old one was gone because he was using Cronus Gauntlet. But I don't understand how it powers itself. And then if, I, if I'm not wrong, it points destroyed war Or how world, it's connected. Right? Did all sort of crazy things. Not only how it powers itself, how it's connected to the rest of the core uh, or any of yeah, those other he things. Gets, so it he bothers gets the me. message from yeah. the deal. Uh, but her ring's different, too. So who knows? I know. Eric. But uh, at least I was told by a guardian that her ring was different. Maybe at some point. Eric will find out what did happen to Parallax when he ended up after Convergence flying up into space to try that to get be more. a loose thread that no one else is ever going to pick up. And when you say Parallax, just so everybody knows, at the end of the Telos series after Convergence, that weird you know story arc that we had for two months years ago that like halted all of our books, like a lot like Future, a lot like Future State did, but for whatever reason they needed to do this while they're moving the Burbank DC Comics during this whole storyline. We had the character of Parallax. It was Hal Jordan from the 90s, time displaced, uh, like out of uh, hyper time displaced. And Hal Jordan Parallax was a part of this main continuity and was flying around fighting and regular also, Hal even Jordan. And also, even at the one point, was involved in averting crisis. <laughs> Again, crazy. I'm not even going to go it with that because I don't even know, know how well, that works or anything. Uh, but, but yeah, he was flying he, around. He's out there. He's out and about, and we've never dealt with it. And I don't think anybody's ever going to pick up those loose threads and put Thorne it back will together. do this. Maybe that's another person who could come in. That'd be crazy. Jeffrey Thorne has a lot on his plate right yeah, now. I don't think you want to tackle that as he well. Does. But uh, yeah, with all this though, the one thing that kind of bothers, I, I guess, I don't know that, I know that Joe is sending out, you know, the signal, hey, everybody going on, but they do know or should know the dark sector, that that's, there's a lot of lanterns in trouble there that they're not even going to be able to reach and they just kind of brush that aside there and hopefully she'll start being concerned with that, try to get a hold of that lighthouse or whatnot. Um, but overall, Look, I don't even know if they know. They, I don't even know if anybody knows they built that did, sector house. It, they had to have done. I'm saying they had to think that they did something. But what and happened? They because did, they knew they went, all, but then they blinked it's out. It's all fueled through Green Lantern it, willpower construct you, energy. Well, it's lost. 
Lost Army. Eric, that's why John said to make it with regular material. From and again, there. I don't think it's as bad as the Lost Army because, yes, we're almost – no, this is Star Trek Voyager is what it is where they're in the Delta Quadrant because with oh. the Lost Army at the edge of the oblivion. Delta Quadrant, all, you say. All of our lanterns were trapped you. in the universe that existed before our own. So uh, whatever nonsense that is, that's way worse than, you know, in another galaxy. No, I like the Delta Burke Quadrant. It's my favorite. Eric. That's what I, did. I know you. that Stork's like, I think that the Delta Quadrant is <laughs> – you and him should go have a picnic. But uh, by the end, fuck, you like Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, have a Star Trek picnic. Uh, at least you get how. I mean, everybody was upset. Yeah. That you're not going to get any how. There is Hal standing there. Listening I mean, to remember, some shit. at some point, he's, he's going to get undressed in a non-sexy way by Joe Mullen and say that basically he's bullshit. But and still, the thing is, even with what we have here, none of this makes sense to anything that we saw in the backups of Kelly Quintella's, like you know, Green Lantern Future State stuff or Hal Jordan stuff, where you know he comes across Joe Mullen on an alien planet where he's trying to find all this. Kelly's on Mogo when Lights Out happens, Eric, and Joe that is finds years her from now. That's here. And the thing is, it wasn't because, as you saw, lights out happened with like, like when uh, Mogo was like traveling lights out, out, or is it just dim times? I I don't know. (laughs) Jeffrey Thorne seemed to say at one point, "Listen, I agree. All that stuff happens later. Precursor to what we're actually dealing with, but but it's not. No, and it just seems too much like what we got. That's that's the crazy parts. And then DC themselves, they're like, well, we got to get that Jessica Cruz annual and. Everything's kind of swirling around with that, but I do like it. And I don't understand the idea of lights out because we had a bomb go off in the central power battery and it exploded. And we should still have, and again, I say this, but like the entity itself, the ion entity of willpower, the last thing we saw of any of that, I believe that Kyle Rayner took those, like I think it was every entity except for Parallax and plunged them into the source wall and refueled the emotional spectrum reservoir so we didn't have the previous lights out because everything was like running out of energy and this is his way of refueling it and now that the source wall is gone I have no fucking idea what's going on with anything but anyway you should be able to with the power of the guardians or even a Hal Jordan who is who has pure willpower you should be able to take the willpower entity ion and use that to say look let's build a battery because we need to fuel up these things yeah yeah exactly that is exact just in the delta quadrant eric what did you give this then I ended up giving this a 7.5 out of 10. I had a lot of fun with this. The thing is, the parts that I thought I didn't like, by the end of the story, I thought I even liked even more than I thought I did originally. So there's a lot of strong stuff over here. I just feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions and stuff that I want to see dealt with. And we spent a little bit too much time with, like, you know, John on freaking, like, Little House on the Prairie on an alien planet kind of thing. It was fun, but, like, ultimately, for how much we're dealing with, it felt like an odd use of all that time. I agree, Eric. That is what the art. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I really like this book, and I think that that little thing you said, Eric, that's a hot take. I ended up wanting to give you props, because I agree. Wait, 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 what did I say? It was a hot take. Oh, it was a hot take. I thought I hit lame take. Uh, No, I like it. I actually, I'm going to give this a 7.5. I'm enjoying this book. I like you know, you end up where, oh, now we got the Green Lanterns for that. I said a lot this and all that. I don't know yes. what the hell part you're no, talking about. No, just that end. That little blurb at okay. the end. I liked it. I was too busy trying to find the hot take, though. I, you were uh, listening. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do like that, you know, John with the, you know, like you said, almost a Mr. Miracle-like thing with the tech and going and, and yeah, having the, Yeah, I think that that's fun. And it, it kind of makes me wonder, though, are we going to go see what happened to the rest of the Lanterns? I want to see that, all those thousand. Like you said, you have the thousand and first here. What happened to the others? 
And again, everybody's in space. I want to know how everybody survived this. Even Kyle Rayner, who's my favorite fucking one. He's like out there to like, you know, clinging for life somewhere. Hopefully, like I need to know more about this. Yeah, so do I. And it, like I said, it's it's a cool thing. You have this Joe again, Mullen it just book. happened. I, I want everything all at once. But no, I just want to know what happened. And hopefully we have some really good progression as we go. And you have Joe Mullen. I never would have thought that she'd ever get to a actual Green Lantern book. It was a young animal book for crying out loud. Uh, but it makes sense in the story. And Jeffrey Thorne's using that as well as Kelly. And then you get, you know, Seinborg, which I think is cool. We didn't even mention the idea. We thought he was dead. And then he, he's back. Uh, so I like so that Kelly, Kelly has that connection. Like, you know, I would have been that. sitting, I'm telling you, I'm sitting there at the end when like Kelly's holding him, like, bold move, Cotton. Yeah, Let's we'll see if really. it pays off for you at the end. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, and then seeing how at the end seems really, really cool. So we'll but see. But if what's you happening. were to kill off any of the many Earth Lanterns at this point in time, sadly, as much as I love Simon Bass, he would be the one to go. I thought you were going to say, God, Garner, I was going to kill you. I was going to get you, Eric. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more positive than you, 75. I'm going to, you know, look forward to this. And again, that's weird too because we, 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 we think we know what happened to Guy because of what the future state backups, but I don't know what's up with Guy right now. And I'd like to know what happened to him as well. Yeah, that's true. I just worry can go because fuck himself. you can't, yeah, <laughs> you can't <laughs> end cruiser. up, even in the, the mind movies, he's a jerk. He's a bully, Eric. Uh, at some point, he has to be driving like a pickup and run right into the freaking manure. Uh, you end up with all that, He's though, is I wonder, like, if we do end up, like, we want to see what happened to Guy. We want to see what happened. But there's not a lot of space. Like, you can't just go through there the land so of the There is so much story stuff, to yeah. go, but how long that's do you deal with that. this whole aspect without losing sight of what's going on overall? Yeah, that's that's my biggest fear. But for now, I'm enjoying it. I, I really am. And Me I'm too. actually shocked because that first issue, I did not Threw like. Off. And just to, if you haven't listened to us before or just started. Me and you were not into that future state Green Lantern not story at all. At all. So this I, I like is the Guy nice. Gardner backup of that, and I like the Jessica Cruz backup of that, and that was really the majority of anything I liked out of the future state Green Lantern books. She's going to marry that thing. I still yeah. do. Well, we'll see what happens at this annual, and then we'll see who you're talking about marrying. You ju- I want you to marry me, Eric. I want to be the belle you're of the ball. You're already married. I want to be the belle of the ball. Yeah, I don't care. I live in Utah. Swamp Thing is next, Eric. You like the Swamp Thing, Stussy? It's Swamp Thing number four. Is it me or that seems like this should be like issue number nine? It feels like it's really it's run. It's it's because it hasn't started course, yet. Right? Well, it hasn't. That's what I'm kind of saying. It just seems too long. Swamp Thing number four. Ram V writing it. Mike Perkins, Mike Spicer, and Adita Bidikar on art. Ram V continues the Swamp Thing story by saying you can never describe the green while trying to do so in a fancy pants way, Eric. It's nothing new to this book, so if you have liked it, you should still. But for me, the cliffhanger showing the Suicide Squad has me more excited than anything else I've seen in the series so far. And I think that that's pretty cool. Not after this issue of Suicide Squad. Well, no, I'm saying that he's going to be doing his own thing, so we'll see what's going on with that. But at least we might get some action. And comes in and kicks the shit out of the Suicide Squad. I just want some action. And even if it's the idea that maybe we'll get some answers through Amanda Waller and what's going on with this roundabout deal with these you know, experiments and stuff going Ooh, on. I'm telling you, I'm though, in. I will tell you about, like, I, I am making jokes about the Suicide Squad just because of, like, you know, Red X and bullshit I don't like this week. But the idea where we have, you know, Mr. Pilgrim, the head of, like, I mean, uh, the head of Prescott headquarters and stuff like that, who has this whole connection to Amanda Waller and Argus and Bell Rev and stuff like that, where he is looking into the Alec Holland phenomenon and stuff, where it, the idea that Amanda Waller would want something like a Swamp Thing on her team because she's so tired of losing. And you have these evil corporations working with the government and all this other stuff. You know, it's a conspiracy against Levi here. And I really dig this, especially at the end, because all the stuff with the green, 
it's a little it's getting too flowery eric if i it can is. use the it green deal too, right you know i dig it it's getting a little flowery for little me flowery. too because even when you have the Wodawos, the original avatar of the green, the shaggy man of medieval times that represented here, and you can't fight him unless you have an ivy to hold his legs, and then you spread your vines out and somehow do memory shit in the green because the green's all a memory. I'm like, getting a little long in the tooth here, green. Can we just do some stuff? That's the thing, and that's exactly my point. By the end, you almost get to the idea that, okay, Ram V is done trying to impress us to say that he is a – a person who should be on this book and you know alan moore out the wazoo we're getting it over and over and over then when you see the suicide squad to me i'm like now we're talking comic books right. like now we're gonna do something <laughs> and through this i hope that we end up getting information about levi as well because you know nothing gives more information than being thrown in a cell and being used and stuff like that with all of this other thing it's like it pretty much it's is the mind night. movies of walking around and trying to explain the green, but then saying you can't. And also, you end up giving, and I, I think the art's great, and I think that Mike Perkins is perfect for this book. Oh, I think really he good. does a great job on this, but it almost feels like there's these, like, I'm going to give you an assist here, Mike, because we're going to do some things that I do. It reminds me of how we had the formations of the family in the future state with Ram right. Like, he's going to step aside, and get fancy because you have to do that in this book. It's almost like you have to click that deal on the checklist before you can do anything else. And we've done this over well, and I, I over. I think I know exactly what you're doing because when the memory of Alec Holland is trying to explain the green is in danger, we have this contagion that has taken over like, you know, slowly throughout the green. And the green itself is just a memory. It is the memory of everything that's ever been. But this contagion that is now coming in like little like red Venus fly traps. It has come in and it is making the green forget certain things about what it knows, like the idea that man isn't all evil and stuff like that. That you know, like, uh, and so the green is eventually going to turn against man for whatever this contagion is. And as we have how, like, Alec Holland talk about all this, is like, here, you know, Levi, put your hands on the grass right here and tell me what you see about what I've been talking about. And then you go to the narration of Levi I, and his inner monologues always crack me up because always he's so poetic, so only poetic. to himself, like you're a psychopath. Yeah, but it's yeah. like this. With, and this is what I really think you mean about the idea where it feels like, you know, the physiology of yeah, creating yeah. the Swamp Thing exactly. family. Because even you have it in the art here, but with the, the flowery words. But with my hands upon the ground, I feel the answer flowing through me, through the blades of grass, hair roots, like synapses, passing information into my consciousness. Molecule thoughts, Jim, yes. set adrift into the mind, pollinating ideas, germinating concepts. The green is a living place of living information ever-changing and yet ever-persistent. And this is the idea, too. When you have the freaking callback to the first part of the story, which I still don't like, like the, the thing when it was first introduced, I like it, but where we at with a pale wanderer of the desert, and when an idea comes across another idea, it has to consume that idea. I'm like... I don't know what the fuck you you're talking about, what you're doing here. That he just had that story on the side because he is, like they say, the, the brilliant horror, right? Like that was just thrown in there. And and here's where I think that as you were – This is the lesson of the wandering me, What I think that my whole concept is, and I hope that this will explain it to everybody. You have, a, like you said, the idea – that the green is going to revolt against humanity because of this contagion, like all that stuff, you know, fine and dandy, but it's through this flowery deal. 
when you get the Suicide and Squad, that right? Seems that Levi's brother did, and even that it bothered me because Levi is realizing when he reaches out into the green and sees all of this stuff, and it like it harkens back to the first day that this started for him at his dying father's bedside when his brother's out there with blood rage, and his blood of his blood rage is more powerful than anything else out there, and he does something. It seems whatever this contagion is is actually his brother like throwing like the throwing his fists into the green that will affect his brother and he's so angry but like do me a favor levi when you're going to remember this shit and tell me about it please go into further detail because i still don't this know is the my problem and, and exactly you're you're going right into my deal here eric is what i ended up at the end of this right you have this stuff okay is is his brother like is his brother new rot? Honestly, that's what I like. Yeah, he's almost like a new rot slash floronic man. But that's I, I'm making but you up need my own more shit things, with it. Right? You need and your fa- so what you get with the Suicide Squad is you know what you get. You get a <laughs> physical squad. You. people, and that is a villain that I can understand, and I know what they're up to. I know what they <laughs> I do. That vampire bitch, not that's Turner. all I, I need. I know what they do. They're going to come and try mind. to grab them and get them on the team. This is all I need. I needed a villain in this that I could understand with my dumb mind, and then, and I think it plays out well. If you end up having that. You could still be fancy on the side, but you're going to grab me into it a little that, more. But Calabra's going to be over there cracking that, jokes. I need something that, that I can grip onto and say, I at least understand that. You can take your time with your ambiguous, flowery nonsense because I at least have a villain that I can see and know what they're going on and is a threat to Levi as well. It's not just something. So this is Amanda Waller and, this, and they've been working on this project. That opens that up a bit. That's what I needed in this book. I needed something that I could grip onto, not just each issue being the, you know, walking through the dream mindscape of the green. That's fancy. And it is. And a lot of people would like that. But you can't do 10 issues of that. You need something else. And that's what I think we get by the end. But other than that, you have, you know, Jason Woodrow walking around uh, with Jennifer, like, you know, he's bad. So you're you're wondering, okay, he's going to turn. What's going to happen? And then you just get these and again, memories though, with and that because we have this idea that the green itself is memory. Like even Alec Holland, our our like tour our tour guide throughout the green, he is a memory that fades away when we don't need him anymore. So it's the Floronic man is Ivy of the two different personalities of Ivy. Are they physical beings in this place? The Wotowos itself, we are able to tap into this, but it really doesn't seem like they're physical beings. Like you know, even though Jennifer Reese's. Because she isn't part of, like, she's a connection to the green through leaf. Like, that's interesting to me. But again, I need more info. The idea that Jason, memory or not, whatever, he ends up, he's kind of confused about this. He doesn't really understand why she has such a connection in here just because of Levi. And Levi himself in this issue, he pretty much hits the green now you know what he, he gets and it feels like out. he has become a proper swamp thing and even that feels off to me because when they leave the green he like he's he like you know he jessica sees or jennifer sees him gets scared and faints because he's a goddamn swamp thing and he picks her up and he physically manifests them back into the actual world and he is a human being again jennifer's human being and he could play it all off almost like marty mcfly and back to the future with jennifer on the porch like oh that was just a bad dream you had huh that's crazy stuff because and then he cleans the like the cat scan room and stuff like that to make sure all that flower bullshit that was everywhere before it's all gone but since he is all swamp thing up 100 percent pure swamp thing now it seems like by collecting all the memories he can 
he somehow left a piece of that looks like the contagion or flower There's left two behind things from the, that the made Prescott me company to find it. First off, you have Jennifer. I, I, I really thought I was like Adrian Barbeau. I was being <laughs> carried out of the swamp. And then when they go, oh, man. And I'm telling you, if, if somebody says, I really felt like I was Adrian Barbeau, my response is busty. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then they go, and I love this like progression. Oh, I, love I love the progression in the headquarters, the Prescott headquarters. After they leave, they clean up. And everybody's there. They have their hazmat suits and all that. And they're like, okay. Anybody find man, this place was scrub clean, except this huge ass spore thing that we just found. Like plant tentacle. At first I saw that because just seeing the, the page itself, yeah. I end up seeing that bottom left hand thing, thinking they're looking through a microscope and they found one cell. But then as I'm reading, I'm like, look at how big that thing is. How could they miss this? I mean, oh, they scrubbed it down. They got it all out. No, no, they didn't. This thing like, is humongous. You have a connection to everything of the green, every kind of plant. How did this, like, you not keep Maybe sight of this? Maybe what they're going to say, the contagion blocked it off. I, I don't know. It made them forget. But it is and humongous. It could. You could say that, and I'd go with it because it made them forget. We're We're jumping to conclusions a lot with this. And, again, this issue might be one of my favorite ones that we've had. I, I actually think that this is a little, even with the flowery deal, at least the flowery deals what it is. And I can go because the stuff, even the idea of who's the real monster in here, what is the deal with Jennifer there? And then seeing, you know, Levi a swamp thing and oh, passing not out. Not only and that, stuff like though, that. but the idea that when Levi cleans up and takes Jennifer home and like, you know, like, oh, what happened? Like, oh, you must have fainted or whatever kind of thing. When we have the Mr. Pilgrim and the Prescott company show up immediately after and like, you know, comb everything and take all the records because they're like, even though they tried to erase the tapes, there was redundancy. So they have all of the information that Jennifer gathered. It still seems like Jennifer's in on this whole thing the entire time with like, she is against but Levi you know and like allowing fact, this to happen. In my mind, she'll flip it. Like, this will be one of those, like, I, I, I did it because well, I was, she might flip I was scared. Out again. Then he's a well, fucking I'm monster. Saying it's I'm almost like, I think that she's just going to end up with the idea a of, no, she's got, I think she's that she will. Humanity I think that she's going to play it off as, listen, Levi, I wanted to help you. To show me how to be a human. I think that her whole deal is she wants to try to like, I thought it was something that you needed to be cured of. And now I love the monsters. I love to swamp things. Please. Uh, you look like the boss, man. Because their relationship is still so weird to me from everything that they've done so far. And Levi still hasn't gone home since he got back from India. I, I know. I think that the whole deal, though, is to show because she ends up like when she's laying on him, listening to his heartbeat, Eric, like that. I think that she realizes that she made the mistake. I think that you're going to have to have her say, listen, these people are after you because of me. Let's go. I'm on your side now. Let's go. Let's war games this bitch up and let's go. Right? War games. Eric. But yeah, by the end. You get some big information, and like I said, I need an enemy to grab onto, and the Suicide Squad, and Mr. Pilgrim. Mr. Pilgrim? Okay, same say, deal. He's a new Mr. Sun. I mean, but even then, yeah, Mr. Pilgrim, I'm just like, that's the smoking man. Eh, you know, that's the, the yeah, cancer yeah, man. Yeah, just, like, I don't mind him. He's in the background or whatnot, but I need something to really, and I, I think that Suicide Squad. Also, if Amanda Waller wants to start winning, she's got to get off the monitor all the deceased members of the suicide. There's no reason to keep track of who is deceased. You have unknown there. deceased. You have a and, lot of unknown, but you have to, just get rid of the deceased. You don't need well, to Well, please see just it. get rid of King Shark and, and freaking Deadshot here because it breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. It does, Eric. Is that Lobo there at one point or is that somebody else, the unknown? I can't actually. The it's thing kind is, of a weird deal. I, I can't tell who a lot I of these people are. I think it's Wolverine. 
and there's Blade, and I think that there is uh, Spider Woman there I'm as telling, well. I look at this one guy and the way the profile shot up, like it's Eric Draven from The Crow. <laughs> I don't know. It might be. That might be. Uh, you know, that actually looks like Dream. It's very odd. Uh, is that Rick Flag behind her too? Uh, over I her shoulder. So. That's an odd deal. But yeah, it is. It's odd. a different so we can we can go with that but yeah and again i don't know what the suicide squad's going to do because last we saw on this as we'll talk about next se- this next section rick flag escapes the end so maybe him and amanda become cool whenever the yeah, swamp maybe, things or them this tangle. is just a separate deal but it says again, part part of the game it's just a cliffhanger page to a swamp thing, part of Maxie. the game mr pilgrim they're they're uh they're always unusual and with that What's the joke? Because you know Calabra, she's already coming up with a one line on the back. She's smiling and smirking to herself. Like she's gonna that's what she said. That's all I can go with. Uh, but at the end, what would you give this? Ultimately I ended up giving this a uh a thing. I almost said it like I actually reviewed it and I thought I did for a second because it was a suicide squad at the end. But no, I it, I think I'm going to be hanging out a seven out of ten I'm because seven while out of I 10 still too. enjoy this, um, there's, there's the stuff in the green and the way that Ram V writes it. It just it doesn't feel like he's doing as much as he should for how much he keeps talking to himself in his weird flowery poetic verses. And I'm not understanding like, look, this is happening, but what about this? You don't need to know about that, even though I'm going to reference it here and last issue and every other issue. And this thing like, I understand that you want to have this big reveal at a certain point, but. It's becoming a little worrisome to me that you're not doing it right. And I just don't understand how Levi is, the relationships involved with Jennifer and him. There's certain things that I really love about this book and like concepts that he's putting out here, but you're not doing enough for me overall that make me think this is one of the greatest books I've ever written. Yeah, I'm a seven out of 10 as well. And uh, Gabe in his review, he even said, and I agree, but I keep saying it, like, I don't know enough about Levi himself. I'm not behind this character. If this is going to be our slump thing, you know, I, I would expect it by the end. It just ends up reverting or whatever is happening. This seems to be like an anomaly. And it's one of those well, again, from what needs we saw warriors with brother and, and just from what we're talking about in everything, you know, our own headcanon of what we got because we're not getting enough. It's like it almost seems like a weird blood ritual, black magic voodoo, whatever you want to call it. That has created this, this cursed his brother as this while making it like, you know, Levi, this, you know, this avatar of the green, almost like the earth's countermeasure to whatever his brother's doing while his brother has become this contagion or an essence part of something along those lines. And that would lines. be the thing, the idea you could even go with, because even where you have Jason Woodrow talking and things like that, and even you have Alec, the idea that it seems like the green like needs leave like this is something and it would make sense like okay well, you need it's something, because your Alex brother, MIA and well Numera. even that and the idea that he's connected to his brother that's why yeah. we need you take care of your brother and then and again talking about the idea of the power of the blood and then if blood's the connection in this you have one thing to counteract the other yeah and exactly that's what i Almost think it's like is. using a kit like the, a virus as a like a dead part of the virus to, as, to a make a, like a, a vaccine you're saying, yeah, exactly exactly i was so telling like that to levi Logan could just the be the vaccine to whatever you that's know, what i think it doing. is i think that at the end and even with the idea that woodrow is talking to jennifer about it the idea that you can get lost in the green and you could come i think that at the end we're going to have like an ending where Levi gets to choose. Do you want to become the, you did a good job. Do you want to become part of the green? Not necessarily swamp thing. I'm just saying part of the green. Can you, do you want to retire? Become be a cool a one? And then, uh, or no, it's up to him. I think that he will end up becoming part of the green at the end. There's, there's not enough of a personal life 
that I can say that anything. Well, would even stop the whole them. idea, if you go along the lines of okay, we're doing a green section right now, you know, we're going to say that Green Arrow is in Justice yeah, exactly. that works for us. It. But Green Lantern and the Green and Swamp thing. But if you even want to go out of this whole thing, if Alec Holland comes back or whatever is of Alec Holland, the Swamp thing of New Mirror and JLD, if he comes back and you want to go along the lines of the Green Lantern Corps, we have a shit ton of Green Lanterns. Like, you know, back in the day, you had Hal Jordan, and then you had auxiliary members who would take their place if they ever needed, where Levi could come in. He's an auxiliary Swamp thing of the Green, auxiliary avatar. Auxiliary in a way, too. Everybody want Alec Holland back, you think? I think so, right? Yeah. Maybe when he becomes part of the green, he can guard Mir. Maybe Levi then what's, takes what's his Alec place. What's done for you lately? Well, nothing. He's just standing there. I need him no, to get off that. his like, ass him and, and save like, Blue Devil. Like, we haven't done anything really special with Swamp Thing in a long time. It's just, it, he just is there and he's the Swamp Thing. And even calling him Alec Holland, I'm just saying it because that's who he queen? is, even though he's not. Where's the Machine I, I don't queen? need the Machine Queen, but that was at least something interesting. I just like that, but... uh yeah, maybe this would be the way at the end. Like I said, he could become part of the green. He could watch me or whatever. But like you and said, then he okay. could be a part of the war of the green with poison ivy and swamp thing. <laughs> it's going to happen, Jim. And Black Briar Thorn and the Floronic Man. What we usually get, and this is a different play because you have a new deal with Levi or whatever. But usually we just go and if you have a new swamp thing book, it kind of just yeah, it just starts up again. You get some background. Like nothing really ends up being that different. And that's what bothers me and that's what i worry about this book even after four issues like it's not giving it's it's aping what came before as well in a different way you do have levi but we're not getting enough of levi so i hope that we find out more about him but you know he had some theories there right they, yeah. they make totally sense but yeah I, i'm seven out of ten as well and it's funny because gabe did review this and gabe in the slack chat he said that I have never thrown shade at him. I'm just going to call him an asshole here. <laughs> no reason. I just want to throw shade. He did say, Jim has never thrown shade at me. I'm like, ooh, you just opened it up, buddy. That's because you do reviews, Gabe. That's right. He even away. said, I've been doing reviews, and I don't throw shade. You don't hear me throwing shade at anybody who does reviews, but no, you're an asshole. You're an asshole, is what I said. But yeah, that is the end of that section. We're actually going to go off to hear Clay right now talk about the digital first books of the week, and nice. then... We'll be back to get our final section, which we've we've alluded to a bunch of times. We we brought up a bunch of things with it, especially in that Suicide Squad book. But they'll be back right now with Clay. Hello and welcome to another Weird Science DC Digital Spotlight with, of course, me, your host, Clay. This week, we have a full slate of books. We're going to be talking about Infinite Frontier Secret Files number four. Legends of the Dark Knight, number 10. Batman the Adventures Continues, season 2, number 1. And Truth and Justice, number 14. And those are the exact order I will be talking about them. And here's a little hint that is probably how I'm going to be talking about these books going forward. Because it looks like this is how it's going to go as far as best to worst. But, you know, last week I didn't really like Legends of the Dark Knight. This one was a little bit better. Um, it was just in this case better than Batman the Adventures Continues, but I, I do have a reason why, and I will get to that when I get to it. So, Infinite Frontier Secret Files number four. Um, this is a little different from the, uh, from basically what the, uh, other books had been as far as just like profiles on other characters. This, of course, you would you would understand it being like, oh, Martian Manhunter's on the cover, so it must be a book about Martian Manhunter. 
technically it was, but it was more so about the group they created. Um, and they describe it here as uh, the totality is, uh, let's see here, a highly unlikely partnership of so-called heroes and villains suggests their area of focus is expansive and very likely in direct conflict with the DEO objectives. That's how uh, whoever is on this cassette tape, which I don't believe we know exactly who is on the cassette tape, but that is who is talking. And I still find it very bothersome that they are like cassette tapes in 2021. Like I understand like Jim is probably ecstatic about it. He's a dinosaur. I understand that. But here, like the totality is not something that was created back in the day where cassette tapes were, you know, I could, you know what? It's probably, I'm thinking about this right now. I don't know if you can necessarily hack a cassette tape. You, you can manipulate it for sure, but you have to physically be there. And I'm sure the DEO has uh, countermeasures for uh, invaders or whatever. And, and, you know, so that I, I'm answering my own question at that point. But this story is about the totality of Earth Zero, which is the prime Earth, and Earth 23. Uh, so we have two teams here. The teams include Martian Manhunter, Hawk Girl, uh, Talia Al Ghul, Lex Luthor, Vandal Savage, and Mr. Terrific. That is the the five uh, members of the totality. And I do like that there's callbacks of things that like, you know, with, with Scott Snyder's run with justice league, you know, making Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor more of a rivalry. There is callbacks to that because at one point in that run, Lex Luthor did threaten Martian Manhunter to like basically set off a bomb that's in his head that like will basically burst him into flames. Which I still get bothered by that, by and we will get to it when we are talking to Legends of the Dark Knight. But they are not weak against fire. It's not like Kryptonite to Kryptonians. They fear fire, and more so, the fire for Martian Manhunter was a traumatic instance because of the flames that reminded him of Mars. Like it's it it of the incidents of Mars, of the chaos of Mars and the death of his people. It wasn't necessarily like, Ooh, fire. It, it It's your weakness. No, it's just, he gets into a almost catatonic state because of his trauma on Mars. That's why he is fearful of fire. He's not weak against fire. So I understand it's a small little thing, but it bothers me still. Anyway, um, these two, uh, uh, manhunters basically figure out that they are basically attempting to do the same thing, meaning no harm, no foul, but uh, they want to make sure that their goals are successful. And we see Superman of Earth 23, Calvin Ellis, uh, go through this portal, and he is now on what I would assume is... Earth Prime. Yeah, it says two totalities meet and they discuss strategy on Earth Zero Prime. So uh, Superman is there and 
both Martian Manhunters basically cloak both of their teams. And Superman's like, well, you can cloak me using, you know, the, the power of persuasion, but you need to understand I'm Superman and I have more senses other than just super vision. I have a uh, super smell. And he like names off these things that all smell, uh, like Lex Luthor's aftershave and the wings of hot girl and, uh, something for Manhunter. And he makes this comment of like, what earth are you from? And it's the same earth. It's earth 23, of course. And a uh, Vandal Savage attacks Superman at this time. You know, the two Martian Manhunters are basically saying, Hey, it is in our best interest. If we, you know, make sure that our goals are successful. So we're going to test our individual teams. So this is more focused on Earth Zero because, of course, this is the team that we've all had history with. And Martian Manhunter creates this, like, I guess, um, like, what would you call it? It's basically a mind palace. If anybody who watches Sherlock, you know, this, this mind palace and they're all sitting at this round table, which is actually an Oreo, which I laughed at. But Martian Manhunter is asking each and every one of them, Hey, what, um, when you signed on to this mission, what, what was it that you agreed upon or what, what'd you say to me? Because I need to ask you all this because I have a feeling that there is somebody amongst us that is not from our earth uh, pr pretty much assuming that somebody from earth 23 was uh, pretending to be somebody that they weren't so when doing so of course everybody gets a little bit um angsty and, and gets upset at the fact that martian manhunter would legitimately uh what's the word uh like accuse them of being a bad guy. So each one goes about and telling, you know, the, the truth basically. And Martian Manhunter is confirming their memory. And eventually it gets to Hawk girl. And since this is the history of earth zero earth prime that we all know, we all know that, you know, just here recently, Hot Girl and Martian Manhunter had a little bit of a fling. I thought they were going to play off of that. It didn't really play off of that for some reason. Instead, she basically said, well, you should know that I said that it doesn't matter hell or high water. I will protect our world and I will protect our universe. So you must be the imposter. And so she attacks Martian Manhunter, but then everybody else protects him. And Martian Manhunter says, very good. You all did exactly what I was expecting. And Mr. Terrific's like, oh, so you're saying that there wasn't an intruder. You were just testing us. And he said, yes. So they break down the mind palace. They're back on Earth Zero. You know, they never left, but still. Uh, and we see that Superman and uh, Vandal Savage from Earth 23 are still going at it. And so we, we know that they necessarily did not have control over themselves completely like Earth Zero did. And so they telepathically, the two Martian Manhunters, um, share information that is vital to whatever. Because uh, it never really 
talked about like what exactly they were going to be going through. Um, and I think I could just browse really quickly. One thing I will say a lot of these books for, and I've said it before, the digital first are always very quick reads. So it says here, um, I'm sending you a download of our entire encounter to your frontal lobe. Uh, and basically, uh, the Martian Manhunter from Earth Zero says, um, sending you specs of parameters of our system, uh, tests for reviews. So they're just exchanging information. You know, it could have been easy as freaking airdropping your stuff on, a, on your freaking Apple device, guys. You didn't have to get all technical and invading each other's privacy in your frontal lobes. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that is basically the issue. Um, it looks like we will have uh, Secret Files number five coming out shortly. It says Detective Bones has been ex- expanding, uh, examining, sorry, all of the potential players across the multiverse, the ones who could be responsible for their causing or preventing the next big crisis. This means experimenting and crossing certain ethical lines, especially when it comes to rounding up villains traveling from one universe to another, what Bones should never forget, however, is sometimes when you stare into the multiverse, the multiverse, the multiverse looks right back at you. Um, we are getting closer and closer to the actual uh, Infinite Frontier book, of course, written by Joshua Williamson and drawn by, I believe... Mitch Gerard's is Mitch Gerard and Brian Hitch. Uh, the next book we will be talking about, of course, is Legends of the Dark Knight number 10. Now, the last time we talked about this book, of course, the story is by uh, Brandon Thomas. And that was another thing I forgot to say. Infant Frontier is written by... I am so bad today at, at doing all this. I didn't even give them, give you guys a score. So this is uh, Brandon Thomas, Joshua Williamson. Uh, writer is Brandon Thomas. Art by uh, Unika Miranda, which is excellent art, by the way. Excellent, excellent art. Colors, Nick uh, Filardi. Lettering, Tom Napolitano. Um, I would have to say, honestly... This is the best Secret Files story that we've had because it actually has, like, I don't know if it has progress for the story, but it was just a lot more interesting considering the other ones. I think this and the Superman, so issue number one, are tied for the uh, most interesting, and that could grab my attention. So this, I would give a solid 8.5, to be completely honest. Uh, art is great. Um, lettering is, is almost perfect. Um, I, I wasn't lost in this story whatsoever. So really, really good stuff. So 8-5 for Infinite Frontier. And so let's go back to, of course, the Legends of the Dark Knight, written by, it's part two, the consultant, Brennan Thomas, art by Giannis Meliono Giannis. I can never say that last name. Uh, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Darren Bennett. So the first issue of this story com- like was complete nonsense. Uh, the dialogue was horrendous, and there were some parts that were really good on art. Here, art was a little bit better. Art was a lot better. I, I say a little, but it was a lot better, to be completely honest. Dialogue actually made sense. 
And there's a moment where, like in the beginning of this book, uh, Bruce and uh, John, John Jones, are talking about this these instances that Batman has come across in dealing with uh, what possibly would be a holiday working with the Martian calendar. And then you realize it's all, again, just like in Infinite Frontier, they were just having those conversations in their mind. Of course, Batman is not a telepath, but Johns was, you know, kind of scoping his mind and Batman was giving him the rundown. Um, so I did enjoy that. Uh, there was a little bit of some funny business with the dialogue when um, Batman is basically telling Alfred and the computer and Martian uh, that, you know, they finally found where holiday will be and so he you know just the wording and i guess kind of the panel progression is probably the worst enemy in this issue to be completely honest everything else is really really solid um this isn't a bright story at all um there's some bright colors but when it comes to the uh what's uh i guess just the aesthetic some things are just very flat and it does really well for the story, to be completely honest. It's very almost pencil or pen drawn, uh, not necessarily uh, the combination of both. So uh, the one thing that was a little weird is that uh, Holiday did turn into a Martian. But they do explain that that is all because of the ceremony that he is attempting to do with this Martian god that has granted him this power. And they eventually just stop him. But again, they stop him with fire. And the whole premise is that it weakens him. I just get bothered by that so much. I don't know why. Uh, but they do end up stopping him. And that is that. The one thing, though, the one thing that I do want to call Brandon Thomas out on is at the very end, uh, you know, he, he, as in Holiday, is captured. He is back in prison. And Martian Manhunter and Bruce are talking and Bruce is like, so he's going to have these powers forever. And Martian Manhunter says, excuse me, I have the burps. Yes, he will have these powers on every uh, Martian holiday. Uh, his powers will return. And he's like, well, I'm just going to have to team up with you the next time that happens. And so Martian Manhunter says, okay, well, the next one will be... Uh, on uh, let's see here which day was it uh october 17th is the next convergence uh it was known as the morn of the liberated on ancient mars and batman says huh that's my birthday bullshit i looked it up oh my gosh my dog is so loud i apologize for that bullshit batman's birthday is in april so DC writers need to do their research. It was a quick Google search for me. So come on, guys, you could do better. So, uh, and you could have easily just said, oh, yeah, the next convergence is in April and still made it his birthday, like just as easy enough. So that is the end of the story. Um, next, it looks like uh, it says Curse of the Slaughter Swamp. So I don't know if we're going to get a... Uh, uh, says Solomon Grundy is going to be the next uh, big bad in the next issue. So that will be fun. 
Next up, we have Batman The Adventures Continues Season 2. Of course, this was supposed to be a digital first. DC just is the bane of my existence and decided to uh, put it same day print and digital. So I didn't get my sweet $1.99 or 99 cent discount for this book. But it is what it is. I was very much enjoying The Adventures Continues. So reading this was a lot of fun. This is basically exactly what they promised as far as this season two is the introduction to the Court of Owls. The one thing that I was bothered by in this issue was the inclusion of Deadman. I felt like that was very like Deadman is almost the audience in kind of seeing how everything is going on that one night. But it was it, there's not really a reason for him to be there. Um, I will say a major character death happens. Um, I just recently, uh, talked to a good friend of mine on the Geek Ultimate Alliance network. Um, we did an episode of their superhero discussion show talking about the last four episodes of, um, the Batman, the animated series before it turns into the new adventures of Batman and Robin or whatever. So, uh, the mayor in that show, uh, shoot, what is his name? What is his name? I can't remember his name. That's a little annoying. Um, shoot. Uh, Hamilton Hill. That's his name. Uh, Hamilton Hill dies in this issue. That is huge. Uh, Hamilton is actually a big part of the animated series for anybody who has seen the show. He has been in a, in several episodes. Uh, recently, the one that I saw was locked up. He was a part of the um, court or uh, ass- uh, not assignment, uh, but assessment for uh, the guard to still be working at Arkham. A really good episode, by the way. You you guys should go check it out. But um, yeah, you know, other than that major death and of the appearance of a Talon, it's not the Talon, but a Talon here um, introducing um the courts in the animated series there really wasn't much um it does look like uh the court of owls can see dead man and so you know he was surprised by that uh but other than that again not much batman fought a talon very briefly and at the very end uh batman gets this small moment where um he essentially just wakes up from uh, from one panel to one panel. Um, it shows him holding a uh, a court mask, and then the next he's holding a paper and pencil, and he's like, "Whoa, what? Like what happened?" And essentially, Dead Man just possessed him, and then wrote down, "He's a zombie." So he goes to Zatanna to talk and say, "Hey." I think there is a ghost trying to make contact with me. And so she's like, okay, well here, let me help you out a little bit. And she introduces him to, uh, well, she tells the story of Boston brand, uh, gives him this medallion and he sits and meditates and eventually sees dead man. And that's where it ends. They're going to team up to face the court of owls. That's essentially what this whole book uh, was eventually going to be getting into. Um, 
good overall, but like I said, not a whole lot. Um, the major death at the beginning was a shocker. And I'm sure that's what they needed to make this worthwhile. And again, the appearance of the court is going to make it really big. Uh, and that's what you kind of have to do with the adventures continues in the first season, season one, technically of this adventures continues. You know, we had the, uh, the introduction to Red Hood in this, in this universe, as well as the introduction to Deathstroke. So there was a lot, and Azrael. So there was a lot of things, uh, to be introduced. And so that's the big hook for this story. Um, or for this comic and, and the series in general is to add things to the mythos that weren't necessarily in the show. And they're doing a really good job at it. So I still give this a very solid, solid, I would say seven, five wasn't completely perfect. I just remembered that I probably did not um, give a score for Batman uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. Um, I will give that one an eight. So, uh, so far. It's Infinite Frontier 8-5, Legends of Dark Knight 8, and here with the Adventures Continue Season 2, a 7-5. Now, the final book we will be talking about is Truth and Justice, issue number 14. Of course, this is the Batwoman story written by Grace Ellis, artist Maria Laura uh, Sanapo, and colorist Wendy Broom. Letterer is Becca Carey. This is Batwoman in Quiet Getaway Part 2. This story is very frustrating because there's nothing here. And it's a little silly, to be completely honest. Of course, we leave off not entirely where we left off, or we start not necessarily entirely where we left off with last issue. Of course, Batwoman's car is completely totaled. Uh, the bartender is still, you know, hanging around. Trying to offer her help. Batwoman is kind of, you know, being a jerk and saying she doesn't need any help. And, you know, they're kind of button heads. Like, it's it's very weird. There's, like, tension. But I think it's supposed to be sexual tension. It's just not, like, getting that way. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, she kind of, the bartender gives off those vibes a little bit. But it's more so those vibes of, like, you're a tourist. This is a small town. Just get out of my town type of thing also. Um, Batwoman gets dressed in the bar bathroom, climbs out of the bathroom, and then the bartender sees Batwoman and she says, huh, tourists. And so she clearly knows that it's Batwoman. I'm just so confused at like how this all works. Like it, it, it's, it's very bothersome for me. This is not a great issue. Batwoman climb because she's not like shooting a a grappling gun. All these buildings are too small. So instead, she like just spins around this little hook, uh, this hook line, gets it attached to the building and starts climbing up to where you know where she last saw this. Um, what do they call it? The the Mothman or whatever. And she's like, oh look, there must be a witness because she sees down below this old lady. Uh, sewing something on her porch and then she goes to talk to her and the woman seems a little bit off of her hoo-ha she's a little crazy so you know she basically is calling Batwoman a city slicker and she needs to back off and blah 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 so 
there's nothing there. This woman has apparently seen the Mothman, but the Mothman is just like, I, it's so weird. I don't understand this book whatsoever. She runs off, that woman runs off into the woods and she gets knocked down. And it seemingly looks like the woman that was fighting her in the very beginning of the last issue and the reason why she wanted to get out of Gotham in the first place. I'm confused. I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, the panel layout is not helping at all. I really don't like it. The art is actually really good. It's just the story makes no sense whatsoever. So I'm actually going to go way down for this. I'm actually going to put this at a six, uh, considering everything else was seven, five and above. Uh, this is a six. Um, and all of it is art. Um, that's, that's all I'm going to grade right now. Um, it looks like we are still going to be, uh, so her name is Nocturna. I'm actually, I scrolled all the way to the end and it gives me a preview for issue number 15. It's an all out brawl between Batwoman and Nocturna in the forest. So maybe Nocturna is actually Mothman. I'm not entirely sure. And I don't know if I actually care. But with that, guys, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you again so much for giving me your time to talk about these digital books. Um, hopefully, we will be getting more content. I know DC has kind of reeled back on all of their digital stuff. I do hope, though, uh, that you know these books that were meant to be digital are still just as solid as what I would think that they were still digital. So in the future, we are getting Icon and Rock or yeah. Uh, icon and rocket i think the next big one is actually going to be static first uh, so i'm really looking forward to that as well as the uh, justice league infinity which is the continuation of the dc animated universe justice league unlimited series so uh yeah with that guys of course you always know where to find me at fanboy clay on twitter just go to the link tree on that page you can find all of my shows i'm not going to name them all here and Let's go ahead and jump back to Jim and Eric. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb Eric's the bomb and if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep ring the bell and here we are with the last two books of the night we have you know a couple decent ones I think they go well together you get a little the multiversal earth is and stuff like that kind of craziness i have a theory about the red Same, x. like you know nothing about dc comics i have a all bit these of years. the red x here that i think he's a multiversal uh dude it works uh, and, and with that uh it's weird though because we're going to start with suicide squad here and i i just don't get the idea First off, in the Teen Titans Academy book, we've said you have Red X as the big to-do, right? I don't see that many people that interested in it. I want to know about these new kids and what they're doing and all that. 
Then you tied into the Suicide Squad, a book that just started, a book where we like the team. We like to see what's going on. I want to see more interactions with them because we really don't know a ton so, about them. A lot like the Teen Titans Academy book. So you throw in Red X in, <laughs> and this is the thing. We know more. This is what makes this book more frustrating. We know and like the Suicide Squad team. You know, Robbie Thompson has been able to give us a little bit of character work and stuff like that going on. So then why this early? Issue four, do you make it that Red X shows up and becomes the be-all, end-all of this book? He comes and makes you, – you said it to me, and it's the perfect explanation. He makes the Suicide Squad a bunch of chumps, and he comes <laughs> to in – To elevate Red X. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, how much money did Tim Sheridan give you to freaking make somebody care about Red X by putting it in the Suicide Squad? And you saw you, – you were telling me that you saw some Facebook stuff from DC. Hey, what do you think of the Suicide Squad? Man, I love it because it makes Red X a badass and stuff like – Really? Because I'm here to see the badass Suicide Squad, and they have been kind of badass, and we have I'm been telling, like I it. have been loving the idea of this new team with Peacemaker, Clebra, Superboy, Talon, Nocturna, all of these characters, and I thought they worked really well together, and they were badasses, but after having a teenager show up in the issue number four, kick the shit out of all of them and take off my... Well, maybe you guys are going to die in your next mission. Yeah, maybe you you're not suck. that great a team. It's such a weird play to... Not elevate your own team. And this team, is the team that this. Amanda Waller has put together because the whole focus of this new Suicide Squad book is that Amanda Waller is tired tired of failure and she's trying gonna do whatever she can to make sure she has a winning team. I'm like, you failed right off the bat again. Your team sucks. What yeah, are you your doing, team Amanda? stinks because remember she's this. gonna go more and more insane. If we go Red X and we don't find out who Red X is until I don't know, December, whatever August. it'll be, right? Whatever it'll be. I say August, that's actually just two months, so that's not that bad. Keep in mind when this happens, this issue, I mean, keep in mind that whoever it is, it better make a whole lot of sense that they can just completely take out the Suicide Squad and know everything about Amanda Waller and the inner workings of Bell Rev, right? (laughs) So the only thing that you can go with with this because it's such and, a and big And not folk. even just the inner workings of Bell Rev and Amanda Ward. She know He knows deep, dark secrets of the individual characters of the Suicide Squad. Yep. And is even able to like expose expose things that just started happening you know the the whole laundry room meetings and the holographic like it's so over the top with that so please remember that when it ends up being just this little kid because they destroy it now stain yeah (laughs) really and again this is where i go with red x and i continued with this issue is the idea where i do just like what you just did i almost in my mind picture the idea of an unmasking and go oh no it's and it's then Mark insert character. yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the whole deal is i have not come up with anyone that actually would make sense you know you could say oh my god it, it's you know jonathan kent oh my god is it like those that don't make, make sense, no damn right? sense. <laughs> so when you do the things that make sense like oh my god it's brain boy uh, uh, where's All the right. crickets right and so then i thought to myself the only thing and this is where i go amanda waller just imagine me getting like you know drunk at a bar when i when i usually accost people with comic book and harbor imagine this red x is matt price <laughs> like huh can yeah. you please leave me alone sir yes, really. oh please, whatever I, I don't know who this matt price is but you got to get away from me now in my mind, I'm going through this, this before you get into I just the call people with comic yeah, books yeah. and horror and movies. And they, they sit there, who? I mean, even at the point, you're like, can you imagine Jonathan Kent got aged up? They're like, who? Like, they don't know anything. So the connection in this all, I, I mean, I don't go with the Suicide Squad itself. It's like there has to be a huge connection with Amanda Waller. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, 
you end up having mentions of things like, well, that's a Batman level intellect on the battlefield. So I'm like, where do you get off? Who's this? Like Damien? But how does that make sense? I'm going through all these things. So then, for some odd reason, I think. You got crazy. I did. And I think, wait a second. Could it possibly be that stupid ass Drake from the Earth 3 of Brian Michael Bendis who gave. The Young Justice Earth 3, the Young Fuckers member, Drake. Drake, who ended up giving Tim the idea to take that name back with him. Maybe he's just there for that, but I thought- And then, then thankfully, our Tim Drake realized Earth 3 is just full of bad ideas, not doing this no more. So I'm sitting there thinking just weird things, because then I'm thinking, could it be like a- a Batman 666 Damien, like, but not quite there because no, that's an older guy. No. Like, everything I have to make jumps Damien's off at Lazarus hoops, Island. Right? Well, I'm saying, I'm saying a multiversal omniverse. That, like, omniversal, so that's what I'm Jim. thinking of. So <laughs> I start thinking the idea. Then I start, like, is it going to be like somebody else from the cartoon? We don't even know yet. But I start thinking of this Tim Drake because when you hear intellect, I mean, that there, that's Tim, right? The, the guy who would be the most in. So I look and I'm like, what about that? Young effers, you know, Tim Drake deal. And I look, and that asshole has red hair. And I'm like, really? Just like, like could it Rick be Petrioso. that? Could it be that? That it is because and remember, again, you I told said it was me this. Roy. And, and the thing is, it, it feels like, and again, the whole idea of Roy, a young clone of Roy, because even in the Young Justice cartoon, which I'm telling you, Tim Sheridan is just a cartoon guy, even bringing Red X in with no, like, you know, real feeling behind it like you know almost like what tom king did with a phantasm in the exactly batman like catwoman that, book yeah. because it's like you rely okay, on somebody this, else's work exactly this cartoon this movie this this is already here so i'm not doing any work it's just here deal with it and that's what red x feels like and at the whole idea though from the young justice cartoon in that spoiler warning everybody but you know roy harper was cloned and the roy harper through the majority of the cartoon was a clone and if we have a roy harper who's believed to be dead by everybody else and you know a clone is let out there kind of thing i want to think that people like you know nightwing dick grayson don and all that stuff they would know what a young roy harper would look like since they all grew up together so i don't know if that's the way it's going to go but even the whole thing of like a, a earth three tim drake he doesn't have to look exactly like it's not like johnny quick looks like barry allen over there or anything like that but the idea of this book this series the suicide squad starting out rick flag is on the outs because he's not happy with what amanda waller is doing with what he calls quote multiversal kidnappings and once you said it to me that's something that has stuck with me since the beginning of this book so i'm like you might be on to something just because there's something going with multiversal kidnappings and going to Earth 3 in the future State Suicide Squad book. The, the one thing, though, that now this brings up, and this is just a, a generalized thing that you made me think of right now, because what's going on? Because say it is, how is he in the academy and who is he registering under? And now we do see that he's smart and can do things, but I've never even thought of the idea of it being somebody who is still just going around as their normal self if it's not one of the ones that we had you know we end up having things for brain boy all the and and it doesn't seem to be them but then who would it be i mean you okay, do have a big academy is, though, and stuff because right because you're going with red hair because if anybody doesn't remember in the young justice or three the bendis kind of just ruined but in that the drake character had red hair we have brick precioso who has red hair as well and seems to be a bit of a psychopath from what we've seen in teen titans academy but with the multiversal kidnappings, if Amanda Waller before or after whatever the one, everything was remade after death metal, but for whatever it is, because even when we talk about crime syndicate after this issue, that is the formation of the crime syndicate. I can't say for certain that's the current day of Earth 3. It could be in the past. So we have something that's already formed. If there is a young fuckers in the present day of Earth 3 that we don't know about, you can take Drake. And if you can take Drake, 
being Amanda Waller, you know, the person who runs Task Force X, who pretty much runs Argus, has all these, you know, government contracts and does all these things. She can create an identity for this person to infiltrate a Teen Titans Academy, almost like what she's doing with Bolt right now. And in future state, she has a connection with the Earth 3 deal. That was the other thing with it. And also um, with that, the other big tell was that when we did see Red X in future state to go and make amends, it was somebody that dick grayson seemed to trust but also had red hair that was a big thing you saw the red hair so all of this going down i don't know we'll see but again did we see did we see red hair in yeah that? that was why i, I don't thought recall it was seeing the future state. oh yeah they ended up from behind putting the mask on you saw red okay, hair and recall. that's where i ended up coming up with the idea i think that it's going to be roy because he ended up trusting him so much and saying i i trust him he's going to go and make amends here and yeah the big tell was the red hair and so with all of this going on, but maybe they won't even go with that. Maybe you'll sell this die or something. But with all of well, this going on. Even if you on, go back to Infinite Frontier number zero, when you had that whole beginning of like all the series that we're going to be debuting and doing new stuff with, the one part for Teen Titans Academy in that was whoever this was, this Red X character, it seemed like he bought the mask off a dude who was you know selling masks in front of the ferry over to Titans Island and stuff like that. So I'm like, I don't know because they're saying this is the original Red X mask. So I don't even know if we're it going with like anything from Infinite like Frontier to Zero. Up, though. That seemed to be set up like they had uh, asked for that exchange. Hey, meet me at the ferry and we'll get that. It was odd. Uh, again, though, when people are like, I think it's Jason Todd. Well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that doesn't and make also, sense. No. this kid has to be going out and about. I never even thought of that. You actually saying that makes me like, okay, you have to take a lot of people out. If it's Damien. He's got to be walking around at some point in Titans Academy. Like, it doesn't make sense because people are saying that. They're going with, you know, kind of the, the surface level. But he's but we'll doing see Lazarus it, Island stuff, Well, we'll stuff, see Jim. what happens. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening with all of this going on when Tim Sheridan finally does he's reveal it. He's got Hawk problems to deal with. If my whole deal of saying, hey, it's that Drake from the deal and like, oh my, like again, <laughs> take off who the mask. Who cares about that? Hey, who? I mean, you end and up even with if the you Wally West Lex Luthor from the cartoon just, deal. Just then. imagine this. Like, I don't even know if this would be a thing for people who are even steeped in DC lore and stuff like that, who really appreciate DC comics and love it and stuff like that. But, like, get this. The Red X that they brought in, it's the Earth 3 Tim Drake. I'm like, that just seems convoluted. And, like, even explaining that at that point, I'm like, it's too much. But why would you <laughs> tie him so uh, much into we, Amanda Waller and the Suicide anything Squad that right we away, dealt right? With right now, I'm telling you, that is the best thing that you have yes. going on right now. Like, it, it works <laughs> yeah. for me. All right. So I'm because a, anybody I'm else a in Titans Academy, there. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I know. Well, even if it is that, I'm like, well, but then again, too, then you Dane? can make some sort of connection with a multiversal Earth 3 Connor. I don't know. I don't know. And we're going heavy with it right now because, you know, we're starting out Infinite Frontier by remaking the and showing the formation of the crime syndicate and Earth 3. So it seems important. Even when you go to the future state Suicide Squad, we know that this crime syndicate has been taken out by the Suicide Squad, and the Suicide Squad has gone Earth 3 and made themselves that World's Justice League. Mm -hmm. I, I have, a, I have a, a fear that what we're going to end up happening, it will be something. It won't be that, but it'll be something, and it will go with the dimensions instead of the Omni. Um, don't do all that nonsense, but you give us the stats for this Suicide Squad book. Suicide Squad number four, written by Robbie Thompson, with Arpa, Eduardo Pansica, Joe Prado, Julio Ferreira, Marcelo Maiao, and Wes Abbott. After double-crossing them in the last issue of the Teen Titans Academy, the Suicide Squad has captured Red X and now want to reveal who he is. 
That doesn't happen, though. And instead, we get an issue of a series that I've really enjoyed being a hype machine for Red X, who apparently is a Batman-level intellect, knows everything about what's going on in Belrev, including the members of the Task Force X's secret motives, and can take out the entire squad single-handedly. Yeah, it just makes... I mean, you're buying... You have to count on the people buying the Suicide Squad book. Kind of like it, right? You're buying that first for the Suicide Squad. It's okay. been that weird Red sleeper X hit for me. Yeah. Like, this is one of them books. I'm like, this is one of the best books that DC's putting out right now. And it just was out of nowhere in my mind. And now you use it for like, you know, as a hype machine for what you will do a lot of times. You know, you'll try to like hype another book by having cameos. People show yeah, up. And here you can and always have this go all on. the time. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised they don't have Batman show up again just to hype some shit up. But this whole thing where Red X is the least interesting thing about Teen Titans Academy, it seems to be one of the biggest things over there, but it's the least interesting part. And you bring it over here, you don't do anything with it, and you just kick the shit out of the team that I was really enjoying for no reason. And what I don't like about it is Robbie Thompson uses it. Now, I'll give him credit. I mean, he uses Red X as a kind of like a deus machina to reveal some secrets in his books. I, I would have rather have liked it to a red happen naturally. Machina. Yeah, Red X machina. That's pretty good, Eric. I'll that's what I have in my, my review header. Okay, well, that that's what it is. I didn't even see that, so we deus agree. Red X machina. We, we agree, because you end up having, say, you know, Talon. He's going around saying, who, who? Well, it's just revealed through Red X. Like, how does he know? He knows everything. That Talon is playing this, playing it up, because it, it is an odd thing for him to reveal, though we don't reveal it through the whole team. But what happens then, it's funny and whatnot, but I wish that it would have been with Calabra. With, she's great with him. It's Chewbacca. Exactly, and that's all I thought about with Kaleber being the babysitter of an amnesiatic talent, where all he can say is, who? You know, going the whole, like, you know, who as in who am I, but also the owl route. It's very funny, it's great, but her going around being the the freaking roundhouse, the freaking, the, the comedic parts of the team, just being the Chewbacca, as you call So, like, that's what you and I call it all the time. Yeah, she's the this Han. Issue. Talon's the she Chewbacca, right? And, yeah. you know, exactly. Talon's the Chewbacca because she's going off in conversation. All Talon can say is who, and she's coming up with these responses. It's hilarious. It's great. And I'm why can't we have more of this and then less of Red X? <laughs> Here's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's enough either. Waller says it's a matter of time until she has Red X's mask off. If you ask me, that seems like a bad idea. Who? Who asked me? Damn, that's harsh, Tally. It's so or funny. even later on when Peacemaker calls this the secret meeting in the laundry room that he has set up where it's a dead zone where Amanda Waller can't monitor them. It's like this, a meeting? Seriously? I did not lead a life of crime to spend all day in meetings, Tally. Who? No, you shut up. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> and and it gives you – Best character on the team, Clever. It gives you a connection and in a weird way – you start to even like William Cobb Talon a bit because he's I involved, do. right? So what you do in this is you re- you reveal. Red X reveals that he's not amnesiac. He can talk. He doesn't just say who, and he's playing it. Now, that's fine because then it, it gives you that whole deal What's that Talon it must be driving William Cobb nuts to be just saying who oh my God. with whoever, and she's making the stuff. But when and you can still have this joke that I'm going to say, but I really would love the joke where all of a sudden it is revealed and William Cobb can talk or whatever. And they're like, oh, man, collaborate. And she's like, oh, I knew it all along. Like we've been we've been having company. Like, be it doesn't even bother her. Like she's like, no, no, no. We've been talking all along. We're like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Uh, but also, wouldn't it be a great reveal later where Talon in this because of what she's been doing and t- like she is keeping them company and she's not. 
you know, do, that he is ultra protective of, of her from now on. They are actually friends because of this nonsense that she seems to be having in her head going on with this. But I think that she's doing it tongue in cheek anyway as well because she is so funny. But I love it. It's my favorite part of this issue. Unfortunately, Red X is here because that's my least favorite part. But you well, start off and is, it's weird, and though, before when you start off, when you have this, you know, you have a peacekeeper. He wants to know. What is going on? What is going on with this? What's the deal? And she's like, Red X, alias unknown, age unknown, history unknown, and then describes how great he is on the tactical field. Like that. I just don't get the less information to well, that's the, the thing information. Is, that's the only that's one of the main reasons why, besides for Rick Flagg talking about multiversal kidnappings, but the idea when you've brought it up, because that was one of the big clues for you as well, for your theory of you yeah, know, Drake being the Red X because as smart as Batman. Well, not only that, just the idea we know nothing about Red X, nothing, not a goddamn thing about this character, but Amanda Waller, he's a Batman level intellect. I'm like, that's some, you that's just jump into specific, conclusions? Yeah. What are we doing here? That's very specific and very, like, you're skipping a lot between them. Not just saying, I, I sense a lot of intellect, right? <laughs> this guy seems smart. We no, gave you him go- a Q test while he's locked up here with chains everywhere. Batman level intellect, funny, everybody. Peacemaker's like, listen, uh, well, where is Luther on the scale? Where's Luther? And where's the like, Batman level intellect? Everybody just gets the Batman level intellect because it's just an app. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a new app you get. Oh my God, it says to punch people. You end up where, yeah, you get this, like, but I even saw that people in the slang, like, oh, this actually, you know, fleshes out uh, Red X a little. I, I don't see it. I mean, he's just there as, like you said, a deus red machina because you're, you're just not doing anything. Deus red X machina. Yeah, you're, you're just having him there revealing things that he and knows. It's, it's he knows everything. way too I'm just, much. I'm just going through it right now, but the idea, like, you know, right now, it almost, and it harkens back to, like, what we had in, like, you know, a lot of Batman stories, but whenever I think about it, it's the Dark Knight movie where, like, uh, Red X is stripped down except for his mask. And every time they go to take off his mask, you get electrocuted because there's electrodes in there. But also inside this cloth mask that we've seen just, you know, dangling around as a cloth mask, he is able to unlock cells in Bell Rev, create out of prison riot, stuff like that. He unlocks himself. He knows that Amanda Waller, who's talking to him, is only a hologram through this cloth mask and then goes out and about and just knows everything about everybody. The idea of Peacemaker and his dead zone laundry room, the idea that Superboy is something wrong with him. They're not going to tell you, clone wars and just moves his way through giving us little information that that he has no right to know in my mind and it's just so convenient and just forced on top of like like i don't want to blame robbie thompson because i feel like dc made them put the red x thing i don't know if him and tim sheridan's like we should have a crossover i don't know how these things work but the idea that we're going to you know take the suicide squad series and the way we're going to progress our information as a dude is going to come in pretty much he could just sit down on a stool yep that Superboy, he ain't right that talent, he ain't got no amnesia. Here, here's right, here's a little theory for you, Eric. Is there anybody who they would say, this is Red X, and you'd be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. That makes no. sense. That's great. They didn't reveal it in the cartoon because there wouldn't be a good reveal for it. Would it be possible that what we're seeing because of all this stuff and everything that this is the mask itself? That we're going to find out that this was some Majora's sort mask? of deal where you end up almost having like a symbiote type deal. Like he's you end a up skull having, kid and this is Majora's mask. You know, I'm saying that this mask was something more. The guy you who ended up giving mask. it to him was, you know, you know, the devil. I don't know because I'm saying I don't see where there's anything in this that you can end up saying, oh, my God. You know, I can't believe this is so awesome that it's this character or that character. Is so you're telling me, that- like, in, in your mind, the red X is like a Naboo. Yeah, like it would be a, like I said, like a symbiote 
like something that's controlling because you're also seemingly making just a random kid who buys a mask at a ferry and now knows everything about everybody in the whole deal. Well, I think that maybe maybe it's one of those things that the mask is is in control. Did you also see things. in this whole prison riot that Clayface is there? Yeah, yeah, you know. He's uh, I guess we're not going that Lady Clayface and how you know Clayface has been gone this entire time. Well, that was just Batman. Batman didn't know he'd still be there. He's just there. He's there well, again. And I can go with that because maybe maybe he doesn't know that Clayface is there because apparently he doesn't know the Superboy's there. But these are one of those things that the God Batman that I love would be you know keeping up on the idea like. I need to know who's in Bell Rev right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's like whenever we see Arkham and you're like, why is that person there? Why would this person be there? Uh, one of the worst, I believe, was who was it in uh, Tom King's deal from the uh, future that came down? Wasn't it Saturn Girl at one point was in Arkham because she came yeah. down and ended up stealing a hot dog? Not only that, because I think she showed up in Metropolis, wanted to get a hold of Superman, but yeah, couldn't like, and like, wanted. you know, ended up taking a hot dog, got arrested, <laughs> was sent to freaking Gotham. And, and, like, she, she's a crazy lady. Put her at Arkham. <laughs> All the way from Metropolis. Ship her ass to Gotham in the Arkham. Oh, goodness gracious. And, and then even later, when you had Batman going through that I am suicide trying to collect this team, she was there drawing shit on the windows. A legion symbol. All I wanted was a hot dog. <laughs> We're Superman. People don't talk about that anymore. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that the, it's too much now. This whoever this is knows way too much, and I don't see how you can no, reveal ha- it. If you want to go the Doctor Fate route with like a haunted mask, almost where there's a personality inside it's a this man, exactly. Rag, yeah. It could be a pseudo souls to agree if Ragman was taken over completely. But I, I'm going with the Doctor Fate route where it well, takes you over same. and stuff yeah, like it takes that. You over. I think but, that, like, that the whole might idea. Be it. I can go with that as well. There's you're doing a lot of good stuff today. Oh, I'm actually my. really proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> because ultimately. Out of everything that we dealt right now, the, the whole Drake from Earth 3, I like it because it makes it more connective, you know, omniverse if you want. And it actually says that, that this stupid character that was introduced in Young Justice, it actually means something instead of just being a stu- stupid Bendis character that was there for no goddamn reason. Now, if you go the other route, I'm like, okay, now you made the reveal about who it is. Not important. It's all about the mask. And that's the, the best outcome. And it's outcome. the red X mask. And it and could that's be what it anybody. Is. It could be Dane. It could be Brick. Whoever is wearing yeah, the mask at any single them, time. But they're being controlled. It so could then be they Megabat. Can, they could come back out of that scott free and remember, as you would say exactly. and not remember and, not, and then just being like so and then it could be nightwing at because a time then there's nobody bad you know what i mean exactly. because they're starting the to do really bad things it's the mask and the mask and has are been they, set up are, like what, what is red x really doing well you know i mean he's in bell rev and breaking out of stuff <laughs> i don't know but again it could be something that is some sort of entity type deal that wants to breathe and you could i don't know how it would but we'll see. We'll see if that could happen. But back to just what is happening. The team's jumps. You end up Red X. He's able to disable everything, cause a riot, end up knows every single thing to then have the team go and just get the crap kicked out of them. That, now, one thing I didn't understand, and I should have gone back and looked at the earlier issues, is the one point when he is fighting Red X. Uh, hey, Superboy is fighting Red X. And we had this thing where he's then shocked, and then the whole, and then Amanda goes over like, Superboy needs his shot. Calebra, go get a shot. Now, is this one of the things that we're dealing with, like, and how Amanda Waller is dealing with Superboy? Because I, I have to imagine that he has, like, a kryptonite-esque brain bob that will start leaking. And is the, the shot there to either stop this from happening, he has to keep doing this in order for him to survive, 
or like an anti-kryptonite check. Because I think we dealt with something previously in the series with yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, but we did that, and I or think that that's what it would be, to keep him alive. Is it something to keep him a little fuzzy about who he is that and what he's doing too. there? We'd have to see. But yeah, but the idea that Calabra, she wants to go do it, I don't know that she'd be so hyped if she knew exactly that it was something that keeps him fuzzy or it's whatnot. It's a living. Right? But it does, <laughs> it does end up, though, with a, a ploy then of maybe like, oh, give him a shot. But it seems too important for somebody on the team to give if it's something to keep them controlled. Because if they decide, well, we want to get out of here and Superboy, they could pretend to do it, you know, that, but that yeah. would be, that would be kind of a good dupe. But I don't know that Amanda Waller's that stupid to allow a Calabra to be the one in charge. I think She's that it's more, teenager break I out think of that Bell what Rev. it would be. <laughs> How about this? How about this? It is a uh, kryptonite brain bomb, and you have to keep right, right. giving him some medicine so that he doesn't actually die. Anti-K drugs. Yeah, yeah, anti-K. Uh, but yeah, you have all this going K. on. Yeah, oh, ta- boy. <laughs> you have Talon go and chase down Red Axe and ends up coming face-to-face with him, gets you know clobbered, and then the reveal. You didn't lose your mind. You didn't do this. The you know, mercenary all that. of the Court of Owls. The immortal mercenary of the Court of Owls who, like, you know, they just keep falling from grace more and more. Right next to the show up and kick William Cobb's ass. Okay. And even the worst progression of the sub, because I told you before, I like the idea that we're getting more information. I hate the messenger of that, that information. That's my problem. I love but, this information, but I but, don't like the way it's coming about because I wish it was more integral with the team itself, not a agreed. Red X who comes in and does it. And, you know, right? more natural and just not forced out there for no reason. But the worst part about it, because my favorite character, and I believe yours as well, is Kleber right now. And when he shocks her, says, and that that line that she fed you about your family, your mother, keeping her safe, another lie. I'm like, we don't know enough about Clebra for this to mean anything to us. No, Clebra, who we love, she's just a joke. You and I are we coming up with a headcanon about why she's here just to like her even more because we don't know enough about this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we love her. And it, it the idea that's happening, <laughs> I'm just, uh, William Cobb is another character that we've been, you know, following for a long long time with a lot yeah. of stuff that we end up going through so i'm i'm interested in that always ties back into dick grace and nightwing stuff like that as well so that's interesting enough but the idea that he is walking around and Clebra's just <laughs> talking his ear off about nonsense <laughs> but, but so here's good. where i say here's what if robbie thompson's really thinking this through i think that he likes it because if he didn't he just shut up it's all based on him saying who. He doesn't have to say it. It's and almost like a who's on first round yeah. they're doing constantly. He's pointing down the hall who, and she's like, I know, I know. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. It's so like, I don't good. know if somebody has rights to that and you can't use it at a certain place. So it's an old vaudeville act even before Adam oh, Castle. it would be so like, awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to imagine anybody could do who's on first, but there's no reason in my mind that in a future issue, Calabra and Talon could be doing that. Oh, I'm telling you, at one point, the way that just go full out. We're going to go full goofy. He keeps saying who you're going with that. And then somebody in the room says, what's that? And both Calabra and Talon go, that's third, <laughs> third base. Hey, yell. It'd be so crazy. That'd be great. Hey, who signs the check? Exactly. You have all these things. It could work well. You can just keep going with it. We always love that though. But yeah, all of this going on though is. Honestly, uh, even without the like continuing that whole thing, when somebody says who's that and you both have Calebra and Talon both look over and both say who at the same time, nah, I think uh, that's just as funny. But I'm saying with all that too, it does give you that weird bond between them. She seems yeah. to care. He seems to kind of care about they're hanging out together this whole time in the worst situation. And she is having so fun good. with it. She's just having goofy fun. Uh, but I, I do think at some point you're going to see her really go nuts. And even that. 
when when he comes down, when Red X comes down from the you know the alien like rafters above and and the vents. I could say that Clever reacts like she does, not just because it's Red X, but that's where she saw Talon go up and maybe even thinks that something happened to him because she goes bazonkers. Well, you see Talon fall out too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she's all like, oh, my God. And I think there is that huge connection there already, which I like. Uh, because that that's what you need. The, the Suicide Squad, yeah, there are a bunch of bad people or whatnot, some more than others or whatnot, but it is that connection you that, that keeps Connor you Kent. going. It keeps you going with it, and I do like that. And, yeah, with all this, though, even in Peacemaker, he just gets, you know, roundhoused by a, a red eye. I don't get it. I just don't get how this is starting to be like a, you know, a Tom King where you have, Harley Quinn defeat the Trinity in Heroes in Crisis. You're well, just doing that, it to up like, your saying, character. That actually, the thing is that that it might be one of the worst offenses. But even Catwoman, she Catwoman uh, with the flashes. fights Talia Al Ghul and, and the then flashes, he defeats the then. flashes. Yeah, it's always like don't you don't have to elevate your character by making it unrealistic and chumping the others. Well, that's you know, the thing is we always right talk way. about. You, you don't enhance somebody by bringing somebody else no, down. No, enhance them by enhancing them. The idea that this is a Batman-level intellect doesn't mean that you just go around and shock and kick the crap out of people. Let's see that intellect. Let's see you know, a Home Alone situation here where they don't even know where Red X is and he's screwing with them and taking them all down that way. Then I'll go with it. But the idea that he's just going around and roundhousing and kicking and all this shocking, it, it just doesn't work for me. And it's he- weird, though, because the big ending to this whole thing with Red, like, uh, Red X escaping and then blowing a window open and then jumping out onto an airplane, which it seems weird that Bell Rev is this giant skyscraper now and not you know just a, a prison, but whatever. But he jumps out, gets on top of a plane that happens to be flying by. I guess he arranged that because – He's the the god Red X now, but this whole thing, he seemed to have released Rick Flag. So I don't know where they're going to go with that because even if like Rick Flag is released, does he then go to get it like revenge on Amanda Waller, or does he just go to the government and say your your person here locked me up illegally? Like I don't know, does he get a formal complaint and from the government a HR? For this like you could go if it was going to continue. Yeah, you continue with this like the idea of of Rick Flag was the one who brought up. The multiversal kidnapping is the thing. But what is going to carry over from this back into the Teen Titans? I don't know. And it just seems weird because that could be like on the case. They, they want to find out what's going on and whatnot. But what you get here, though, by the end is that Red X knows everything. Knows everything, everything going on about can, everyone. Can plan this whole thing out to T. He got captured on purpose. Okay, like got out of the exact same time he needed to with that plane going by. There's just nothing that can be fallible with Red No, X. and you are making the character too overpowered for just being a kid that grabbed a mask. I'm sorry, he freaking hoodwinked, you know, Nightwing with, you know, juking him out when he was going through the computers in the Teen Titans Academy. Went, oh, man, he went downstairs. He got, Nightwing went to, oh, man, he went upstairs. He juked me. I'm like... It's just one thing after another. And this issue, I think, was the worst when the way it shows the whole thing. Red X is just, okay, you can't do anything. Just let Red X run the show. They captured Red X only, get the to Justice have, League on this only to have the entire team decimated and the building blowing up. <laughs> and then Rick Flagg being like, what else could this guy like, have done? You can imagine this where you have Red X. He was knocked out by Peacemaker last issue of Teen Titans. And then they teleported away when Warp showed up out of nowhere. But like, I guess that was all a ruse for what he wanted here. We just wanted to, you know, I guess fuck he wanted around, to get Rick Flag. Exactly. I mean, when you I, get maybe. That, like, I don't know. I think he was just wanting to fuck around I a little bit. I don't know, because if you say fuck around, I mean, he's just there, like, laughing at everyone. What would that benefit him? 
but he does leave with Rick Flagg. I don't know what his motivations are yet, but the whole thing too. We don't know anything. In order for the Suicide Squad, the reason they left is because they're being overwhelmed by the entire freaking class of Teen Titans Academy. That's why they left. Now they were overwhelmed by one kid. So I'm like, he's better than the entire Teen Titans Academy. Probably the old school, you know, new Teen Titans and most definitely the upperclassmen Teen Titans. And then again, this is where we, we, you know, complain at points too, where you even have like a Bendis with Naomi. He wants to push Naomi. Yeah, I know. He wants to push Naomi Bendis. So he's going to make her the be all end all. I'm a mega power. I'm, I'm this, all that. And then you're doing that with Red X, but this doesn't work. You can't just have a character show up in the scene and be the best of everything and then have people it, like that's not interesting. The interesting thing would be seeing little bits that we can say, "Ooh, it must be this guy because he's doing that or it must be this girl. Well, even the way he's that. presented here, it's almost like kids playing around on the playground, like play fighting superhero, whatever the whole thing yeah, is like just power, right, power, power. You. No, no, because I'm invulnerable. So you can't do that. Well, I'm going to do this. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, I overcame that and kind of thing. Like, like I have the anti invulnerability punch. Exactly. Well, then I have the anti anti. It's just it, it's too much. It, it's going too much. Yeah, really. It, it gets too much going on, but we'll we'll see. What is happening? I do like the art, though, still. The art's great. I love the progression of the ideas of the story, but the way it was presented, I don't care for. And Red X, I can do without. Ultimately, I did give it a 6 out of 10 because I like the nuggets of information we got. And I like the art a lot. And I still love Clever in Town, the freaking highlights of this book. But this really just took me by surprise for how much I've been enjoying this book. I'm like, he really took the steam out of this whole thing for me. Yeah, and it's, it's a weird deal to have a crossover this early in a run where we're still trying to settle in with the team. Now, it's also weird to have your main focus on the Red X and the Teen Titans Academy with 8 million, but th- that's Tim Sheridan problems. I don't need it sure over is. here. And then it's I don't our need problems. it in Robbie Thompson problems because we have been enjoying this book. That's and the I thing, hope Robbie Thompson, that we go back the only to problem it. he has is people are like, why is there the Super Boys over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got that. And uh, I'm just here to see how it goes. I, you know, I just, the, the whole idea of somebody on the Suicide Squad. In a way that, man, that doesn't make sense. Well, welcome to the Suicide Squad. This happens Seriously. a lot. You end up at one point, you're going to have Wally West on the team. And that would make sense. He was a murderer, Eric, at that point. But you have a lot of characters on the team that sometimes they're there in weird ways or why, how, what. I'm telling you, in my own headcanon that I like, I like to write things in my head and play around yeah. with things, but it never works out the way I want it to. But even after Forever Evil back in the New 52, with the way that the world had changed after the crime since it came, in my mind for the new Suicide Squad, I wanted Black Lightning to be falsely imprisoned there because of all the me- people being afraid of Metis to change up the team and do something cool and have Black Lightning do something. And my, we didn't. We, we didn't get that, And that's why I think that we have liked this book, and it's been a surprise, because it's different. We have a different yeah. team, and we've been like, waiting even for Even the last one, years. which Tom Taylor did, because we just got a really, like, we, we had way too many characters show up, and they focused on weird things and weird ideas, but it was new and different, and that's what we liked about it. Yeah, and so with this, the idea that you mentioned again, Amanda Waller comes in here and says, I'm done losing. I want to win. Well, that's her if main she, motivation. If she somehow was able to get Connor... And not have anybody remember, whether it's the whole Infinite Frontier timeline, whoever, whatever. Getting Connor makes you win. That's why he's there. I mean, I don't need anything more than that. That boy can be taken out by a single teenager. Where you're there with this, the idea of somebody on the Suicide Squad usually isn't their decision. It's Amanda Waller. So Except for Black Mana. Yeah. yeah he, he After he to, thought Aquaman and, was dead. And uh, that he that volunteered. That was a cool turn. Yeah, he volunteered. He had nothing to do. He said, my, my main focus was gone. So I wanted to do this. But even with that, Amanda Waller makes the rules here. 
It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. If she can finagle a way that nobody knows where you are or whatnot, she will put you on this team and you'll be stuck there. That's the thing. Don't worry about the idea of he shouldn't be on that because that's not how Amanda Waller works. She doesn't work that way. There is no should be or shouldn't be. It's whoever she can get. I still need to know the transition, though, between the last Suicide Squad and this one, and even pre-last series, because I need to know how Black Mask transformed himself into Ted Kord, (laughs) got somebody on the inside of the government to go and be in charge of the Suicide Squad and push Amanda Waller out, only for that series to end and say, Amanda Waller's back, baby, nothing changed. I think I even said it, but yeah, we like that Tom Taylor deal, Yeah, and he claims it was only supposed to be that 11 so issues or whatnot. Yeah, there's Still a lot of things. There's a lot Floyd, of though. things, though, that weren't explained, like the idea of how that could happen with Ted Cord and Amanda Waller just leaves and all that stuff going on, you know. Uh, but with Locke, remember, even at the yeah. beginning when I'm they sitting here, him. couldn't remember what his name yeah, was. I almost said Vic Sage because they so threw the only, that name out before the, the way new that I make it work in my head canon with my stories is that that really, my head stories that that <laughs> my, my mind movies, movies. <laughs> my that ends up being such. A, a clusterfuck that they Such. ended up saying, and Amanda Waller just comes in and says, "Listen, I'm yeah, gonna go public here. with this nonsense. That you, I mean, you really messed up this time. I now get to get my team back. I'm in charge, and I can do whatever the hell I want. You're not even gonna watch Call because Blanche. you just ended up doing the worst thing. That because it really was. I mean, it, it was the government involved with that. They got duped. There is so no bad. reason that should have been eleven issues. Besides for the fact that nobody was buying it, because just the idea. Can you imagine Black Mask being in charge of a government-funded Black Ops program and the Suicide Squad? All that stuff. I'm like. There, you, there's so many stories to tell, but you didn't do anything with it except for take out Black Mask. Yeah, take out Black Mask. Not because they had Floyd. to end and then claim it was always going to be 11 issues, even though even he didn't having get much that chaos thing, there. Even having the, the main plot of that story with it being Ma- Black Mask genetically altering himself, not genetically, but shape-shifting himself into Ted Court based off a single <laughs> issue of a freaking villain. Was it You're, You're the, the villain. villain. Yeah. And like saying this is a callback to him, like – I don't know who read that. It was a crazy story. I didn't care for it. And it was a Tom him, Taylor shit. story, too. So that was the weird thing. He tied it all in, Eric. He made it all work. I want to say you did it, away. but you didn't. You no, just no. kind of took a weird it concept went and said, all away. story. It was funny, though, that it did tie into that. Uh, but it's funny, too. When you ask people about that run, it, it just ended, I mean, a little yeah. bit ago. And I don't think anybody keeps thinking about the idea of, like, all that odd stuff that like you said that that different shape-shifting black mask and how was had this going before Ted like Ford. you know oh. he had to have fingers cut off of people and different things and all of a sudden he shape-shifted into superman i'm like people I, I just don't know like the, the f- team I, I think that overall most well, people cool. didn't most people but, didn't even read you know, the book but they like the team. Deadly we didn't Six. get we much of them. about That's, them right no we got chaos kitten no, we got Wink in the area that, that was the main focus i wanted to know about all the others too but we did get live shot yeah, we did get live shot. What happened? Did live shot then end up losing a leg? She and should now be he's in, in Teen Nightwing? Titans Academy. I'm talking about the dog. Dog shot actually. Oh, dog yeah, shot. Live no, shot no. was awesome. Live shot should have been in Teen Titans Academy now. Yeah, yeah. And and the dog, dog shot. Uh, I think is now. It's Haley. I think it's Haley. <laughs> I think it made his way to to uh, Blood the old Blood Haven. <laughs> that would be the deal. Uh, he does like them dogs, right? Uh, oh, I, and it's funny. You said live. I forgot completely about live shot. How much? Yeah, we need more Floyd's live daughter, shot. Yeah. When are we going to get more live shot? I need that. Get rid of that crush book there. Give me a live shot. How book. Dare I'm you. in. <laughs> ah, yes, but I'm going to go six, five with this right. a little more positive, but not that much more. And, no. uh, because I really, you talk Chewbacca nonsense and I'm in. And <laughs> yeah, I so was, good. I was upset about the way it went, but for now we can giggle. 
you know, at Talon just walking around shaking his head. Like, really? Like, you would think that the best reveal would be just him spilling his guts then because he's sick of this nonsense. That's not what I said. Or how do you know what I'm saying? No, he's the best. But we're going to move on to the next book and the last book of the night. What is that? Crime Syndicate number four, written by Andy Schmidt, with art by Kiernan McCowan, Dexter Vine, Steve Olaf, Rob Lee, Brian Hitch, and Alex Sinclair. Now that the Star Wars Collective's threat is over, it's time to see what these so-called heroes do, and in that, we see the beginning of the formation of the Crime Syndicate, while focusing on the wild card of the bunch, the Emerald Knight John Stewart. If that wasn't enough to keep you satisfied with Earth-3, we're also seeing the formation of Alexander Luther's Legion of Justice. Yes. And we get, you know, a little backup. Yeah, yeah you John get the power ring backup, which I've been ring. looking forward to. But just the whole thing too. is that it's, I it enjoy what we do with, to me with the power ring. That's the thing is, is that we have the, the war, the overlords of Owen now and like the whole power ring core, which was telling you, it was the most interesting thing going on in this book. Like, yeah, you're going to recreate the crime script. That's great. You got a superwoman, Donna Troy, whatever. She's essentially just superwoman with a new fucking name. But the idea of the power ring, Emerald Knight, John Stewart and a power ring core was the coolest thing that Andy Schmidt had going on in this. So when you have John Stewart in here, who is essentially, you know, he, he's a, uh, like a strict police officer, he will be brutal in order to, like, you know, show, like, you know, but have he the justice take that bribes, he does. So they do have that part Exa- in. again, it's but like, like that he gray seems area. more of a hero, exactly, almost a gray area, but like a more hero esque character than you would expect from an Earth three version of John Stewart. Because when I start looking at this this guy who's the wild card, because you don't know where he'll go, will he join the crime syndicate? Will he join Luther's Legion of Justice? Obviously, I think we know what's going to happen, but because what has to happen, but when we have this ambiguous side to this character that's just being introduced, it really makes me feel like, so if he's that good over here, is our John Stewart a piece of shit secretly? Well, here's <laughs> the thing worried. that I get. Now, number one, I would not be shocked if by the end of this, John dies and dispowering John dies and the ring goes to Harold. You know, well, Harold that. was already in here and killed. Yeah, well, maybe even somebody else. But with that, what now I you think can, now you can do the thing too, because like it's always one of those things where it's always like you know what is the like you know the version of this that's going on in our world? Because even when you had you know Grant Morrison's JLA Earth Two and you dealt with the antimatter, you know, crime secret, which I thought was great initially, it just. You can't do anything because he had this weird concept about matter versus antimatter, and it never works out in the end. But when you had that, you had the antimatter version of that Justice League. So what you got in that was a Kyle Rayner younger version power rig. He was blonde. He was a little different, but it was essentially that character. So if you get rid of it and you want to move on. Now, if you're talking about a piece of sh- Now, imagine how bad a piece of shit Guy Gardner would be yeah, on yeah, this world might be as crazy. a power rig. That'd be it might be crazy. It might right. be cool. Uh, I think that what we're seeing, though, is that the power ring isn't quite what we think it was or was it seems more based on well it seems more based on people who want to be controlled or have a fear of not being able to break the chains of control because when they end up showing it in that backup is that he ended up you know taking a bribe to help his yeah. daughter because she'd been in an accident or legs, whatever the, the deal may be. And it became a thing that. that always was on his shoulders. And it's always then, on like his shoulders. So that's the control. Like that. He's always yeah. controlled. Even the idea, I can't do anything because that guy, you know, and this, and, and we see him break that here to get the ring. Then he does fight at, at this guy's, you know, whatever the mob boss or whatever he brought yeah, yeah. money for his kids going around being a piece of shit. And I know you, you're my John dad's pocket. Up, yeah, and he's nobody's like, oh. pocket, motherfucker. And he gets mad and he starts beating up this kid. Now, it's a weird progression because I thought he was doing it at one point right next to his daughter, but then his daughter catches up. I'm like, you didn't see that. Di-. So it's like almost that 
being a it's not the same fear that it's like the fear of not being in control the fear of upsetting people like it's just this well, that's weird the thing deal. is the, the coolest part about Harold Jordan before the power ring when you know Jeff Johns is really just working like you know his storylines into the whole thing the thing I love the most about what we had previously was that Harold Jordan was the victim the ring went on him because he had great fear this used him the I when the way that Volthoom the, the name of the ring you know the way it would be uh, like you know fueled up is that it had to create the most amount of fear through Harold Jordan the more fear that Harold had the more powerful that power ring was so when you have this powering show up in coast city on earth three here you know i will be your powering you'll create law and order i'm like but like like law and order for earth three and i'm like like what is your version of law and order and how am i supposed to play with this and then with that it's not it's almost like the fear is reversed of the fear is if you don't accept me i'm the ring then you're not going to be able to protect your du- like you know what I mean. It's like exactly. a, it's a with weird me, deal. You will have the power yeah. to do what you need and it's protect and do law and order and stuff like to, that. And I don't like, know if I like it. It's we. I'm done, and they're not doing enough in my mind to really make it something that you want to know more about. Because essentially, what we have here, you have the overlords of O and stuff like that, but. It's essentially just a Green Lantern core here, and this one is like may not be as good as the Earth well, we then, know. And then you throw Sinestro in the main story. Sinestro shows up and basically says, if "The ring is the bad thing controlling you. You can break this. I was able to do it myself. I'm the only one who did. Come I like on and that join a lot. my core. I do, but that goes back to that idea of." What's bad? Is it just yeah. the ring? Is John Stewart well, good the overlords here? Of, oh, like you're controlling people through the rings that they send out there, but I don't understand the way of it because, like. We're we're doing law and order and justice and stuff like that with the power rings. That is, I don't understand what they're going. And maybe for. we do too much. Maybe it's like it's almost like Bizarro World and things. You have Earth three, the evil oh, counterpart. Stupid. I got you. <laughs> well, I'm saying the evil counterpart. So yeah. you even said, and this stuff always comes up and it goes in your mind. And have that when they had again the young fuckers deal when Brian Bendis had the young justice go to Earth three, and you right. find out that there's a Stephanie Brown. Who is yeah. good there? She's that, Batwoman. She's that good. What does that say about be, our Stephanie Brown? And, and you always think that in the story, then that's a hint that the Stephanie Brown on our Earth is Ooh, not good. good. What's going on? Is she a villain? Is she like all that stuff? And I think that people and why I brought up Bizarro World or even Bizarro Speech at points okay. you end up going again. Like you know what I mean? You'll have the turn left and you have to go right. But there's points where they actually talk you and you're like, asshole. well, what's the opposite of that? Because you can't just keep doing it. And I think that what's happening here Me, I'm is so this, happy to see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I think Andy oh, you're Smith, so mean, Bizarro. He wants Me, I'm to, mean. He, he wants oh, to show like this deal. He wants to go with this idea of John Stewart. It's weird too. Like he doesn't want John Stewart. It seems to be bad. So it seems like he's saying the ring is what's corrupting him. But what does that say about John himself bad? in the earth? I don't. Well, he like, is, yes, I'm telling you, he is almost doing like to a degree. He's law and order. He's he's exactly. doing pretty much a di- like he is protecting a dictator type well, deal. Uh, to a degree. What we had and with overlord, like you know Superman and Justice bad, with the regime right? and stuff like that. But again, he doesn't mean bad. But like those are like the, the like the road to hell is paved in the good intentions. The big thing is so showing like, everybody afraid of him at that one exactly. point. You know, and he thinks he's on the his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Daughter doesn't want any parts of him. And but I, we I, haven't seen how far he'll go to be this fearsome creature that all of Coast City is under his thumb at this point because he is their protector. He is there even keeping, you know, the military nice out and play, stuff like right? that. It is a great play, but I don't understand what he is doing to make everybody afraid of him and to the point where he should be the powering evil character. Yeah, and you like this you like this issue a little more than me. Well, I, no, I the, thought the idea that it was a little bit 
convoluted and it just took a while. It took me a while to read this issue. I just it's it's a standard fourth issue of a six. We always say this. You get no, that. You like, say that. I, I don't going. agree. Uh, I'm actually uh, so happy with the way that this goes. Like I was even happy at the end of last issue where we put the Star Collective behind us. I'm like, we're moving on to something new. We're not just dealing with one storyline here because we see the team do this whole thing, and now we're moving on to what the future will hold. Well, for that's them. fine. But I want to see more action, not just board meetings, and I'm saying board meetings from, and also Ooh, television things where, oh my God, it's Carcel Bruce Tom. Wayne, you know, who shows up and looks like a no, young no. Warren Beatty. Thomas Wayne. Yeah, Thomas looks Wayne. like looks like Warren Beatty now, shows up, and is, he's doing this like behind. That. I don't I like love it all. that aspect I don't because care whenever because you think of Owlman and stuff like that, and you have Thomas Wayne Jr. here showing up and pushing his money around, trying because now we have Ultraman, you know, Superwoman, and you know, uh, talent like talent Owlman all working together and on the same page, trying to take an Alexander Luther down. We have Thomas Wayne Jr. and the owner, like the owner of the Wayne, you know, enterprises of this world, throwing his money around to screw Luther over. I'm like, I like seeing this aspect because you're adding more depth to the yeah, I, didn't, I didn't care about it because I don't even know that we're going to continue with this particular Owlman, if it will be something at the end that resets things or whatnot. I just need some action and fun stuff. I don't need, you know, Luther there being, you know, told by a couple of his advisors what he should do. Which you should have a problem with is Lonar, the new god, being here from New Genesis because, again, they even make a play of it for their silly little editor's notes in this whole thing about how, why does this make sense? Because what we have the idea of, New gods throughout the multiverse. Are they one? Do they have avatars? That's all changed now, as we saw at the end of Infinite Frontier number zero, where Darkseid is his infinite ultimate self and stuff like that. What What is with, with, we don't even know what's up with New Genesis for the rest of the new gods and stuff. When we just have Lonar hanging out here, I'm like, that, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. I don't yeah, know why it's, it's here. Just even that, when I guess. Even when, even when the editor's note has well, to make a joke notes, about it, how yeah, it doesn't make sense. This is why like, I think I got mad at this issue. The editor's I'm starting note, to think like, that this doesn't matter at don't all. Don't make a note. Tell the writer this doesn't make sense and don't write it. Yeah, and, and I know that they're playing, the, but they're going heavy with the idea. See, you know, the issue of Lonar and the new gods. You can't. Uh, because you can't. Because they're making the joke. Now, with that. I said, I'm, I'm reading Heroes Reborn over at Marvel right now. It's driving me nuts. And now this is starting to feel the same. This should be more important because this is an actual thing happening that's supposed to set up the new Earth 3 and what's going on with the crime syndicate. Now, Heroes Reborn is just a blip, blip, Mephisto wishes and gone. But now this is starting to feel like it. This is starting to feel like at the end of this, they're going to end up having, you know, we won't have anything for a while, and they'll just revert back to the other one, and then it'll be something. Well, again, I don't multi- know how it's going to work with the Suicide Squad Future State series talking about Amanda Waller, talking about how they killed the crimes that get we yeah. saw them all in the tubes and stuff like that, so I don't know how that's going to work going forward. Yeah, and, and remember the idea that, you know, Owl Man, he ended up being one of the heroes of the death metal, saying that I always come back and whatever, so the you do have Owl that. Man. So, yeah, I'm say like, it's a weird play, and I think that maybe what we're seeing is I don't know. Like, and I don't agree with just that disappear. either. Even Owlman and that, that Thomas Wayne Jr. saying, like, they, Scott Snyder really screwed that idea up because the Owl, the Owlman of Earth 3, yes, Earth 3 was destroyed. They came back for, for whatever fucking stupid reason. Oh, I know what the, reason is. The multiverse, fixes, the multiverse itself. fixes itself. That but was it. It was stupid. But, like, tying that into the antimatter verse, so like, that, that doesn't work. You shouldn't have done that. You should have kept it its own thing because you could do so many great stuff with that. But the one thing I just saw here, it's when when uh, Sinestro shows up, the good Sinestro of this world, wants to join Lonar and Alexander Luther and stuff like that. See, Lonar is a new god from New Genesis, a realm in the sphere of the gods in the multi. Actually, don't worry about it. Just go with it. E3, Marcus, for the editor's note. I'm like, no, I don't want to just go with it because 
I really care about this. And that's the thing. What this is trying to play at, why we liked it at first, is because it is a new blueprint for a actual omniversal Earth 3 yeah. going and there. I love Earth and 3. when they say don't worry about it, that means to me that this is nothing now because, because even everything then, we should don't matter. don't know what's up with the sphere of the gods, even with the omniverse, because we're, we're waiting for fucking Barry Allen and President Superman to go and explore some shit, but Wally West is doing some, some quantum leaps, so we don't have time for that shit. <laughs> no. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and maybe we'll get more of this when we get to that, but with that, I don't see at this Explain point, it. I don't see at this point the team, the crime syndicate team being any bit better than what we'd gotten before. What's better is the rounding out of the rest of the universe. That That's cool. Seeing Sinestro, yeah. seeing this new Justice League type deal that Luther wants to start out. That is real cool stuff. But I, we don't have a lot of time. Like we don't have a lot of time left in this. And I think it's kind of going to rush to an end to just have. You know, a fight between teams and stuff. The whole idea of a, you know, Emerald Knights that are the bad Green Lantern Corps, but are they whatnot? Whatever you have it that they destroyed Corridor, but was it, you know, one man's freedom fighters, another man's terror? I don't Again, know what's going I don't know on if because Korrigan it's not expanding. Full of assholes in this I know. World. Well, that's what I'm saying. What what were they doing? We don't get enough, and that's what I get upset about. The things that I'm interested in are these side things that we're never going to get more of. But I thought just the idea that we had a power ring core, like me and you thought that'd be, and I'd love it. They it go should be to, amazing. You go to Owen, you hear this knocking. It's because all their knees are knocking together. <laughs> the whole core, they're there all together. They're scaredy cats. Uh, but you don't even get that. And the, the John Stewart here, where we were hoping that this was going to put a uh, brighter light on it and actually explain things. I, it's more complicated. I don't, I understand less now. But I don't mind the character. I don't mind the idea that this guy did some bad things to help his daughter and that ends up No, it's cool. Him. I just need but to I know how more. that works in the way that this universe exactly. works. That's the problem. And because it, it This is the one I've been looking forward to. I don't give a shit about Johnny Quick. But yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. I do think that this is back on track. I, I have said yeah. that I didn't. It's ba- because what we're saying is there's a lot of intriguing things. But next issue is going to be big. If we don't find out more of some of this stuff – then it's just kind of a missed opportunity because, So yeah. what you're telling me is you can't wait to have a Johnny Quick origin back up and find out why he has a chain for a belt and no shirt. Well, it's because he actually has a wallet that's sending it and tries to run away. It's as easy Obelous. as that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough one because I'm interested. And this issue actually is, and I think that maybe this is kind of my whole deal. Maybe you'll agree. Maybe you won't, Eric. But this actually is the issue that you see there is more. Like, you know, you end up them fighting Starro instead. Okay, yeah. you're, you're kind of aping the cool regular deal. It's a cool way of aping the you're original ape thing it. for but this. But this yeah. one, now we're getting whole new stuff. Like, oh, my God, this is the new stuff. You know, you end up Sinestro coming down and going. Like, it's actually, you know, going off on a, a crossroad here that I didn't think you were going to expect. But you're well, not doing it enough. Each thing is upping the ante because you have, like, you know, uh, Sinestro come down talking about, I want to join this whole thing because I and I think we should have power ring on our team because John Stewart, I believe, is a good man who can overcome it. What makes you think that? Because I overcame it. So you have this great little parallel of what you know and don't know kind of thing, uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. And while you have Luther building up his team of justice, 
you have Owlman and you have Superwoman coming to the Fortress of Solitude, which I don't know what that it's called in here. It might even be said, but I don't know. They see Ultraman so they can form something because they know that they like, you know, Luther's building a metahuman army right now. And we got to get on the trolley here before he's going to overtake us. We have to work together. So even this and even trying to like, you know, tie it in with what we had previously where Superwoman's talking about the idea. I'm going to like take over everything and I need an heir and you have Ultraman. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I'm there for you, baby. Yeah. He, oh, he gets all excited. But that's Ultraman, cool. I got to tell you right now. She picked Luther last time over yeah, you, so yeah, really. and honestly, she picked Owlman over you as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Things ain't looking good it for Ultraman. Doesn't work out for him. I do also like the idea when they go just, into. Just look at that picture though. When she says, "I want an heir," just, I can just imagine ooh, the way that Ultraman looks. I also like background. when when you go in like, "Oh, I all, can definitely help with that." I'm like, "Now you got rapey." All of the, yeah, really. All of his prizes in, in the uh, fortress are all just statues of him. He's a vain sob. That's all but, I would have. But I, I do, like I said, I like that. I even like the idea where you know Warren Beatty goes and is trying to and does buy out. Some of Luther's deal, so he's part of the board. Says I'm going to be yeah. the board of directors and things like that. Like, that's that's awesome. a cool deal. I just don't. I just I thought it wasted a little time just doing stuff like that. While I wanted more about Sinestro, I wanted more about what's going on with John Stewart. You wanted more with Lonar. I, I know. Co- it. I could have easily had that moment. Yeah, Lonar. Uh, I could have. That's what I am, Eric, all the time. A Lonar. I I could have. I could have easily have had uh, a news report. <laughs> Thomas Wayne buys the stock, and that would have solved just as I much. I like the bravado of him going to Luther face to face to pretty much just tell him I'm on the board now. Like I don't know if he knows that Alman. I mean, the thing is with the way that Alexander Luther is here, like you know, he figured out on our Earth that Batman was Bruce Wayne and stuff like that. I don't know how much he knows about this, but I like the idea that he is seeing enemies everywhere now as he's trying to put together, you know, this force for good on his world that's consumed well, by mean, this freaking evil ass. The, the idea of it, I mean, it's not even that much of a. Strength. You ended up having Luther go on to the broadcast and say, hey, a lot of metas came out recently. There's some bad. I need the good ones. Come and join me because we're taking these assholes down. I mean, he broadcasts that pretty much to everyone. He he broadcasts. So it's on Front Street. He comes to do this. Uh, again, though, what is that? I, I wouldn't know make? what metas what he got do? though, because even when he has the Legion of Justice, they want to bring John Stewart into the whole thing because, like, you know, the idea is he is the wild card. He could go good, he could go bad. Even the crime syndicate, as it is right now, doesn't know. But everybody wants John Stewart on their team. But when Luther introduces him to the Legion of Justice, we have, you know, we have Sinestro. He's got a power egg. We have Lonar. He's a new guy. That's a powerhouse. We have Gigana. She can grow this version. I want to know what their names are though. But like, you have Poison Ivy. But- we have what I believe to be this version's Catwoman and possibly a Harley Quinn. I'm like, you're not grabbing the metas, are you, Luther? You're just grabbing people, you know, who have some athletic skill. Yeah, but there's, there's you know, some things going on. I'm looking at all of them. They, they like, don't Poison Ivy like... almost comes off like a black, black Briar Thorn here. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, at first, I actually thought they were going with a weird, because I didn't see if those were horns or stuff. And I was thinking, is that like a Huntress or something? But yeah, it's Poison Ivy type deal. But what is she? What is she, Eric? Well, she uh, might just be the avatar for the green here. Yeah, yeah, she might be. That'd be pretty cool. We like that, right? We're we're down. I'm looking. I still to want see. to have a war of the green in our universe against I'm, her. I'm and looking Thing. to see if somehow somebody has named these characters. I, I maybe it could be it. one of those weird it. DC wikis. I'm looking I at, it now. at it, but like I'm looking, I'm looking at that one. I'm like, is that Harley Quinn mixed with Psycho Pirate? I don't know who you are. 
Yeah, now we're making amalgams. But yeah, uh, on the wiki that I usually go to, just yeah. it has Lonar Lex Luthor. That's it. It says Legion Does of Justice first appearance. No, they didn't go much into it. Usually, <laughs> usually they help me out a little more. Not even the uh, DC wikis re- reading this book. I know, really, everybody's ditched it, and it's nice to like it a little more. Like you said. Uh, because yeah, this seems a little more important. Last issue, I just uh, you know I can well, see. Well, last why. issue, you like the, the Starlo Collective, while it was giving you some new stuff about the idea of the Power Ring Corps and stuff like that, it was getting you know over and done with. Like, all right, we did three issues of them coming together, fighting some starfish monsters. It's over now, and that's why I was so excited because it was getting like, is this yeah, all I we're going to do? And like by the more. end of last issue, it's like, all right, we're doing bigger and better stuff moving forward for our final three issues, and why not? And right here, you get more information about Power Ring. Not enough in my mind, but. As long as you continue this narration, I'll be happy. We'll learn more because now that the Star Wars Collective is done, it seems like the overlords of Oa are going to be the big thing that we're going to learn about besides for forming the crime syndicate as we will know it to go forward. So I was really excited about that because even with that and the, like the Legion of Justice, I'm like, I want to know each and everything about all of you characters because it's going to be so much fun. We're not going to have the time for it, but boy, I want to know more about it. Yeah. Yeah. And my score definitely went up from talking. I have, I have to Good. admit. So you helped me out. I was at a zero, Eric. I'll, I'll tell oh you. God. I'm a negative man. No, I, I was not. I'm actually, well, what's your score? The word's short. Yes. What's your score? You're 7.5 out of ugly, 10. Shirk. Uh, I had a good time with this. I enjoyed the art a lot. I just want to know more about this because you're resetting this universe. You're making new rules for it. And I need to know what those are. And you being coy, and I mean you, I mean Andy Schmidt. Oh, I you. need you to explain oh, some things to me here. I'm and let's not, not be telling. coy about it. Is that what I can say? I'm not telling you. Oh, my. Come up to my room. I actually went from a 6 to a 7. You, you convinced okay. me that there's more going on. Uh, I still think that most people are confused about what this book is. They're all up in arms about it and going. That's why they should be listening to this podcast. I mean, and when they they a lot of them are like, we don't need these dark characters anymore. Well, this is something specific. This is a specific thing. This is part of. You know, the multiverse slash it's funny. I was, I was at the bar last week with my buddy Dan, and I hadn't seen Dan in like a year or two, for, ever since before the pandemic and stuff like that. And I Did don't see him very often. Red Exus? No, 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 I didn't do that. We, we were actually geeking out about Star Trek stuff because I hadn't talked to him in so long. But he's a family that man now, so like he doesn't get out fun. very often. But he's one of these guys that hates the the mirror universe in Star Trek with the evil doppelganger and stuff like And I was young because of how, how much I love that concept. I mean, exactly. that's the best, right? I love But no, that. we all agreed that the Deep Space Nine ruined the concept because they overused it too, they, but Did they have goatees? This whole thing. No, they didn't have goatees. No, then they, they suck. That's what I say. <laughs> but the but idea like where you always the Dark like Mirror that. Universe counterparts to the characters that I love, it's an amazing idea. I want to see it everywhere I can, and I love it here. I just want to see more of it here. Yeah, I'm with you. I want And I want things, if we're going to make this, if you're doing just this. Just imagine me and my buddy Dan. You don't know Dan, but just shouting about Star Trek for hours at the bar. That would be hilarious. Did you talk about <laughs> sliders, Eric? Did, you, did that come no. up at all no, during your talk? You didn't talk about sliders at all. I'm waiting for Sliders. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go seven. And yeah, I, um, I, I like it. But what I was going to say, now I'm trying to remember. I'm oh, sorry. What, no, what I was going <laughs> to say is. If you are setting this up, if this matters, I mean, everything matters nowadays. But if it does matter and this is legitimately going to stick, you need to do a little more legwork 
to explain some of these little nuances with especially John Stewart and this power ring in the core and all that. Because power ring that. was so cool before, and now if you're going to change it, you're taking away one of the coolest aspects of what we had previously. But it might be cool, but you have to, you have to get a base that we need. We don't need a foundation of sand where we can get some other wackadoo come down the line and change things up even more because it wasn't spelled out. We've had too much of that. We had must be Superman Rayborn, you know, and everybody's just going whacking all over the place. But we've had other instances of like this. in my mind, what you need is like, you know, the Earth three counterpart of Mogo, where you have Volthum, the spirit of the ring is now a planet. Yeah, awesome. And it sends itself out there like the Star Wars collected to a degree and takes people over to be their slaves. So he is now essentially a war world himself. Yeah, that'd be all, like we need stuff like that. That's really specific so that if this does get picked up later you don't have somebody come in and just grab one thing and go with it and then it goes against things this is what we keep happening with a lot of books right and, well, and even we don't need that this week exactly. where you know, Marika That's Tamaki exactly was going against thinking. the origin of crush yeah because that origin was just thrown out there real quick and uh, you need a very specific deal if you want to do this and if you want it to mean something down the line so i hope that that happens in the next two issues so we'll see we'll see yeah. how it goes but what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman number 109. Oh, my. That is mine as well, Eric. That is my book of the week. Even with some forced gardening thrown in, it was still fun. Nah, but wasn't there some also forced gardening in the swamp thing? Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. No? There isn't? Okay. But, yeah, that is my book of the week, and, and I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I actually... Uh, have been a little bit down on that book and Detective Comics as well, which you have liked a little more. So we have to have one of these Batman books hit with me. I'm just selfish, Eric, is what I'm saying. But you here like the are... Lady Clayfaces? Mm, here's the deal for <laughs> next week, Eric. We have a lot of books coming out next week. Two of these will be on the Patreon-only Spotlight podcast, just like last week's Man, Man I know how it works. And, and the Crush. For... I'm not just talking to you. Oh, crush and Lobo, bad. number one. I don't even record anymore. I forgot we're, we're doing stuff now. That's like, what I thought we're is, doing. This is the only way that Eric can talk to me. <laughs> I got to pretend we're podcasting. We have some big books. Batman the Detective, number three, Eric. I wonder is who that gonna, equilibrium is. Is it going to be revealed Hopefully. that equilibrium is actually Julie Pennyworth? Who knows? That's Hopefully. what I think, Eric. Again, Batman. I say hopefully. I want you to be right because it works around it, but, but I don't, want, don't her want, to want be, to be right. her to become a murderer in this degree so fast out of nowhere. I know, I know but but Jason Todd, you always throw that. Damien, they're all murders. They, they moid. Batman, like that. <laughs> Batman Urban Legends number four, Eric. We have that. Now, with all of this, I can What's reveal. that one shot story that we have in that this time? Uh, you, you asked me that, and I know what it is, and now I don't remember you. All right. Jerk, you put See you me next week, everybody. Well, <laughs> I do want to mention that on the Patreon, I got really mad when they solicited this number four, and I said, there's a big spoiler. I can't reveal it, whatnot. I, I'm just going to say it now. What they said, they basically said that Tyler was dead in the solicit. <gasps> But then in the next slit, they end up saying he's not. So oh, I'm going to go with that. He's what not. But that's, what, that's why I got so angry <laughs> with that. With that, Eric, I will tell you that what we have, we have the Red Hood and the Batman in Cheer Part 4 of 6, right? No. You have Batwing in cool. Superman Punch by Camrys Johnson. I don't know what you just said to me. All I can pencils. imagine here is is Punch from Julie, Judy and Punch. Julian no. Punch is in there with Superman and Batwing. Superman Punch by Camrys Johnson writing. Not familiar. And Loiso 
Marquise on pencil. So not deal. Also, we have a start of a three-parter Tim Drake story. Nice. Are you, are you hearing me? Eric? You hearing what I I'm did. saying? I said nice, here? man. You, damn. You smell what the you know Jim is cooking, right? All and right. then we have Grifter and the Long Con, part four to five. But can this be the issue that they all hit? Can it be? Oh, come because on, Batwing, do it for me. You love the Batwing. You love the Tim Drakes. Watch, it'll be the Grifter and the Red Hood. The thing is, is, I'm kind of off the Grifter after last issue. I still enjoy the Red Hood stuff. The Grifter's just not doing much for me anymore. Now I'm thinking to myself. The cons become too long. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try to find somebody who can read this too, because now I'm afraid I spoiled the shit out of it. Like the secondary number five, Celeste was wrong. So I I don't like spoiling things. But we also have Detective Comics number one thousand thirty-seven. I love it. Uh, That's my name, the spoiler. Uh, Detective Comics number 1037, Aaron, find out what's going. Is Bruce Wayne going to be in the jails? Is Hugh Vile behind everything? Uh, He can't be bad. I mean, (laughs) Hugh Vile, Mr. Vile with Mr. (laughs) Worth. I think that we'll get a lot of uh, Mr. Worth stuff going on with this. In the meantime, I'm trying to see what the backup for that one is as well, uh, because the I believe the Huntress deal has gone the away. Thing is, you then, keep telling me that. I just really hope it's con- Huntress is continuing. You've been wrong you this think, whole time. Yeah, you, you'd be happy with that. It looks like it's a John Ridley Batman and Robin backup from the past. That's what it looks like. I don't in want this that. one. Well, Eric, they didn't ask I you. I don't want that, Jim. <laughs> I'm Burn telling you, all the backups I, down. I, I hate to say anything, but they really don't care, Eric. They're going to do what they're going to do. The next one is a book that me and Mr. you DC right uh, now. Differed, differed in. And I'll tell you, it's Future State Gotham number two. Now, Eric, I'm just going to give you a little wink, wink with this because we are going to continue the manga inspired Jason Todd, but it's not going to continue with that. This is only a limited part of this. And that threw me off. I thought we were going to just stay with this. But if you end up wanting to see what care that they take over there at the D.C., I'll let you know in a little bit. Okay? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know I don't know what's bit. happening right now. I'll end up. Uh, you'll laugh later, right? The care, wink, 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 wink. The care that they do with you know certain things. And stuff. Okay. We also have Just League Last Ride number two, Eric. That's an Elseworlds. The Elseworlds, story. yeah, I told That's you. It's an Elseworlds story, right? So we're going to be able Take to it from you know, old Eric dive into that and see what's going down. And well, it, it's not like it wasn't like punching us in the face. I just thought that they were playing some games, but we'll be able to do that. A uh, book that will not be on the podcast, but you can go and look at the review on the site. Rorschach, number nine. That's still a thing, right? If you say it, so. Yeah. The Joker, number four. There's some big books. Some there big are. books coming out next week. So that's cool. And, uh, you know, you'll have the Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon and Joker freaking firing down, trying to back to the wall against the likes of the Vengeance and some other mob family that remind me of the Texas Texas Chainsaw Chainsaw Massacre family. Right? That's what it is. The Texas – I'd like to call them the Texas Chainsaw Menagerie is what I call them. Then you don't get sued. Yeah. Wonder Woman number 773. Eric, are we going to get out of Valhalla and Asgard? I can put a pin in it. Now we're going to go over to that. In hot water, Olympus. I mean, yes. really? What thing hilarious? is, I'm saying I it, don't it, want to right now because the thing is, it feels like we need to wait on that until oh, we get farther in end. Wonder Girl. Yeah, I, I agree. But would it be funny if, if they just go there and it's like in the hot spring? That's what he was talking about. He's really no Look at problem. Hot water, Wonder Woman. Yeah, they're just, they're in crazy. hot water. And see, he was just giving info. He wasn't saying Dead anything man. different, right? Oh, Boston. Oh, Boston. You Boston, like the city. <laughs> thank you, you know, thank you. Like, unlike anything else called Boston, I <laughs> don't get it. Uh, but yeah, two of those books will be on 
the Patreon only spotlight. I don't know. I don't know what they'll pick this week. You last never rides, know. Last ride seems like it'd be something along those lines of maybe urban legends. But there's also the Joker. But it could be the Wonder Woman. Maybe it's the Future State Gotham. Maybe it's. There's also also you mentioned it earlier, just to let everybody know too. Far Sector number twelve. The ending yes. of that. I'm going to check that out because I want to see if they explain the ring and stuff like that. So I don't remember how something. far I am in that series, so I don't know We're, if I'm all caught did, up or not. We did issue number 10 on okay. the podcast. We're only one behind. So we can catch up. We'll see. That doesn't mean we're going to have it on the podcast, but sure. maybe, but maybe it's something really huge. We ended up picking that number 10, the worst issue to pick to come back on that because <laughs> oh my we, God. it was like ridiculous. But yeah, I, I still, I still feel burned by that to allow this one on. Uh, but yeah, that's that, Eric. By the way, Future State Gotham, you'll see the care, Eric. But with all Future of that, State thanks Gotham everybody. And Just League Last Rider, my picks that people are going to pick for you the think Patriot that'll Spotlight. Be Do you think it's because the Future State Gotham drove me so insane they want that, or because they like it? What was wrong with Future State Gotham? I remember that I being didn't fine. like it. I said I didn't like it at oh, all. I know you said that, but I, you well, said a lot, about you. a lot of things. Well, I'm I remember I don't it like being you fine. either, and you're on the podcast. You told right? me all the time. Because I love you. <laughs> To cry for help, Eric. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> the care, Eric. I'll tell you. Right. All right, but that is it. Thanks, Clay, for uh, jumping in here. Uh, I just want to remind Gabe he's an asshole with that. And also, right. we're going to go off now, Eric, to the, I don't know, the netherworlds of the green, maybe. I want to play these games, like all these other podcasts where I'm going to go. Thank God it's a one person I'm, game. Goodbye, everybody. I'm going <laughs> to sleep in. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in. In the green until we next see you. T- and are I you trying to tell me that you're blind. homeless? I am, Eric. I you're am. sleeping in the park. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm in the park. But hey, everybody, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Also, remember to go over to our Twitter, Weird Science DC, All and right. follow us. We'll follow Stroke you back 100%. <laughs> Go to our website there. Eric, that was inappropriate. Go over to our website. (laughs) I had my arm going and everything. Flashing gang signs. I just started the East Coast Rap Coast. The Rap Coast. I'm having problems, Eric. Go over to our website. WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Check out all the reviews there. And go to our Patreon account. Patreon.com slash WeirdScience. Where you get a ton of shows, including the weekly spotlight. So that's that. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. We'll see you in seven. Time that's it for the podcast, so I guess it's time to go home. Closing time, you've heard the party's over, so turn off your iPod or phone. Closing time, nine hours you just wasted, now it's time to get back to work. Closing time, pretend you're still listening Cause your co-worker's a fucking jerk Eric's got to go play with his toys Eric's got to go play with his toys Every-
this door, make with me.